Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My... Wait, are we doing pronouns? No. We usually do them at the beginning of a route. Beginning of a route, yeah. But we often forget and do them randomly anyway. Well, you have them in this doc, and so I was just reading the... Well, I just have to remember my own pronouns. Uh, joining me is... Oh, that's... <laughs> I'm Ben, uh, and... Wait, no, we're not doing pronouns. I'm Ben Enns. Hi, I'm from Twitter. Uh, oh, God, I really need to read what the... Oh, right. Okay, so today we're doing day the fate route days 13 Oh, my God, we're so punchy today already. Not punchy, but, like, exhausted. We need to take a nap. Everyone, we're going we're gonna to take a 15-minute nap. We're not going to pause the recording. We're just going to sleep next to our microphones. Okay, ready? Fen, go. The problem is is that it would be really easy for me right now to just fall asleep. I woke up at like seven something, I think. Mm. Um which is not super late, but I did go to bed at like one, so I got like mm. six hours of sleep. Um Shortly after our last recording, Ben and I both got sick. We got uh, COVID folks. Because a roommate we have been exceedingly careful and a roommate brought home COVID anyway. It was sort of a uh destined end kind of thing the uh said roommate did not know if i was bringing home covid but we're still both recovering we're both recovering from covid it sucked we went from a like stomach virus straight into covid yeah just the worst uh don't don't do that don't catch covid even if you're like fully vaccinated and like even if it's relatively mild i was still i was still like taken out for like a week uh, go to anime like comics. fully fully zero percent functional for about a week and uh this past week has been running on like 20 between 25 and 50 percent functionality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um anyway today we're doing fate route days 13 through 15 that's it that's it uh, except for the epilogue yeah next episode will be and i'll say this again at the end but next episode will be the epilogue and kind of us doing a little bit of a route wrap up as a whole mm-hmm. uh you might say hey that's not that much work uh and i would say yeah we need a vacation <laughs> anyway i said your easy time a bit ago let's do that so fan I feel like the two of us don't have the healthiest relationship with the division between play and work. Uh, how's that going for you? It's going great, Ben. Uh, in case, well, yeah, you don't, you don't, you, dear listener, don't know. We talked about before. I'm so tired. Um, this is going to be rough. You need to, like, get some more caffeine into your body. Yeah, the thing is, my tea is still a little too hot for me to just, like, gulp down. Um, you're going to need tea round two soon. Continue. Um, okay. So, as, yeah. Uh, we had a fun conversation with M in the Abnormal Mapping server about, like, kind of how uh, doing stuff for a podcast changes your relationship with that work. Mm. Um, I think my, my second time rereading Fate is both different because I'm rereading something. And it's also very different because it's like, oh, I have a deadline. I need to get through this chunk uh, mm-hmm. before this time. And that means that maybe 
sometimes it's like oh all i want to do is just lay on my bed and feel awful and like read a bunch of um prose stuff uh and i can't do that because oh no podcast is coming up real soon and i just need to burn through that uh so that i think we'll we'll talk more about that during the the um uh like route wrap up and maybe you even cut that bit because mm-hmm. uh but anyway so i talked last time about getting a subscription to yurihime mm-hmm. and that has been uh a lot of fun it's it's really fun to uh to practice japanese by reading something that i am interested in but it is also it has turned one of the one of my hobbies reading a lot of yuri reading a lot of yuri into homework for learning japanese which is something that you were doing for fun but we turned into homework by starting this podcast yeah i think it is still like it's always homework it's primarily uh kind of doing for fun Mm -hmm. and it happens to nicely coincide with god damn it why is the instant we opened the window a plane showed up again um i'm not really seeing it on the recording too much so hopefully it doesn't this is going to be our uh we're live from an airport uh what do they call those launching lines wherever the runway run live from the runway yeah right so yeah learning japanese is still like mostly a personal thing it's like a oh i would love to visit japan at some point and like be able to talk to people and Mm -hmm. uh also, there's just, yeah, there's a lot of, like, untranslated VNs or or stuff that is poorly translated and I would rather read in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. So, to some extent, though, that is a little bit now, like, oh, hey, there's stuff that we should play for this podcast that is only in Japanese. and um, But the thing of, uh, yeah, having, having Yurihime sitting on the couch is, like, Oh, I don't get to read any of the ongoing manga that is serialized in Yurihime as just fun anymore. It, I have to, or have to is strong, but, um, it is hard to not say to myself, okay, well, I should sit down with the scan of, like, yeah, scan of this and, the um the original and like work through every every text bubble like every page and uh do my best to to kind of using the scan as instead of just like oh yes i am reading manga it is it it has become oh yes i am i am like translating japanese and then coincident or i have something to check my work against i can like uh in the best cases it's like oh i think i understood all that and then i look at the scan and i'm like yeah i understood all that that's fun uh in the worst case it's like oh no i know none of these words there's unfamiliar grammar what's going on <laughs> um and yeah so i i uh it's far preferable to stuff like uh i am working through un unscanned chapters of uh my girlfriend's not here today uh-huh uh which is i spent like an hour translating like five or six pages uh and some of that is just like unfamiliar grammar and some of it is like a need to 
it's practice, right? So like mm-hmm. I should instead of going, oh, I understand ninety percent of this, let's move on. It's like no, actually, I want to understand uh, each and every fragment of this sentence to make sure that like I fully understand what's being said. There are thankfully still things that uh, I don't have physical copies in Japanese sitting on my my shelf or on the couch right now. Uh, but it isn't it isn't interesting. Like it also changes my relationship with that work mm-hmm. of like uh, I think for stuff that it, that does have scans or official translations, it is it can be easy to like okay. First off, I will sit down and I will read this as if I was reading something else Mm -hmm. and then I will work through it. But even there, there's always the knowledge hanging over me of like, I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. I should be doing I should be reading this in Japanese and translating it and like doing homework. I couldn't do that as the first way that I read a thing that I liked. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like my girlfriend isn't here today. I really like that. I would not. I have no interest in reading it in Japanese first as homework. I just wouldn't do it. So that's the thing is the uh the thing for my girlfriend's not here today is again there are like three or four chapters that haven't been um uh translated yet and so that's a fun one where like oh I re- I realized I I was I started by working through it um on my own mm-hmm. and just like okay uh, I basically understand this page let's move on and then came back to it after a little bit I was like oh right i'm not i don't absorb what is actually being said because i'm so focused on the act of translation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and so realize like oh i just need to um i have a surface with a with a pen and so it's like oh i need to like open these up in clip studio and just write down in in pink text next to every speech bubble here's what's being said Mm -hmm. so that i can then uh do a second pass after i've done all of that and just be like oh now i can kind of read this uh which is fun and also is a lot of work is a lot of work yeah i feel yeah like i said i don't neither of us really has a healthy work-life balance Mm -hmm. i feel like you better than me i think because the thing about you is that the main thing that has fucked up your work-life balance is learning Japanese and this podcast, right? Yes. Whereas I'm... Neither of which I get paid for. Neither of which you get paid for. Me being self-employed uh, and, like, I have a very unhealthy uh, relationship with creativity, which we'll talk about when we get to look back later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's It's interesting because we started this podcast because... I wanted to force the thing is the, here's the difference between two of us. You wanted to play Fate Stay Night, so you did. Yeah. I wanted to play Fate Stay Night, so I had to start a podcast about it. Yeah. This uh-huh. is the difference. Well, so part of this is like, oh, I also wanted to play like the rest of Type Moon stuff. Yeah. Play, read, watch. But I believe um, in your ability to have done that on your own. Like eventually, maybe. Uh-huh. The thing the thing that I've noticed starting this podcast is that yeah, I think we were we both would have ended up here. You were just the one who's like, no, we need to do this. Because I wouldn't even have played Fate Stay Night on my own. Because I would be like, I should really just be doing work. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be playing. You know what I mean? I think, so for me, 
uh, grad school. We're doing the thing again where we're getting really navel gazy about podcasts again. Grad school broke me of that uh, in a way that was like, grad school burned me out really hard. Uh-huh. Uh, in terms of, it was, I was overjoyed to get a job because it was the kind of thing of like, oh, wait, what do you mean I go home and I don't have like 17 things that I should be working on at every time? Uh, I had like a, a, a research thing and mm-hmm. classes and um, it was always like, oh, I can never just sit and enjoy anything mm-hmm. because there are four other things that I should be working on. Uh-huh. Uh, and even if I'm going to get those all done for the, the deadline, like, and I'm super exhausted and just don't mm-hmm. have the energy to work on them right now, it's still like, oh, they're hanging over my head and, ooh, I should really work on them. Um, whereas I had a, so, well, yeah, just, I have a, I, I have a pretty healthy work-life balance in terms of my actual day job. Yeah. In that I am, I'm pretty good about like, okay, between nine and five, I am on the clock and I'm doing work more or less um uh it's a yeah uh i have a nice flexible job uh but that is and then at five i clock out mm-hmm. and like i don't think about work mostly and occasionally um near releases i might have to work a little more than that um mm-hmm. especially if i haven't gotten everything i need to done but in general that is my schedule yeah i worked the whole time that i was in school at a very intense, like a job that was like customer service. So it was very intense in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. I got out of um, school. I only went to bachelor to get my bachelor's degree and continued both taking classes and also working and also doing independent work, mm-hmm. like for cre- like creative work. Mm-hmm. Um, m- all, m- most of which I was not getting paid for. Mm-hmm. And. It's never really gotten better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. while I had a full-time job, which was taking up probably 60 hours plus a week from me and not paying me very much, I was still doing, uh, like four hours a day, uh, f- for writing short stories for my Patreon and all this stuff for, for like two years or something like that. I barely slept for, for years of doing this and it really, like, I'm a little bit better now. I definitely relax more than I used to because I don't have a day job. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I have a healthy relationship with how I approach, like, creative work. Because, yeah, it's it's very much, I have to fit as much in right now as I possibly can or I'll die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, this is this is a real meandering conversation. Let's talk about something more concrete. So we had the perfect... Uh, segue into uh, the summer you were there um, which is the name of the first manga that we'll be talking about today which uh-huh. is a Yuri uh, Yuri for Yuri Tea Time Ben called me out at some point saying like hey none of the stuff we've brought to Yuri Tea Time recently has been Yuri and so uh-huh. I've made a concerted effort to every week or I guess every two weeks have at least one one Yuri mm-hmm. um, that is also a Yuri Hime thing and there's a chapter of it sitting out on the couch that i have not read yet because it's in japanese and hasn't been hasn't been speaking of homework speaking of homework um the summer you were there or um the japanese title translates something to more like uh ephemeral writing with you 
um uh is let's see it is a manga that starts off this is gonna be a pretty spoilery tea time i think by the way yeah if you uh we're talking about this we're talking and we're talking about the two recent um Tats- uh, fujimoto tatsu tatsuki is that his name yeah tatsuki yes. uh shorts look back and goodbye airy so if you haven't read any of these and you care about spoilers. Um, we're going to spoil both of the shorts pretty entirely, but um, this The Summer You Were There is not finished yet, so we're going to spoil the main conceit. But Yeah. If uh, you are saying, oh no, but how far should I skip ahead? Uh, there are helpful chapter markers, there are chapter markers in the description, the and like if your podcast player supports chapters, yeah, uh, we have those in the Yeah, so just skip your ET time if you don't want to hear yeah. about this stuff. Uh, or do what I do, which is pause a podcast and then like come back months later and I'm like, uh, I finally did it. I did the homework. <laughs> don't do that because how long our podcasts are, you will have given yourself an an unassailable mountain of podcast to climb. Oh, I just like skipped to the next one, which I guess is works for most of the podcasts that I have to do this you for. Can't do that but with this. We are a serial, yeah. Um. Anyway, unless you don't care about how the favorite ends, which I wouldn't blame you for, honestly. So, um, whatchamacallit? The figure out on Okay. The end you were there starts with a character. Mm-hmm. She's finishing, uh, her first and only novel. Yes. Uh. Oh, this is a Fencore story, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Deeply. We're gonna talk about it. I, like, uh, we're, yeah, we're gonna talk about creativity and, like, kind of the act of creation in a bit. Um, this is more uh stuff like creative stuff that i can relate to than the other mm-hmm. two creative endeavors that we're going to talk about soon uh-huh. but uh okay so she finishes her novel uh she's been posting it online it seems like i think she oh right looks right. at the website like no i'm not going to post this and then okay right, right i think she's transcribing it onto the computer okay um and i don't remember if very early on uh, it becomes clear that the it's a novel about two women who are lovers uh, committing suicide together. This is the meta, the novel in the manga. Yes, the novel in the manga. Um, and she is going to she like throws the it away. Title of the book, it's like a girlfriend suicide or something like that. Yeah, it's extremely on the nose. Uh, the I don't know if it's the translation or the writing itself is a little awkward at points. I think it. the overall plot is good and impactful i don't know that the writing carries that well enough Uh uh-huh um which again i don't know if it's the writing itself or if it's the translators but um right okay so uh she tries to throw it away at school and uh it gets found by one of her classmates Mm -hmm. who is like is a popular girl and steals it and is like, haha, I'll give this back to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, oh, damn. It it definitely feels like, and then is made explicit later, that she was going to finish this novel and then kill herself. Mm-hmm. And it being taken away and read by someone is like enough of a thing of like, oh, this was a ritual that I was going to complete and now I can't until like, mm-hmm. it's given back to me. Um. So the that girl comes into uh, the class next next day and is like, "I read your novel. 
I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when are you going to write another one? Yeah. Uh, the main character's like, uh, that was the only one I was going to write. I don't remember names. I'm so bad with names. Yeah. Um, but the other girl is like, hey, why don't we go out and you can write a novel about our love? Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the first chapter. We'll like play date or, for the summer. That is the second to last page in the first chapter. The last page is uh some some pretty shots of like the outside of the school and like a tr- trees and the school gate with uh the text. Uh, let me look it up actually because it is it is pretty good. So the final page, yeah, right. No, it is. It is okay. So the final page is uh um oh god. Let me let me look up names because it's going to be impossible to talk about this. Okay, uh, Shizuku is the main character, and um, Kaori is the love interest. Mm-hmm. So Kaori says, um, "Why don't we go out so you can write you can write about our, our our own love?" And so it began the first and last summer we spent together. Yeah, which is. I love I love things about endings. Uh-huh. This is this is true of me. I just so, so here's the bit about this story. You get I'm gonna say you get zero points for guessing why it's the first and last summer that they spend together. Yeah, this is technically a spoiler, but it's very obvious from early on what's happening here. The Kaori is uh terminally ill. Yeah. She has some well, respiratory illness. Yeah, that's incurable and she's probably going to be dead by the end of summer. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is this is uh Japanese summer break, which is like a month long. Yeah. Not it's a short for, amount of time. Not uh like US summer break, which is three months or something. Uh-huh. Uh like two and a half, three months, yeah. I guess it's two and a half. It's like mid June to the beginning of September. And uh she knows that uh, what's the main character's name? Uh Shizuku. She Shizuku. Her sister is Shizuka. Right. Very funny. Uh-huh. So Shizuku uh, Kaori has figured out that Shizuku is going to kill herself and is trying to, like, give her, uh, a, a reason, reason to, to stay alive. Yes. Yeah. Long enough that, that she lets go of this, like, idea of killing herself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, it's not finished yet. No. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's. It definitely uh, feels like we're towards the end. Yeah. Uh, 18 chapters. Kaori in. is starting to deteriorate really rapidly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, that alone is certainly Fencor, but wouldn't carry the story for me. Uh-huh. I do love stories about girls dying. Fen uh, loves it when girls die. I don't... I love to cry about girls dying, <laughs> is the problem. Yes, it's what that's what I said. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's... it. That is, that is, like, central to the thing, is, um... Kaori trying to kind of give Shizuku a reason to live. Uh huh. Um, but alongside of that is a kind of parallel that then um integrates with the main story mm-hmm. of in elementary school, Shizuku uh-huh. bullied one of her classes. Bullied the shit out of her, uh, some girl she thought was her. It is. She did not know that she was bullying her, but wow, yeah. she was really bad to that girl. Uh huh. And I I think uh there was a period of reading this that I was like. This is really goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that you feel bad about it. I'm sure it wasn't actually that bad. Like, kids are kids are jerks. I'm sure that she's gotten over it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the kid that Shizuku was bullying shows up in the story 
and um she tries to apologize to her. yeah right shizuku's like i need i need to say sorry to her uh kaori knows her weirdly mm-hmm. uh it turns out that um they both the together. kid that um the kid shizuku bullied and kaori go to the same hospital they both have like really bad illnesses mm-hmm. so they kind of met and bonded there but um that's right shizuku was bullying a term an ill child not terminally yep. ill luckily but uh and so it's like until until the child that she was bullying shows up in the story it very much feels like you feel very bad about this i'm sure that she doesn't feel anything or doesn't even remember it maybe she does but like or if she does it's it's because this story needs you to feel bad about something and it feels really goofy and then she shows up and is like I only agreed to come today because Kaori is a dear friend mm-hmm. and I didn't, I wanted to make her happy. I don't want you in my life. I don't want to ever you see want you again. Me? <laughs> um, and it is the most like, oh no, oh, you were terrible to this kid and it has deeply impacted them for the rest of their life. And I don't. She's like the the like most nervous little like wounded baby deer kind of like girl. Yeah, and I think it 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 does a really good job of. And then uh, that is where that scene is kind of where um, Shizuku finds out that Kaori is ill mm. as she collapses and uh, never goes to the hospital and yeah. isn't probably not going to leave it until she dies. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it, yeah, and so uh, the the kid that she was bullying and that kid's girlfriend, <laughs> uh, uh, like help, like are kind of uh have to help her out because there's no other option because uh Kaori didn't tell Shizuku before that point that she was ill. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's a really messy uh relationship that the the four of them have Mm -hmm. but i think it does a really good job of i'm interested in things about people who have made mistakes Mm -hmm. and then have to figure out how to live with those mistakes uh and shizuku's not doing the best job but i think it it does explore in interesting ways um like kind of how yeah how to deal with that guilt of having done something wrong Mm -hmm. and what are what are the ways in which you can kind of try to make amends for it and what are the ways in which you just have to disappear and accept that uh you really messed up someone's life and they are better off if you're just gone yeah and never show up again um yeah i think it's again i endings can make or break something for me yeah uh and I think a lot of how I feel about this is going to depend on how it wraps up. Didn't we do Walk to Death for our last year ET time? I was way higher on it than I am now. We, like the, a couple more chapters of Walk to Death came out and every one of our little group who, who have been doing like a reading club of it turned on that manga so hard. Uh, I don't... I think the first volume of Walk to Death is really good. And then the oh, rest of it happens. It's still, I still like it, but I feel vindicated in saying that. Uh, yeah, I still we don't have like, to talk, re- relitigate the whole thing. I still like it, but it has certainly uh, gotten worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too long. Too yeah, long. yeah, definitely. Um. Anyway, that's I would 
even even knowing all of that stuff going in, I I still think it's like it's a very pretty manga. Box of Death? Uh no. no um uh, uh the summer you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's very pretty and uh especially the color pages. Like mm-hmm. Ben often talks about uh how most black and white authors or like manga authors don't necessarily do coloring very well. It's just probably a stretch. But like I see a lot of there's a lot of manga that I've read where I think that the like color pages that they do aren't particularly well done. Um, c- covers are often an exception to that, but like mm-hmm. this one, this person does color well. Yeah, uh, I it's particularly skill set of it's not just not the same set of skills. A lot yeah. of people are really like all so in on black and white and screen tone that it looks amazing, and then they color something and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I guess that's color. Particular shout-outs to Shizuku having white hair that looks incredible every time it's colored. You gotta do uh, colored undertones in white hair to yeah. make it look good. It looks... Like reds and blues. Yeah. Um, also, I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna bring uh, Land of the Lustrous again for our next uh, Yuri Tea Time, so I won't talk about it too long here. But, like, that is a manga that looks impeccable in black and white. Like some of the best black and white art that i've yeah. ever seen uh yeah really great composition i've not read it yet but i see panels over your shoulder i'm like damn this person's it's like every frame of painting over here it really is <laughs> like there are there are certainly sections that are like yeah this is a this is a serialized manga you kind of just need to get stuff done mm-hmm. and then but i think one of one of the m- most fun things that um she does is every uh end of a chapter and beginning of a chapter have a full page panel yeah um and most of those are beautiful Mm -hmm. and often they they flow or sometimes they flow really nicely from one into the other uh it will be a like a shot from one character's perspective and then from another's Mm -hmm. as you move from one chapter to to the next or it will be uh like a hard cut of like oh chapter end uh chapter ended on a cliffhanger time to go look at someone else's story are they always arranged so that they end up on the same page yes that's good yeah uh-huh anyway anyway we're not talking about that no well we will next time but we're not talking about it today <laughs> what did you bring ben okay so ben messed this up i did mess is this what up. i'm gonna say so i was like hey fan there's a couple of I, I'm on a real uh, Fujimoto Tatsuki like kick right lately. I read yeah. Fire Punch. We're going to talk about Fire Punch at some point. Um, I'm a fan of Chainsaw Man. And I was like, hey, fan, fan, fan. There's two shorts that Fujimoto wrote. Yeah. There's uh, two of them. I read Goodbye Airy. Uh, you should read that one. I haven't read the second one yet, but we'll get to that at some point. Okay. Now, I read Goodbye Airy. Goodbye, Ari is the second one. I did not read that. I read Look Back, the first of the two that were released in Shonen Jump post Chainsaw Man. I think I would have, I probably would have been higher on Look Back. If you hadn't read If Goodbye I hadn't Ari read first. Goodbye, Ari first. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. Um, I told that's ben, not, that is not a, oh my gosh, Goodbye, Ari was so good that Look Back had to live up to it. It you is. You are not a Fujimoto head in any way, shape, or form. I think I, I liked Chainsaw Man. Yeah. Uh, you were very, you were, you seemed way higher on it until the ending. And I think the ending is what gets you on all of these, isn't it? Which is like, 
this is just true about me that uh i i talked about it when we finished um uh akebi's sailor uniform Uh uh-huh is like oh the ending of that show just made the entire show for me retroactively i liked all of it more um i think you'll like the fire punch ending more than any of the other endings and uh but conversely a bad ending can really just be like oh i i guess i liked like moments of that Mm -hmm. but it really just didn't cohere together or like end up in a place that was satisfying Uh and that doesn't mean oh the ending has to be like perfectly tie everything up with a bow um as we'll talk about when we get to the ending of look back i don't think it ties anything up with a bow really uh-huh. uh and i re- i kind of the more i sit with it the more i like the ending of that yeah. um but it it does mean that i need i need some i need the ending to be uh satisfying in some manner even if that satisfaction comes from oh it's very open ended and mm-hmm. like nothing really has been resolved mm-hmm. so Goodbye, Airy is a story about a kid who finishes a long-term Wait. creative project. Uh, Stop me if you've heard this one before. But. And, uh, is going to kill himself and then is stopped in his attempt to kill himself by a girl who then tries to get him to continue his creative work. Yeah, it's so funny that I accidentally made you read a, st- a story with the same plot as the summer you were there. It's very funny. So... Look, uh, goodbye, Ari. I think the opening is really strong. I think I like the, opening the opening is really pretty strong. good. Yeah. Uh, it's this, it's this kid. He got a smartphone from his parents and he, his mom has some kind of illness and wants him to film her a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so you get a lot of like, Fujimoto loves movies. Yeah. That's increasingly clear the more I read his stuff that he's really, really interested in movies. I really enjoy the like camera shutter and like the blur on panels that are happening to like show you that this is him recording. Yeah, there's a really that's fun, all really cool. The way it bleeds between or like not bleeds, but uh, shifts between panels of like, oh, the characters in this panel are a little blurry, which means that it is being filmed. Uh huh. Oh, the characters in this panel are perfectly clear, which means that it this is real life. Uh huh. Uh huh. And yeah. Uh, and uh, the line between what is what is film and what is real is very interesting in this. Yeah. So what we are getting, the first chunk of this, is the movie that he made of uh, his, his mom, basically, mm-hmm. before she died. Uh, the last shot of this movie, there's a lot of, like, cute bits of him, like, and his mom hanging out. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it ends with his dad asking him to come to the hospital to film her final moments as she passes away. Mm-hmm. and he goes to the hospital and then when he gets there he freaks out and runs away and you just see like shots of his feet yeah and then uh the movie ends with the hospital exploding <laughs> he like like puts a explosion over the hospital and he calls the movie dead explosion mother and he screened <laughs> it at his uh middle school or is it high school is it high school i think i don't know i know it's middle school i think Anyway, yeah. he screened it, and he gets in a lot of trouble, and every kid at the, the like, festival thing, uh, it makes fun of him. Mm-hmm. Everyone's really hard on him. Because, like, why the fuck would you do that? How dare you disrespect the dead like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, his the teacher yells at him, and he's like, yeah, someone's like, 
why did you put an explosion at the end? He's like, uh, it was kind of, it was pretty cool, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, a while later, he decides to kill himself by jumping off of the hospital. He like records a suicide note on his phone, mm-hmm. basically. And he goes to the hospital and he is stopped by a girl named Ari, who mm-hmm. uh, starts by saying, if you're going to jump, give me your wallet, and then recognizes him. And is like, no, 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 you're coming with me. And drags him off to like an abandoned building with a pro, uh, projector and like a DVD player and starts playing movies for him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She knows his movie. She was there in the crowd. She was the only one who it worked for. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, she thought he thinks he's amateurish, but like has a spark that she really likes. Yeah. And she's furious that everyone else made fun of him. Right. Yeah. So she wants to show him a lot of movies so he becomes a better filmmaker so he can, like, show up next year and make everyone cry with the moving story that he tells. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, Ben, the moving story he's going to tell (laughs) is the story of uh, him. It's like a meta story of him going through everything he went through with Dead Explosion Mother. Uh, And it's about him meeting uh, a a vampire girl yeah. who changes his life and then she dies. Uh-huh. And he and he films her final moments the way he couldn't for his mother. Yeah. This is very convenient because Ari is terminally ill and dying. Yes. Much like the girl from the summer you were there. Uh-huh. So it's this really interesting blending of fact and, and fiction, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um it, yeah, and like he ends up doing that exact thing, you know what I mean? He films her final moments uh they like they play up the vampire bit a little bit um but she dies on screen at the next festival that he shows this at and everyone in the crowd cries mm-hmm. uh-huh because it's a touching ending yeah, yeah, yeah. i cried <laughs> uh-huh yeah um and then like cut to him he's recording all of this you like see him go like yeah uh-huh because <laughs> it worked um and then the final, that's like the first two thirds of this. Mm-hmm. The final bit is years later. He's like 30 or 40. Well, there's a, there's a section of like kind of a time, not a time skip, but a time fast forward. Yeah. Of him. He starts talking. He, yeah. he starts like, you know, doing normal stuff, like going to, going well, to. Well, he's narrating it from and... the end. Oh, is he? Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, he continued going to school. He went to college. He got a job. He got a wife and kids. And he but, never stopped fucking with the movie. Yeah, he would throughout cut all it of constantly. this. He never he, made another film. He yeah. was always fiddled with that one. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. And so it's what he he decides he basically films another suicide note. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. He's going to go to the place that they used to watch movies together and hang himself. Mm-hmm. And Fen, what happens when he gets there? He sees that same girl. Ari. Ari. Uh, Who is a vampire. She looks identical. Uh-huh. And she's like, hey, what happened with the movie? Uh, or she says something about there not being enough, um, like, fantasy in it. Yeah. I can't remember if we said. she always but... liked the way he put a touch of fantasy into it. Yeah. And the movie that he made was all was played straight besides the like vampire thing it wasn't quite yeah. enough and he, and she's like hey there wasn't enough fantasy in that movie and he's like yeah there was you were a vampire and she's like well i am actually a vampire uh-huh. <laughs> um turns out turns out 
who could say if this is real? Yeah. Um, the reality of it breaks, like, is completely out, out the window by the end. You know what I mean? I don't, like, I don't know that, yeah, it, it's a one shot, so it doesn't give us enough. It has uh, shifted into a state of unreality. See, like, we don't know anymore what is real and what that, is not. That is what I mean yeah. in terms of, like, if, if it was a longer thing, we would have had enough to say, like, oh, vampires definitely don't exist in this world. This is, like, the, a hallucination he, or the something. The adult version of him is an actor or something yeah. like that. And they filmed this before she died or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Because he's always reusing old footage. Uh-huh. Uh, or it's, uh, we would have had enough to say, like, oh, yeah, this is totally a world that vampires could exist in. Uh-huh. Therefore, this is really happening in uh-huh. reality. Um, She says that... She- she but, died and lost yeah. her memories because because she's a human vampire. human brains fill up after 200 years of memories and so uh-huh. they disappear um butterfly effect and he's like oh that's really sad that you'd like lose all of your friends uh-huh. after 200 years um and she's like no actually it's fine because i have this movie uh-huh so that i'll like watch every time i die and always remember you mm-hmm. which i think is and then what he leaves he leaves and then the building explodes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and that's the last panel. Yeah. Which is... uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't... You I don't, like, don't like the ending. I think it's a funny ending. Yeah. So, I think a it, lot of what I like about Goodbye, Ari is the ways in which people are portrayed. Right? Mm-hmm. Because we get some shots of cut footage from the movie of his mother where it comes to light that she was like an asshole Mm -hmm. she was like a tv anchor who was trying to get him to record footage for a documentary she was planning on making when she came when she survived yeah and like her last words about her was he was useless to the end because he couldn't come to film it Uh uh-huh you know what i mean yeah and he cut together this movie of her being a better mother than she actually was you know what i mean and like Uh the reason that the hospital explodes is because Asking your son to come film your final moments for a documentary of your life is so deeply cruel. Yeah. And he couldn't do it. Of course he couldn't do it. And all anyone ever saw was him being disrespectful to his dead mother. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, Aerie is the same thing, right? We get a bit about how she was an asshole to everyone around her, too. But in the movie, she's a much nicer person. She, like, seems like a better person than she is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's this fun, like, um, it's it's about acting in the yeah. same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That a lot of uh, Fujimoto stuff is about, like, who is the actual person that you are talking to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff I like. The ending is is interesting, I think uh but it's not my favorite bit of the thing yeah i think it is interesting and i get that like fujimoto is interested in the power of film uh-huh uh i, I really the... do like the filmic moves in manga i think it, it like gives this like very strange feeling to things right mm-hmm. uh i think it doesn't that... feel like he's trying to make a movie in manga in the way that like video games try to be tv shows you know what yeah. I mean? I think it's more interesting than that. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the thing that works... Yeah. The the ending specifically is, like, is kind of dire. Uh, uh-huh. In that... um, I'd forgotten that, yeah, there was an explosion at the end. So, like, yeah, that was probably also f- movie or, like, something. But 
The um, last bit is, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, still, oh, I think it's a better looking explosion. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, or, yeah, I guess, again, like, the ending is kind of in a state of unreality where it's yeah. like, okay, how much of this is film and how much of this is real? Uh-huh. Uh, Who's filming him at the end? Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Specifically her bit about, like, oh, I'll just remember you by watching this movie every uh-huh. time I die is, like, that is hell to me. Is, like, oh, cool. In 200 years, you're going to watch a movie about someone. Oh, Fen. <laughs> Oh, you have to read Firepunch. <laughs> um, we gotta yeah, talk about Firepunch it's just, next time. It's such a miserable like outlook of uh-huh. of looking at what could be a fresh start and a uh-huh. chance to make new friends and make new relationships, and saying actually, what's most important is. The things that I can't remember, but I can watch and uh-huh. experience again. Now, this is interesting because, uh, talking about Fire Punch again, a lot of stuff that, of Fujimoto stuff is about how hellish and awful it is to live forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's interesting to read that as, um, it being a good thing to look back. Look back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because this kind of thing happens in Fire Punch. Mm-hmm. In a way that I think is way more in line with uh you saying that it's hell. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. I think at least I don't know. she yeah. plays it as something positive. Yeah. Of like, oh, I can keep uh memories from from like incarnation to incarnation. Uh-huh. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh no. I mean, yeah, maybe in a longer thing you'd have enough space to like portray how miserable that actually is. Uh-huh. But I think that's part of what doesn't work for me at the end yeah. is the like, oh, she died. Oh, but she's back actually. And it's uh-huh. fine because she didn't one. She didn't actually die. And two. Uh, yeah, she did lose all of her memories, but she can just kind of get them back and it'll be fine. I guess I think that's a, that's a cleaner way to look at it than the ending actually feels to me. And I think her main role there is to stop him from killing himself again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so in a way, Aerie is not the main, is definitely not the main character of this story, right? Her no. existence there is less about what her life is actually like and more like, hey, you did something good and meaningful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Um, I think this is again, uh-huh. though, like my preference for endings is, I would rather just like, and this is not what, um, would it have been better if he killed himself in that room? I think that would have been more satisfying. Mm. Um, this is, yeah, my my personal preference, which is like very much feels like this is not what Goodbye Ari is. But I would much rather, and and or I wish it was more clear exactly what the ending was. Uh, I would much rather just sit with her death, yeah, and be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. You died, and there's no going back from that. There's mm-hmm. no, like, savior from that. Uh-huh. Um, and, or if it really is, like, a 45-year-old guy being like, this movie that I made when I was 17 is is my life uh-huh. forever now. That's, like, interesting. Yeah. But also just, like, I don't know. Maybe that is, maybe I like it better having that read of, like, oh, yeah, it's a 45-year-old guy, like, cutting this movie once again uh-huh but with a happy ending mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, I don't know. Still pretty negative on it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's not my favorite thing. I think it's interesting. Uh, I just didn't like it very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can, yeah. I hope that the distinction between those two is is clear of like... What do you mean? That... <sighs> Yeah, I think I enjoyed. I enjoyed moments. I enjoy the. I I enjoy that it exists. There is things that you can get out of it, even if you don't like the effect of the whole thing together. Yeah, that's what you're saying. And I think the ending is specifically is really like, hmm, hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hmm. All right, so <laughs> we ended up deciding to read Look Back, since it was the thing I originally wanted us to do. How long has your tea time been going? Uh, we rambled a lot, so. Like 40 minutes. Okay, that's not too bad. Wait, is it Should 40? be 50? Almost 50 the minutes? 30 minutes. <laughs> we did pre-pod. Uh, we're at 103 right now. I was... You gotta stop doing that to me. You gotta give me the the whole number straight out so you I... You said how long is your tea time? And I was trying... Like, I think it's about 50 minutes. Should we t- even talk about Look Back? We might well, as well. Yeah, we might as well. We might as well. I want to. I want to say, like Ben portrays me as a real Fujimoto hater. No, and... I don't think that you're. I think that he is not quite your jam. Yeah, that's is fair. the thing. Like he, his work dances around a lot of ideas you find interesting, but you don't like his follow through, and you don't like the way he ends things. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably fair. Yeah, I think the again, I finished look back and was like, I have no idea how I feel about this. Uh huh um i cried both times uh and then talking about it a little uh with ben before the podcast and sitting with it i think it's probably it's the thing of his that i have i have read to it entirety so i've read chainsaw man mm-hmm. goodbye Ari, and look back i think it is the thing of his that i like the ending of most yeah um, i really like the ending of look back so yeah so look back you want to tell, you want to give the description of this one? I can try. Or do you I'm want me to do it? Very bad at okay. it, but you no, you fill in where I where I mess up. Okay. So, look back is about a girl who writes four comas for the middle school, school newspaper. newspaper. Middle school newspaper. No. <laughs> She's definitely in middle school. Elementary school. Are you sure? She starts in 4th grade. Oh. Okay. Um and there uh the art is like one step above stick figures uh-huh. uh but the, the humor is incredible. the humor is incredible <laughs> uh like really really there are some really great yeah, strips like that we see. um let's see there's uh one of my favorites or they're all pretty good uh i think my personal favorite is like a girl and a boy first panel girl and a boy saying hey when we get reincarnated let's kiss uh second panel they die third panel um it's 20 years later she's back she's she's back and she's like hey where are you let's kiss fourth panel meteor with big old lips shooting towards the earth (laughs) it's so funny uh i think there are also little labels of like pointing pointing to a point on the earth that says her and Uh then pointing to the meteor it says him it's so good uh and it's all like drawn in a really um like charming really crude style uh uh it's very good um and so uh pretty early on she uh her teacher says like hey 
would you mind sharing that space in the school newspaper yeah. with um this other girl who's a, a shut-in yeah never comes she gets like two strips a week or something like that and so yeah. now he's like hey can one of them go to this kid oh okay yeah um and she says like i guess sure whatever um and then uh that other girl's first strip appears and uh before right before um the other girl's strips had been added uh-huh. uh everyone was like oh you're such a great artist yeah you love really good oh ha 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 your your strips are so funny and she would like, like brag about how little she worked at them you know yeah. what i mean uh and everyone's like oh you should be a manga artist um and then this other girl's strips show up and everyone's like oh your art is garbage actually because <laughs> she does like uh impre- very impressive for her age like better than i can do uh back like still lives background yeah. drawings uh-huh. she draws places just like four interesting drawings of like places yeah it's really it's really fun the couple of times we get to see their art together uh-huh. because it's like oh there's a four coma in the most traditional sense which is uh four panels which are which end in a punchline um and then the other girl's art is just like, oh, there are four places. Four different places. I don't think completely they're disconnected. There's no yeah. yeah. Um, but absolutely gorgeously drawn. Uh-huh. Um and so the main character whose name I'm blanking Can on. You look him up. Yeah, let me uh Fujino. Fujino is the uh is the first girl and the main character. Kyomoto. Kyomoto is the shot in. Okay. Um Fujino yeah. is angry about this because she's like, of course, she's shutting her house all the time. So she just to practice drawing all the time and et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. And she's mad about it. And she responds by starting to like try and surpass her. Yeah. She starts like we see like books on how to draw like perspective and like manga books like start piling up on her desk. It- and there's a like great time lapse of her just like with her head down on desk working uh-huh. as like the world moves around her yeah there's i think uh look back has some of my favorite kind of time lapses yeah of really like good it's like oh here are here is her like head down drawing in a bunch of different situations mm-hmm. oh it's her family watching tv and she's in the background drawing oh it's her at her desk in her room drawing mm-hmm. oh it's uh her in class drawing uh-huh. it's her everywhere drawing and like also does the thing of like oh first off there's like a, a basic drawing book and then there's an anatomy book uh-huh. and then there's like figure drawing and like kind of books piling up over time and i think the the like kind of time lapses are done really well yeah. in this um so yeah. then we cut to compare she's her comparing her work which has gotten a lot better you know what i mean mm-hmm. to the even more impressive like uh backgrounds that this girl has done like yeah. dr- like spatial drawings mm-hmm. you know what i mean and she's like i give up like people have been bothering her like it's been, hey it's kind of creepy that you still draw aren't yeah you, aren't you gonna give up on that and, it's like, been be two years yeah it's been years um and it's, it's, it is interesting because uh we come back and we see like it's like oh yeah uh there are still the lines of like like you know you do the like two ovals for a face mm-hmm. and you you can like still see the front line of the face yeah uh it's really it's a really fun like oh yeah your art has improved a lot but you're one you're still doing a different thing like 
she's doing backgrounds and you're trying to do people. Uh-huh. And, uh... Yeah, she never puts backgrounds in her drawings beyond, yeah. like, the most simplistic. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she's like, oh, yeah, you know, what if I just gave up and, like, had friends? Yeah. And didn't care about drawing anymore. And then she just doesn't draw for, like, a year, for the last year of middle school. Is that I think it? it's, like, half a year, or... but... It's it's in it's a significant grade that yeah she quits and I think it's halfway through uh huh and she gets uh when she's when they graduate she gets asked to bring the diploma to that girl to um what's her name again Kyomoto uh, Kyomoto yeah uh huh right and so she brings the diploma she doesn't want to she's mad about it mm-hmm. but she's still mad at that girl and she goes into the house because no one answers and it's like a very weirdly empty space and when she gets upstairs the hallway is full of hundreds of sketch of like filled sketchbooks yeah right uh-huh. and it's like whatever she was doing this girl was outdoing her you know mm-hmm. what i mean there is something there is like both raw talent and passion that this girl never had like yeah. on display in this hallway yeah you know what i mean uh-huh or um, and also just like time. time and also time yeah that yeah i think it is it is an interesting like yeah she's she's kind of being a sore loser when she's like oh she just gets to stay home all yeah. day and draw she is right yeah. but also this girl uh um uh, did not start taking it seriously two years ago yeah you know what i mean uh-huh. like this is what she does yes the girl doesn't come out and she she quickly whips up a four coma of um two teams like one team's like kyomoto stay in your room and the other team is like or is like don't come out and the other team's like come out come out and then like the punchline is that she's dead in there it, or yeah the third panel is um a banner saying like 41st annual shut-in uh, shut competition <laughs> and then the yeah the fourth panel is like a skull uh, uh-huh. sitting on and it's like bones. labeled kyomoto yeah. Yeah. and she drops it and it slips under the door and like she hears movement in the room and she like drops the diploma and like runs for it mm-hmm. and as she's leaving the place uh, a girl in like a what, what is that outfit uh uh oh god the jacket um, yeah yeah how are we? How are we? Yeah. Which is like, uh, it's not quite. It's, it's like an like, indoor jacket. Yeah. Thing. It's like a kimono type, like Japanese style outfit. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it's not the, super important. Uh, she looks a mess is, I yeah. guess, what I would say. Uh-huh. She's got like this half open kimono style, like front, you know what I mean? And she's like, uh, what's the girl's name again? The first, the first girl. Uh, Fujino. Fujino. She's like, Fujino, I love your work. You're, you're she, a huge she calls inspiration. Her, she calls her Fujino sensei, which is like, oh, that's what you call people in your, um, like specifically, it's like what you call other manga artists who mm-hmm. you kind of respect. It's like, uh-huh. oh, Fujino sensei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this girl has been inspired by her all this time. Uh-huh. Uh and like Fujino responds to this by uh acting like hot shit. <laughs> uh-huh. Basically. Yeah. She's... This girl's like, "Hey, why'd you stop? Why'd you stop drawing? Like you you'd shown so much improvement." And Fujino's like, "Well, I uh had an idea for a comic for a uh for a like manga competition." Uh-huh. Um no, I haven't. This girl then... blown away. The most like starstruck, like uh-huh. stuttering little thing. Yomoto is like, Oh my gosh, you have to show it to me. And Fujino is like, 
well, it's all in my head right now, but it's completed in my head, and I just need to draw it. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so and this then, is the yeah. smoothest, like, and then just, <laughs> and then just a cut to the two of them working on it together. Yeah, they end up working on it together, and uh, like, yeah, uh, time lapses of uh fujino like working with her head down and kyomoto like moving around in the background as as she works right Mm -hmm. and they get really close yeah and they like win a runner-up win runner-up on that comic Mm -hmm. like a big prize it's a a million yen which is like so much money for a 13 year old (laughs) Uh uh-huh and they like go out and like kyomoto's like thank you so much for like getting me out of my room Mm -hmm. right and they do a bunch more like one shots together and they yeah. win a bunch of awards for like young artists right yeah. you know what i mean and eventually they're offered serialization yeah when they're 17 when they're 17 yeah and kyomoto is like i actually i can't do this with you i feel like i'm living in your shadow and i want to go to art school uh-huh and I can't just always be behind you. I, I want to get better. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And Fujino is furious about this. She's, like, deeply hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, like, plays it off. She's like, well, I can just have... You only ever did backgrounds. Like, I can just have assistants do that. It's not a big deal at all. But, like, she's deeply wounded by this. Be- mm-hmm. Not because... Not because she wants this girl to do her backgrounds for her, but because doing it with her was important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so they break up, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that girl, uh, Kyomoto goes to college and, like, is doing, like, fine art shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Fujino is serialized and is, like, up to 12 volumes of Shark Punch. <laughs> <laughs> There's... It's fun that this is... panel where the guy with a shark head yells, it's shark in time. (laughs) Uh, It's fun that this is a, a, um, like, Shonen Jump published work. Yeah. Because they get to have, like, oh, she... At some point, she's looking at a pile of magazines that are literally just Shonen Jump. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, you get to, you get to just do the thing and, like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to uh tiptoe around brands Uh uh-huh um so we see her in her like fancy studio that she works in now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and she's got the news playing beside her and she hears that the college that kyomoto uh went to was attacked by Mm -hmm. like a random attack attacker Mm -hmm. and some students were killed this includes kyomoto of course Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm so Fujino uh, attends her funeral and is completely like destroyed by this because she blames herself for getting uh, Kyomoto out of that room. Yeah, she wouldn't be dead if she hadn't left that room. She would have been mm-hmm. safe. You know what I mean? And she ends up going back to Kyomoto's house. I think that the rest of this, uh-huh. or most of the rest, it, it feels like reality a dream. space again, right? Yeah. Um, so the next scene is her in her, um, like morning clothes, basically. Mm-hmm. She has like a pantsuit, mm-hmm. uh, at the door, like in the hallway full of, um, books, mm-hmm. which is, which is why I say it's unreal because like the two of them moved in together at some point uh-huh. and like, 
I don't believe that the house would, would be look the same, exactly the same. The same uh-huh. as, yeah. Um. So she she finds the for the like shut in competition comic and she tears it apart. And there's one panel left and it says don't come out. It's the yeah. It's the first. It's panel. the first panel. It's the team that uh, the don't come out team. Yeah. And she drops it accidentally and it slips under the door and young Fujino find or young Kyomoto finds it. Uh huh. Uh huh. It like slips through time here. And she doesn't come out of her room when uh, Fujimino leaves the diploma. Mm-hmm. And so they never meet. Mm-hmm. You know and I mean? Fujino is the one to go to art school. <laughs> uh-huh. And Wait. No, Kyomoto still goes to that same art school. Oh, does she? Yes. I. This is the problem of... My problem... This is not an actual problem, but my problem with Fujimoto is that he doesn't realize Mm -hmm. that if you have two girls with an identical haircut it's impossible to tell them apart (laughs) uh Uh, one of them has to be blonde uh and the other one has to have dark hair this is not actually a yuri so it's ignoring the basic rules of being able to tell yuri girls apart yeah um um but yeah but okay she ends up taking basically the same path she ends up go like it takes her longer to leave her room but she still goes to art school she still goes to that school that she wants to go to Mm -hmm. the difference is is that fujino is like didn't didn't draw and uh and like started taking martial arts or something so when the guy when when she gives up on art like her sister comes in and is like what why didn't you just give up on art like oh. way back uh, and is like hey come to the karate studio with yeah. me and so she gotta... keeps going with karate yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the random uh, the attacker guy like comes into the the school and uh starts swinging his like uh like pick or whatever like horrible like instrument that he has mm-hmm. at uh kyomoto Fujino saw him because she happened to be at a karate studio nearby, like dojo nearby, mm-hmm. and kicks the guy in the back of the head and knocks him out. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, she gets, she breaks her leg in the process. So there's like a shot of her getting loaded into the ambulance. She's like, I saved the day, but I broke my own leg. Damn. <laughs> and Fujino or Kyomoto is like, why did you stop drawing manga after she realizes who she is? And she's like, I just started up again, actually. I got, and she also got serialized still. Uh-huh. She, oh, she's like, when I get serialized, draw my backgrounds for yeah. me. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's this cute moment. And, uh, Kyomoto, does she go back to her room then? Yes. Yeah. And she draws a four coma of that event of the attacker coming in and getting beat up by um, Fujino, who like saves the day and turns around and has the axe in her back. Uh-huh. You know I mean? And the paint, the it's called title "Look Back." Uh huh. Uh huh. And while she's drawing it, it slips out of her hand from a gust of wind and goes under her door and back in her morning clothes. Fujino finds that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she, like, throws the door open, and no one's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, Fujino's room has all of the copies of Shark Punch. Yeah. Uh-huh. And someone asks... Yeah, there's, like... It's, like, an interview or something. Oh, like, right, right. Um, and she's, like... Well, you, you go do this. Part. Yeah. Uh, the interviewer asks her, like, why do you, why do you like drawing manga? And, uh, Fujino says... Actually, I hate it. Uh huh. I've never liked drawing. It's but... a lot of work. You can like spend all day drawing and you don't get anywhere. And it's like, it's really just a pain in the ass. 
Uh, but I have a reason. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, and he's like, so why do you do it? And then it just cuts to a panel of um, Kyomoto smiling. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> We're so bad at this. The thing is, I didn't cry at all reading this, but... Uh, uh, my reaction is making it worse. Yeah, which is, like, taking a little bit of a sidebar so that uh, hopefully we can recover. This is often true of me, is that events in manga or events in media don't impact me. It is uh-huh. watching the characters who cared about those, like deaths for instance it is watching the characters who care about that person react that is yeah. like oh that's what gets me uh-huh. that's what destroys me um uh and then yeah and then the final panel is just fujino at her tablet working i'm nodding because i have cracked up voice which is i think this is what i mean by this is my favorite Mm -hmm. uh fujimoto ending is like oh yeah there's no resolution yeah it's just that she went back to work Uh and life continues so what i really like about this one is that i relate a lot to the the shitty uh fujino girl Uh uh-huh so a lot of what i do with my life the thing that i consider to be my like purpose in life is creating art right Mm mm-hmm this is uh, how I get out of bed in the morning, is, like, working on my stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And, I, like, I have people who are important to me, too, you know? I wouldn't die instantly if I stopped working on things. But my main carry-through is the things that I make. Mm-hmm. But, Fen, did you know that I have no natural artistic talent at all? I would not believe this. I really like your art. I No, no, no. The thing is that, like... I was not a good artist growing I was not one of those kids who got complimented. You know mm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I would guess I was decently okay at writing as a kid. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I wasn't anything special. I was closer to Fujino than Kyomoto. Mm-hmm. I didn't put a lot of work into it. I didn't really care about art for a long time. I mm-hmm. kind of, a series of happenstances pushed me in that direction. And it kind of just seized me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah, I do think that art is pain in the ass mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I complain about it constantly, right? Is that even though I like doing it, I just, it's such a pain. I just mm-hmm. want to do the thing. I don't want to have to work so hard. <coughs> so I relate to this girl who is kind of happened into this through a series of events and just has built up some kind of like, this is just what I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, she's kind of lost the reason why she did it in the first place, but she still does it because yeah. it is her life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I relate to that really strongly. So the whole thing hits me really hard every time. I think we talked about this a little bit. and I'm not a movie person, so Goodbye Airy can't affect me in the same way. Yeah. I'm tangentially a movie person. I'm not, a, I'm not really a movie or a, like, visual art person. Um. I think, well, and in general, like, we talked about this when we talked about um, Lily's voice, Where Wind, mm-hmm. um, where, like, I I relate much more to the character who cannot create anything mm-hmm. uh, and deeply admires yeah. the, the person who can. Um, that is our relationship, Ben, is me looking at Ben going, like, holy crap, you're amazing, because you <laughs> can, not, like, make things. I'm not... Vi- 
This is so interesting because I don't, I'm not particularly talented at anything. You know what I mean? I have a, I have a bunch of skills that I've polished and I've gotten fairly good at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't understand people who don't make things. This has been always been my thing is that I don't understand people who don't have an impulse to create like creative work. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I'm a, I'm a software engineer. So like uh-huh. that takes creativity. Yeah. Totally. But you know um, what I mean though. I'm talking about like something you would call quote unquote art. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the like yeah, I I I do good work. Yeah. Uh totally. It it is the most boring work in the world. Like, yeah, I work on enterprise software. No one is like, ah, look at this beautiful enterprise software. <laughs> um and like but, but I think so the thing is, um, like we kind of have three this week incidentally we kind of have three different like creatives we have writing movies and then like visual art uh-huh um and i think i relate most to um the god what is her name i was just looking at it um we really gotta just write these down on our dog i, re- I relate most to shizuku partially because i like literally did the thing that she did which was like write angsty fanfic or like write in angsty angsty uh stories in high school that were like haha gonna go kill myself now Mm -hmm. um and obviously i didn't succeed because i'm still here but um i think that that is like writing has always been the most accessible of those to me and Uh like i'm still just not good at it i uh-huh. don't like part of that is hey uh i was pegged as like a science kid and so i just didn't develop those muscles mm-hmm. um i didn't continue to try to write instead i was like oh hey what if computers mm-hmm. um but yeah i think the the reason that part of the reason that um look back didn't hit as hard for me is like uh-huh. I enjoy the story. I cannot relate to Fujino, Fujino at all. Uh-huh. Like I can from the like. I guess I basically understand what you're going through, but I like I don't have that drive the way that Ben does. Yeah, this is the thing. This is an interesting thing because um, this summer you were there. One of the reasons that it's not hitting me the same way that it is you is because it's not enough about the craft of writing for me. Yeah. That's it's not really the novel is like the framing device for the story, but it is not about writing, really. Or it is, it is a little bit, but it's really not. It's it is you know it I mean? is fair that it yeah it is also like it is also about Yuri. It is also yeah. about uh, her guilt. It is uh-huh. also about like apologies and uh, trauma and mm-hmm. like a bunch of other things in the way that um, Fujimoto's to uh to one shots are they're very very about about making things yes this is yeah uh look back is 176 pages about making manga yes Mm-hmm. about why you create things and yeah it is very it is very tactile in that the process of making manga is very present mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. in a way that like we get some shots of um What's her name from? Oh, Shizuku. Shizuku. We get some shots of her like working. Yeah. And we get some like pictures of her with her like loose leaf paper uh, and stuff like that. But it's not quite the same, right? Mm-hmm. We don't get the equivalent of the four comas from Look Back. You know what I mean? 
yeah. and like we watching get... the style develop yeah. and like yeah. watching the books pile up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the 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 time lapses in look back are just really excellent. Yeah. You know? And even Goodbye Airy, which I don't like as much, the camera shake and the like time lapses and the the uh blur and the one scene where the the father like they have d- dinner with the oh, father a- and he like starts yelling at Ari like it's real it, you're doing something wrong by making him like go over this movie again if he, everyone yells at him and screams at him and blames him for the it when he makes the second thing it's going to be your fault i want you out of this, ho- this house and out of his life and then he's like was that good? Did I did a go- do a good job? <laughs> Actually, he loves Aerie. And it was a scene that they were filming for the movie. Uh-huh. And, like, that's fantastic. It, that's a really fun uh-huh. bit of, like, yeah. I think part of this is, like, oh, yeah, Fujimoto is pretty good at writing one-shots. Yeah. Um, He's done a lot of them, apparently. I haven't read the older ones. Yeah. Um, In ways that are, like, I... Part of this is also, I just don't like one-shots. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting because I really like literary short stories, but I'm not, I don't usually really like very short manga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is like, it is a little misleading. There are, rather, they're, they're there are length. two kinds of one-shots. There are volume-length one-shots, and there are like, oh, this volume has like nine different chapters. Uh-huh. Uh, and Fujimoto's are the former, or at least, at least these, these two, two were. Yeah, like Look Back was released as its own volume. Yeah, um, I think and his uh, older one shots are even shorter, even longer. So I assume that is also a volume. Yeah, uh, but even yeah, and so it is the yeah. I think part of part of that divide is like oh. It's the strength of doing a one shot is that you can just go all in on the concept that you are exploring Mm -hmm. and you don't, you don't have to make it last for, for long. It just has to be enough to, to last through the story that you're telling, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, 200 pages or whatever, 176 in look back's case. Yeah. I'm really high on look back. I think I liked, I liked Look Back. I did not like, like Goodbye, Ari. I think there's interesting stuff in Goodbye, Ari, but it was so funny, like, starting it, because I was like, is this how Look Back started? And I was like, wait, this is Goodbye, Ari, because I described Goodbye, Ari as Fencore to you, and it is not. You described Look Back is. Goodbye, Ari, about as being about two sad girls. And it was just not. And, it's about a boy. Um, yeah. I was like... Well, it starts off with him talking to another girl, and I was like, oh, are are the two of you, are uh-huh. are you the sad girls? But are you a boy? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I was very confused. God. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember how she, how Eric calls him out? Because every time nipples show up on screen, he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, no, I don't. And they get into like a three-page argument about it where he's insistent. And then like the next page is a cut to him going, oh, yeah, <laughs> sitting in front of the projector. And she's like, you just did it. And he's like, did what? And they get into another argument where she's uh-huh. like, it's nothing. I don't want to talk about it. It's very. That's yeah. like, that was me uh, telling you that you clear your throat randomly while we were recording. And you were like, no, I don't. And then like I pointed it out during a recording and you you got you were like, no. <laughs> I don't do it as... I thought you meant I did it all the time. And it's like, oh, I do it like once a recording. That's not true. You do it more than that. But not constantly. 
You've done it a lot today. <laughs> well, that's because I'm sick. I'm in recovery. Um, that was a long airy tea time. Ben? Yeah? Mistakes were made. We had a lot of fun, though. It was very navel-gazy, Yuri Tea Time, but about the act of creating. When will Tatsu, uh, Fujimoto Tatsuki create a one, one-shot manga about podcasting? Probably never. <laughs> um, but I would appreciate it. Just like, oh yeah, okay, finally. Uh, a Fujimoto work that I can really relate to. <laughs> Someone dies on the microphone. Oh, they die while recording and the person's trying to get hold of them through Discord. I think, yeah, uh, I think that Goodbye Airy, the death there works better for me mm. Um, because, well, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to talk about this when we talk about Kanon, mm-hmm. um, but sudden deaths are less emotionally impactful mm-hmm. and so it's like oh yeah of course you would be affected by this mm-hmm. um yeah I don't that's know. why i it's did not i did not cry when kyomoto died and look back i cried yeah. on the reaction and the ending right mm-hmm. and how uh fujino continues her life after that that's what got me yeah you know what i mean it's less about her death and more about the mourning if that makes sense yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we should probably stop talking about those. Is that two hours? <laughs> We're at an hour 37. Holy shit! February 13th. 13. Infinity Arms. Um, Infinity Arms work, fan. What? Instead of Unlimited Blade works. That's oh. what it is. It's Infinity Arms instead of Unlimited Blades. Wait, is it Infinity Arms work? It, no, no, no. I'm making a joke. Oh. Because it's definitely the reference that he's making. It's the same thing as Unlimited Blade from Unlimited Blade works. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sorry. I... I was like, did I mess up the day title? No, you did not mess up the day title. Okay. And it would be me. You're reading my notes. Uh, no, I was looking at mine. Uh, I'm going to pull up yours now. I haven't had time to edit this, so we have 13,000 words that we have to burn through fast. Supposed to get through in three hours. Um, Wish you, us dear luck, listener, listener. You, dear listener, will know how long this podcast is and can laugh at our hubris. Uh-huh. We're doing our best. Okay, okay. Uh, Shiro's dreaming about Saber. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we get some stuff about how she... She was willing to burn down a village to save ten was kind of her vibe. You yeah. know what I mean? And all of her knights always hated it because they were all like Shiro and they were like, no, 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 one death is too many. And she's like, no, we have, we're fighting war. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Well, it's the... It is less them saying one death is too many, mm-hmm. and it's more like, oh, deaths during battles don't count. Yes, yes, yes. It's the fact that she was willing to take all the resources from a village so that it would starve, and so that they thought that the um the deaths of those villagers were on her head. They would mm-hmm. rather the uh enemy kill thousands of villagers than 
Saber be uh than King Arthur be culpable for one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's a very um uh cyni- not cynical, uh hypocritical yeah. uh kind of way of Saber's very I know how to solve the trolley problem. Not don't even worry about it. And they're like, but no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Saber looks at the trolley problem and is like, obviously, obviously you, you killed, killed the one. one. And they look at the trolley problem and are like if we touch that lever, we're the one killing people. So really, it's not so bad if, you know, uh-huh. This is, I will say, it is very explicit that, um, like, Arturia, when she's alive, is at odds with her knights in exactly the same way as Shiro. Yes. It's it's interesting, because, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly as we just said. Like, in both cases, people are going to die. It's... It's just who ends up killing them yeah. is really the thing. And how many? Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, Arturia did things to uh, minimize the deaths mm-hmm. that are, like, up... Yeah, that are... Okay, technically she killed people, but, like, oh, yeah, she did actually save a lot more people yeah. than ended up... Than, yeah, she saved more people than she ended up... More people are alive at the end of the day than if she hadn't done this. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, or rather, it's a, it's a, her knights, her knights slash Shiro believe that they can, they can save everyone. And Saber knows that that is not the case. Uh, Shiro says that, uh, Saber has worked harder than anyone and should be rewarded more than anyone. Real, mm-hmm. he's really into the meritocracy, as it turns out. That makes a lot of sense for Shiro. Yeah, this is after Shiro wakes up. Um, I think that's as he's waking up. Yeah. Um, I agree that Saber deserved better. Saber deserves a vacation, I think. Uh, but also that's just how life goes sometimes. <laughs> that's just how life goes. She is dead. Mm-hmm. Breakfast Wait. with the masters. He also realizes oh. that there's a difference between helping someone and saving them. That's true. Um, and he's like, yeah, helping people was, was great and all, but mm-hmm. really a superhero has to save people. Uh-huh. And he's like, okay, I'm going to save Saber. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that like doing small things for the people around you is still like doing good Meaningful. work. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Not everyone. Also that like, not everyone needs saving. Sometimes it's just enough to, like, be good to the people around you and, like, uh-huh. improve general life around you. If only anyway. Shiro understood that. At breakfast, Shiro's having trouble looking at Saber because he can't help but think about that time she died on a <laughs> hill to prove a very important point. Ben. What? Uh, Ben's title for this this section is Girls Last Breakfast. It's that's not just... true, I don't think. But I wanted to be sure to get that joke in. All of these thinking. girls are going to have more breakfast. Caster. We know Caster's at the temple, but for some reason they don't know Caster's at the temple. Yeah. They talk about it like Assassin is the one doing it, and there's no way he's doing mass energy drain. He's just a guy. Do they talk about it like Assassin is doing it? At some point they say, like, Assassin at the temple is the problem, or whatever. Oh. Anyway, not important. Uh, the mass energy drain, the, like, gas leaks have stopped, which means mm. Caster is now ready to do whatever she's doing. Uh-oh. I completely forgot that I played these... I played day 13 and then a while later, 14 and 15. Yeah. That's I completely forgot that Caster was still alive at this point. Uh, Saber calls Ilya Ilyas Vyel. 
all the time. She never calls her Ilya. Mm-hmm. Uh, food report. Ilya hates spicy food, including mustard. <laughs> mustard is spicy. Okay. Yeah. It is a little spicy. bit. Yeah. Shiro did end up making that apple pie, by the way. <laughs> it's uh-huh. not mentioned directly. They go to do some sparring, but Shiro and Saber are two, two young maidens flirting to actually hit each other with sticks anymore. Let's see. Yeah, there's some, like, hanging out with very, like, parental scenes. Saber is very mom to Ilya, and Ilya yeah. is, like, letting it go. Ilya hates dads. Ilya hates dads. Um, yeah, yeah, she's like, Shiro, you, you're looking at me like a father. Fuck, fucking stop it. <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm fine with Big Brother, but if you pass the line into looking at me like you're my dad, then I'm going to kill you. The I, I just want to say real quick, uh, these lunch scenes are everything to me. Yeah, I like Just that. like watching Saber and Ilya interact, and they're both happy and enjoying themselves, and it's just like, oh. We can't talk about Fate Zero, but no, having already seen Fate Zero adds some fun stuff to this. Yeah. Uh, it's also, uh, Shiro notices that Saber is smiling for herself. Mm-hmm. I think it's Shiro who does. Yeah. Um, um, and he's like, oh, damn, really wish that I could make Sh- Saber smile for herself. Uh-huh. Uh, Shiro checks in with Rin to get a magic checkup and all that stuff. Um, they talk about what Saber's wish could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rin's like, I'm pretty sure all servants want a second life. Yeah, which is interesting. I don't think that's true at all. Yeah, it's directly contradicted by something someone says later. Yeah, by like everyone. Yeah. Uh, I don't think who he who of these servants wishes for a second life would if they had the opportunity. Caster? I would believe Caster assassin. I don't even assassin is like who, I bet, in that he wants strong enemies. Okay, that's fair. Um, Heracles does not. Ryder maybe. Life. Ryder wants to kill people. <laughs> Ryder wants revenge for uh, all of the magical creatures who've been killed. Heracles, I would believe. So Shiro's like, "Oh, Saber must want a second life. That's great. That works out great for me." Uh, let's see. And Rin's like, "Are you sure? Because have you ever met a person who cares less about themselves than Saber?" <laughs> yes, you, I guess. Uh huh. What did Archer tell Rin he wanted? Oh, did he say world peace? Yes. He, she, he like was like, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll wish for world peace. And she laughed at him. He's like, I knew you'd do that. Uh-huh. Uh, Rin has a great line. Or, hmm, we're going to, we're going to keep coming back this to this. This is going to be sentiment. a reoccurring sentiment. Uh, from Nasu, yeah. Permanent world peace is the worst wish ever. It means that there's nothing, right? A world without conflict is dead. If things aren't moving, all they do is rot. Mm-hmm. Which is, hmm. You might, now, dear listener, you might say, Fen and Ben. Yes. This is just Rin's perspective. Uh-huh. Of course Nasu is not talking directly through Rin. Um, we are going to come back to this exact sentiment over and over again. I will say, while I do think that uh, the world could be a much nicer place than it is, a wish to force the world to be peaceful is probably uh, a very corrosive idea, no matter what you do maybe mm-hmm. but there's yeah i think that uh, the thing is that i don't think that uh, a world at peace is something that can be achieved through anything besides a lot of hard work and anything else would be the illusion of peace sure mm-hmm. but i think that there is a and we're gonna hmm 
Yeah. We're going to talk about this again, but like... It's going to come up in everything Nasu writes forever, pretty much. Yeah. Anything that's longer than uh, a one-shot. There is kind of a belief or... There's a re- reoccurring theme that, and we saw this with vampires that, um, in Tsukihime is that like anything that no longer needs to fight to survive is therefore stuck in stasis and cannot ever improve or do new things or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think that idea develops a little bit as we go. Uh, or it develops quite a bit. But uh, I agree with the basic sentiment of you cannot wish for everyone in the world to be happy. Because everyone in the world has different things that would make them happy. Yeah. Some people want uh, the mass death of a lot of people. That was is what would make them happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no way to wish for everyone to be happy without changing how people feel, which would be um, violating in a, in a very weird way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, who wins in that case? Who Whose version of world peace wins? It's whoever gets the thing, which is a very uh, one savior for the whole world kind of thing, which was never going to be good. Mm-hmm. So I agree with Rin in that sense. I do think that a peaceful world could be a good world. Nasu's not sure. <laughs> yeah. I think I am more quibbling with, like, what she says is not a wish for world well she does say a wish for world peace is the worst mm-hmm. but she does say permanent world peace is the worst yes um yeah that's all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i i think i agree that conflict is necessary to have an interesting life but not conflict in the sense of violence i think conflict can be things other than war and killing yeah i think you need conflict for stories to be interesting uh, and you need conflict for people to be interesting. But conflict does not mean uh, mage blood war, <laughs> yeah. necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Uh, they talk about King Arthur. Um, <laughs> they talk about disgu- how Merlin probably helps disguise King Arthur's gender and also help a child who should never have been born get born. Uh, yeah. Is this talk... King Arthur does not have any kids besides Mordred, right? I believe that's the case. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It is interesting <laughs> that in both Fate and Lamorte Arthur, Arthur's only kid is with her half-sister. Mm-hmm. Or his half-sister. Yeah. In Fate, yeah. it's uh, it's more complicated than that. Uh, Saber did not fuck her sister, no. Okay. Uh, Rin talks about Excalibur, and which includes the sword and the sheath. The sheath. Was very important. What's the sheath do? The sword is fine. Um, the sword. I mean, the sword shoots beams that can level si- like uh, mountains. That's fair. Um, I just, I meant in in Lamorte Arthur, the sword is like good. It is a solid sword that is that is well well made. Uh-huh. Um, but the sheath is what's really cool because it grants the the user kind of like uh extra healing mm-hmm. i don't remember exactly is this how more to arthur too raised yeah yeah this is directly out of out of arthurian myth is that the sheath um because there's one at one point uh uh morgan Le Fay or morgan morgana morgan um uh uh cons arthur out of his sheath gives it to her lover 
mm-hmm. and has them duel. Um, <laughs> and then Arthur's like, wait a second, that's my sheath mm-hmm. at some point. And like Arthur is about to die and then uh, gets his sheath back. And uh-huh. It's like, oh, feel great now. Way better. Um, so I think, in- it, I think it even says something like prevents blood loss. Uh-huh. Um, in this case, it's just really good healing. Uh, it, Merlin says to Saber that it w- it makes her immortal, and she will never right. die as yeah. long as she has the sheath. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she cannot be wounded in any way. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Rin's like, "How the fuck is Saber getting her ass kicked so bad if she has a noble phantasm that gives her immortality?" Mm-hmm. And um, she has healing powers, but not not that strong and shira's like didn't it get stolen and isn't that the whole reason that she died in kamlan and rin's like fuck yeah you're right <laughs> uh-huh so they saber does not have her ultimate uh invulnerability noble phantasm yeah uh let's see shiro asks wants to ask saber what her wish is um so that he starts a conversation with everyone about their wishes Rin says her I line love, of what? I Go love ahead. this scene because Rin and Ilya uh, are exactly the same when it comes to the Grail, uh, in that they're both like, "Well, I haven't thought about it, but it's mine." So, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, it's great because Rin says like, "I'm here to win a fight. I don't really care what about the Grail." And Ilya's like, "I'm stunned. You seem to be the one thinking the most, but you're actually the one who thinks the least." And then goes on to say the same thing, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh um yeah it's just very fun that both of them are like well it's it's rightfully mine so like Mm -hmm. i have to fight for it obviously uh no i don't know what i'm gonna do with it but all right fen will you explain to me how heroic spirits are made (laughs) okay so this was this is one of those classic nasu lore dumps where it's like i'm sorry what are you saying and it's, then, like, it keeps going, and eventually you're like, okay, okay, I, I think I'm. it's becoming clear. He, like, holds, he starts revealing the thing while holding the keystone that makes it make sense for later. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, and it makes it hard to parse the conversation. Part of this is that, dear listener, Ben knows how heroic spirits are made in other fate works, and, and it different. is different. Uh-huh. And so, knowing that knowledge is, in fact, unhelpful, because you're reading the scene going... That's not right. Yeah. Um, and how... also, Nasu, I know Nasu loves to do this thing where he lies openly about how something works and then changes it later. So it makes yeah. it even more confusing. Because if I didn't know that he did th- does that constantly, uh-huh. then I would have been like, okay, that's how this works here. But I'm like looking for the trick, basically. But yeah, I do think the scene is a he, little blurry. Just he does that, except that it's with Saber. Mm-hmm. So Saber's a weird servant. Yeah. We'll get to why. But basically... um. To become a heroic, you can become a, a hero in yeah. legend, and then you, when you die, and you can you can just go back into the cycle of reincarnation. Yes. Uh, however, if at some point during your life you were doing something like I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of like you're David fighting Goliath, say, mm-hmm. uh, and you said, "Hey world, I need your power to overcome this foe." uh-huh uh please give it to me the world will say sure uh-huh here's here's uh here is some extra power uh when you die we're gonna remove you from the cycle of reincarnation 
and store you in the the throne of heroes uh-huh and then you to the end of time basically yeah. and then or out of time out of time yeah and then you can be summoned for holy grail wars yes well you can be summoned to prevent to save the world from evil and yeah holy grail wars are kind of a byproduct of that We'll get into so, how all that works. But this is interesting because it frames all heroic spirits as the result of a deal with the devil, basically. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it means that there are heroes who cannot be summoned no matter how hard you try as heroic spirits. This, throws, this also makes me curious. What about heroic spirits who are bad people? Did the world offer them power? Yeah. So the world doesn't care if you're evil. I think so. Interesting. Interesting. We've talked a little bit about the counterforce and how it kind of, there is definitely an an element of, um, yeah, it doesn't really care about humans. Or there are two sides. It cares about humans existing. It doesn't care about individual humans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's interesting. I kind of like the framing of heroic spirits as, well, if you get famous enough, you're stuck. You know what I mean? As it being a natural outcome of a life lived loudly. To, to be you know clear, I mean? that is not the case in this. No. No, that is the case in a lot of other stuff. Though. Yeah. Or it feels more like the case. Yeah. Oh. It is definitely the case in, in Grand Order, which is like, oh, no, we need, a, we need a, a, an excuse for anyone and everyone to show up here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, okay. So Saber's weird. The thing is that it makes... um the your power depends on how famous you are currently thing feel less steady for me yeah Uh yeah that that makes it feel like you are a heroic spirit because of your legend whereas this is like no 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 you're a heroic spirit because uh you signed up for a job a bad job yeah Uh uh-huh so anyway saber's weird saber's weird in that she became a hero all on her own on her own power other people could do that too yeah I'm, I'm sure that other people have done that. And then they don't come back. Yeah. Uh, so why is she or there? they get reincarnated normally. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we're going to talk about it. This is, uh, I have been, I have been reading Land of the Lusterous. That is a deeply Buddhist manga. Uh-huh. Uh, like very explicitly. Um, a lot of Nasu's work is much more like lay Buddhist in the, in the way that, um, a lot of, uh, like, uh, US or, or Western work in general is like, Oh yeah, there there's elements of Christianity in this yeah. because that's just in the air. Um there's a lot of like oh yeah, there are elements of kind of a Buddhist uh religious bent uh, yeah. just cuz that's in the air. Uh-huh. Um or I don't know, maybe Nasu's a devout Buddhist. I don't couldn't say. Who knows? Um but it is certainly like oh yeah, reincarnation is just a thing. Okay, so how is Saber here? She's dead. So at her deathbed uh or death tree i think she died under a tree she died on a hill on a hill somewhere by a tree by a hill near a lake um she realized that uh she wanted or she had let her country come to ruin mm-hmm. and uh believed that oh maybe there was a better king mm-hmm yeah, I chose or I picked the sword out of the stone. Maybe there was someone else who could have come along and taken it and who would have done a better job. Uh-huh. She begged the world for a do-over, basically. She she asked the world for for the power to gain the holy grail while still alive so that she could make a wish to change 
her like the past. Yes. She wants to redo the selection and have someone else be king. Yeah. And this is it is important to say this is not a selfish like oh oh woe is me my life was hard. This is like my country ended up in ruin mm-hmm. and I truly believe that maybe someone else could have yeah. done a better so job. So King Arthur would be replaced in history by someone else. She would be a footnote at best. Yeah. And yet would still be shackled to the heroic spirit program. Yes. So it's it's really just like a miserable end for her. Yeah. Uh, here's the important thing. She's still alive. Yeah. This is why she's carrying memories over is because this she is, is still alive. She's carrying memories over and... Uh, it's not actually Shiro's fault that she can't enter spirit form because she's still alive. <laughs> uh-huh. This is also, I guess, presumably why in that bad end where Hercules smushed her, there was chunks of saber all over the place. Yeah. Although she goes back in time after that, so I'm not really sure how the chunks of body exist in both places at once, but mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? Um, What was I going to say? Right. So... She is dying on the hill in under the tree in Kemlon, mm-hmm. and then is teleported through time to any chance to get the Holy Grail that comes up. Yes. And then she fights, loses, goes back to being dying, and then flickers back forward. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's, she's like... She's perpetually in a state of dying. Yes. Is the thing. She's forever, like, at minute a minute away, seconds away uh-huh. from dying. Yeah. That is the moment to which she returns yeah so it sucks yeah um yeah basically and so for her getting a grail means that she finally gets to die yes and become a proper heroic spirit instead of the halfway heroic spirit she is now yeah we got a graph explaining this Uh uh-huh with the the time axis (laughs) Uh uh-huh the graph is very funny um well, I think that right, right. the thing so, that I'm confused about is not her flitting back and forth in time. It is, like, the mechanics of how this works as it's being unfolded, like, uh, weirdly at the beginning of this. So uh-huh. the graph being about something completely different and pretty straightforward is very funny to me. Well, And everyone's saying, wow, the graph makes it so easy to understand. Um, the The graph is interesting because it illustrates the difference between Saber and normal heroic spirits. Yes. Normal heroic spirits, they get summoned from the throne. Yes. And then they just disappear. Yes. And they don't go back. The, yeah, basically, a copy is made from the, the version stored at the throne of heroes yeah. every time. Yeah. Um, versus the Saber, who, like, gets transported through time. Shiro orders Saber to use her wish on herself, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, oh, right. Have we talked about Shiro's wish? No. We're about uh, Yeah. Well... Or lack of one. Yeah. He he has mentioned that he has no ideas for a wish. Because all that stuff. Well, yeah. Okay. So he says, I know it's a childish ideal, but I want to believe that people will get happier if, the more they work for it. Which is like, again, kind of will come back to this, uh, especially in Fate Grand Order. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Um, but, or that in order to be happy, you must be, a, like, you must work. Uh-huh. You must be productive i agree to the with this in a sense but my definition of what productivity is is probably different yeah like i don't think i'm a person who if i lived in a uh like completely edge saw like sanded down like pleasure world i'm the person who looks at who thinks about heaven and is upset uh, like hates it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean 
Like the idea of like a no, um, a completely easy paradise just sounds miserable to me. Hmm. You know what I mean? I, the reason that I am still alive is because I am working towards something mm-hmm. that I will never reach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I agree with Shiro in a certain sense, but he, he is also kind of like a, a bit of a bootstrapper in in a certain sense. Yeah. I guess I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I agree. With what? Of like, you truly, yeah, that if there's, yeah, this is not what Nasu is saying, but it is kind of adjacent to it is the, oh, if everyone has what they need, then no one would ever make anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, he doesn't say that. No, but uh-huh. it is, it is, uh, I guess it's, it is an opinion that comes up. Mm-hmm. in my head every time because that like it is really close to oh no like everyone has to work uh-huh. is like yeah if no one had to work everyone would just laze around and not do uh-huh. anything uh-huh see i don't believe that I, yeah i don't believe that because i would always be working you know what i mean yeah but like the conflict in that case is creative creative conflict for me like, the idea of a place that is so perfect that you don't feel any, like, need to create. Like, heaven. But no one okay, makes yeah. things in heaven. You know what I mean? It's heaven. I think it depends on what heaven you're uh-huh, talking uh-huh. about. Which, I guess is... But the yeah. idea is that things are so perfect that you basically <laughs> exist in a state of bliss constantly. Which is miserable to me. Yeah, that would be hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I Struggling to get enough money to eat and clothe myself. That's not the stuff I'm talking about. Like capitalism is not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm talking about struggling for something. Yeah. And in my case, that would be struggling to achieve the the kind of art that I want to make. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think without anything like that, there is no point to be, of being alive. Being alive is about striving for things for me. I but, love to podcast with Ben uh-huh. and just have an existential crisis every time. It rules. <laughs> Uh, I'm constant. I am in the middle of my existential crisis. It's called my life. I just like, yeah, I guess I'm alive. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is why, why, why I say I wouldn't, I would want to live forever is because I can always find something to strive for. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, I believe very strongly that I could find something to strive for. You know what I mean? And you are very like, well, life is life, and when it's over, it's over. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But, like, whether or not I could actually be happy living forever isn't the important thing. It's that believing that is what keeps me alive now. Mm. hmm Yeah, I'm very much the, like... And there, are, there's a bad version of this, mm-hmm. but I'm very much the, like, oh, no, life being finite and having an ending mm-hmm. is, like, very comforting and, like gives gives my time here meaning mm-hmm. in a way that like yeah living forever would i'm i'm sure that i would find things to do uh-huh. i would i would like live my life differently mm-hmm. but as i am now the idea of living forever is terrifying uh-huh the the amount of things that i want to do that i will never be able to finish is both what keeps me functional and also what makes me deeply upset that i have to die mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, I have no plans to die, by the way. I am not going to. I simply choose not to uh, participate in the cycle of life and death. 
Welcome to what is inexplicably the most uh, introspective episode of Fate Moon Archive we've it's ever extremely, made. We've done some. We've been very introspective before, but this one's really getting there. Okay. It, to be fair, the end of this route is like does bring up a lot of this. Yes. In interesting ways uh-huh. that I really like. So. Okay. Uh, Shiro has let basically let slip that he's seeing Saber's memories, and she did not know that. Uh, Wait, and did she not? She did not. This is where she finds that out. Right, I guess. Like, she has been seeing his. Yes. So it kind of makes sense that she should know, but uh-huh. I guess she didn't, she didn't have confirmation. She like, didn't the other way around, yeah. Um, and then the warning bells go off. Someone's intruding in the house. Or someone's intruding on the ground. Shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> uh-huh. Who what would the ever fuck? intrude on the grounds? Well, who would ever intrude on the grounds? It's uh, the most fun party boys we've ever seen. A bunch of headless skeleton guys. <laughs> the boys are here, The ben. boys are back in town, and they're going to crack open a cold one. Shiro. I think Shiro's... I almost said Shiro's hot, and I meant temperature-wise. Dear listener, I want you to know. Oh, fan. Shiro might be a little hot. <laughs> oh, no. Holy shit. I'm having an existential crisis right now. Um, I don't... He's, he's like a little bit, dear listener, I'm a lesbian. I will, I like girls. Like many like lesbians. people. Like many I lesbians, like, plenty of anime boys qualify for you. Some anime boys qualify. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shiro is like right on that line of like, I think Shiro's one night stand, not dating material. Oh, he has a boy wife. He would probably cook for you. Ooh. Yeah, okay, never mind. Keep him around just for the food. I, so, would, I would, like, yeah. I think it would be fun to, like, cook with Shiro. Uh-huh. Castor has bound a bunch of golems with uh, dragon's teeth, uh, and they are swarming the house, like 20, and that number keeps going up. Uh-huh. Um, we get a choice to let Saber run out and fight Castor uh, while we protect Rin and Ilya, or, other, or go with her. Um... I remembered correctly at this point that protect is a bad end. Yes. Uh, you want to talk about that bad end? Yeah, let's. Um, just real quick, the scene name for this bad end is Walpurgis Night, <laughs> which is fun. Is uh, There's some stuff later that I'm going to be like, uh, uh Madoka. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. This is apparently an actual real holiday. Yes. Um, yes, it is. That is... It's like a Germanic holiday. Yeah. That originally is a holiday for like uh kind of protecting against witches and demons and stuff but has also become a holiday for witches to like Mm -hmm. gather and do stuff it's a pagan holiday right so it's a pagan holiday that turns into a a christian thing being anti-magic i think and then like other way is it another way uh I believe that it was originally Christian. Um, yes. Um, because yeah, Saint Walpurga is where the name comes oh, from. Oh, that's interesting. Um, oh, but that's the thing. I think that they, it got adapted from older traditions. Uh, so the name of Walpurgis Night is a Christian thing, but it is it it was doing the thing that Christians love to do, which okay, is hijacking right, right, older. Right. Yes, it is suggested that Walpurgis Night. Is, this is reading off of Wikipedia, so you know, uh, is linked to older May Day festivals. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's a oh yeah, it's a May Day thing, right? Linked to Beltane and 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you have pagans like reclaiming it, so to speak. Yeah. So that's okay. comp- modern paganism is complicated, as is all religion. Yeah. I think it is like modern paganism is an interesting like it it is less problematic than just going and adopting other world religions yeah. that aren't Christianity, but oh. is yeah. So let's see. Say Shiro's like, okay, we're on the bad end now. <laughs> Shiro's like, Caster is the one servant that Saber absolutely can't lose against. She can handle it. Go, go, yeah. Saber, go take care of her. You have magic resistant out the ass, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes away. There's like a lot of skeletons around now. No one's come into the room. You hear Saber just like sending them flying, mm-hmm. like she's walking through a Dark Souls level with a mace. Uh huh. Um,. And then his command, then Shiro's command spell disappears. That's weird. Uh oh, that's really weird. Uh, C- Caster's signature disappears too, but the mm-hmm. skeletons do not. Mm. Uh, Saber comes back into the room. What happens? Uh, she has her like in pain sprite, which means that she's kind of like gripping her side. Um, and Shiro runs to her. Rin is like, "Wait a sec, you dumbass!" Uh, and then Shiro kills him. I mean, Saber kills Shiro. Saber, like, slices him in half, and he's like, what? Uh-huh. Yep. Dead end. Tiger Dojo. The lights are off, and there's the little, like, cartoon Saber, uh, sitting with, with the, on her knees. You know what I the, mean? Like, like Seiza. Seiza, traditional Japanese. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, in the background, and Taiga and Ilya pop up, and are like, oh, Saber, how could you do it? Uh-huh. Everyone, the Saber's theme song is Ever Prevent Memory is her theme song, right? Uh, I think it is a general, like. Sad music? Sad music. Okay, it comes up a lot when Saber specifically is being sad, but that It is sense. going to come up a lot when other characters are being okay, sad okay. in other routes, but. The sad music is playing. Uh, <laughs> Ilya's, like, trying to be enthusiastic. They're both like, who could have done this? And, like, a spotlight comes up over Saber for a second. <laughs> Uh, they make fun of Saber for a while, and then Saber gets on a big, big lion or something like that. And eats them? And eats them. Yep. 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 Uh, Taiga did tell us not to let our good positioning get to our head. Ilya, yeah, Ilya almost gives us a hint for the next Tiger Dojo, and then Taiga's like, wait a sec, no, uh-huh. stop. Back to, uh, the fight. Shiro's go like, okay, Saber. we're gonna, um, we're gonna go together. Rin can protect Ilya. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go out. We get like 50 skeletons on screen. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. I love these guys. They're just kind of like doing different poses. They've got so swords that look like they're made out of the same bone that yeah. they're made out of. They make fun bone rattling noises. They make bone rattling noises. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. Rattling noises. Rattling. <laughs> rattling. Their heads are interesting because they have no... They have the like the bottom half of the face, but in a way that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Of the jaw. They're fun guys. Yeah, they're fun. They don't have the top half. Yeah. Uh, very sharp skeletons. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Saber uh, is about to NP to kill them all, which is seems like a waste. And also she's inside Shiro's home? Inside? Yeah. He stops her from leveling the house. They run towards the obvious trap that Castor has set for them. Um... We get another choice to uh, uh, let Saber go it alone, or trust, or like trust that Rin can handle it herself. I think that this leads to the bad end, the same bad end. Yeah, right. Uh, it is also uh, 
Ilya and or Taiga, I don't remember exactly who said it, but literally just said, hey, Saber's trying to show off and fell into a trap. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't think leaving her alone here is going to change anything. Caster has a cool, like, fade-in shadow form thing going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's, like, fucking her... She's, like... She is having fun. Caster's having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no master nearby. Uh, Lancer was also kind of operating on his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Caster's like, no, 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 no. My, my master isn't somewhere else. I killed him. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, she's been, uh, part of the reason that she's been gathering souls on such a high level is because she's using it to keep herself in the world after having killed her master, is mm-hmm. what she says. Um, Saber's like, you threw away your pride by slaying your master. And Castor's like, is it really, is pride really serving a human? Is yeah. that pride? Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it's a fun bit about like, okay, which is worse uh, to get the grail, do you serve humans uh-huh. or do you kill your master? Which is which is the, the more honorable? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say serving humans isn't that bad. Uh-huh. Depends but, on your perspective. Yeah. Caster doesn't like serving anyone. No. Wonder who she is. We'll get we'll get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure she has some reason for not being uh, a fan of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say. Saber is going to go run at Caster, and he's like, wait, 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 something bad is going to happen if I let that happen. Um, Saber runs in, Caster says something in something, uh, it sounds like she says Atlas, <laughs> but it's like the language, I don't know. I heard Aegis. Aegis but... is also. Uh-huh. Uh, she's trapped by a barrier of air, mm-hmm. and Sa- Shiro's like, whoa, the- a spell that affects Saber even. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Um, it is it is worth noting that in in canon it is an ancient language that no one speaks anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's the, not that's the thing. it's not a real world. Uh-huh. It's not something that we can like go translate because it's a that's a. D- do they make those exist. glyphs then? Um, I wonder. Uh-huh. So Saber's floating in air, Jello. Um, Caster's like, oh, you you got so used to how much modern mages suck that you uh, were not prepared for a mage from the Age of Gods. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But turns out Saber is actually prepared yeah, for magic yeah. in the Age of she Gods. She just, like, peels her way out of it, you know what uh-huh. I mean? And starts running at Caster again. And we can, again, tell Saber to back off or and warn her, say that's a trap, or let her go. Well, Ben, we haven't seen how Saber got trapped last time. So we shouldn't say anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is another bad end that's different from the other one, but the same basic thing happens. Yeah. It's just that we get to see it happening. We get to see it As happen. opposed to last time, it was like, oh, Shiro's inside and didn't actually see what happened. Uh, Saber gets stabbed in the chest by a weird zigzag sword. Huh. Yeah, she, like, something trips her, basically, and Caster stabs her in the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, we get, like, a half-faded CG because they're saving the real CG for the actual route. Mm-hmm. Um, Saber's not hurt by this. Uh-huh. Uh, Caster's doing a fun pose where she's, like, posing with her dagger, <laughs> all wrapped up in her cape. It's very cool. Um, this is Caster's noble phantasm. Mm-hmm. It's the weakest weapon that cannot kill even one human nor create anything, but it is an indulgence from the age of gods that has forgiven anything for one purpose. What does that mean? That's a good question. It's a weird sentence. 
Uh, Saber tells Shiro to run as Shiro's command spells fade off of his hand. Yeah. Why? Yeah, it, we'll, we'll we'll get to that eventually. I yeah, it's worth noting. I don't. I we see casters caster use this dagger in the future. It works different. It works differently. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Which is like it's fine for it to work this way yeah. in this route, but it is just very interesting that it does show up again in the future and works entirely differently. Um, caster's like, oh, this is going great. I'm here. I got saber. I'm gonna go pick up the mage and the vessel. What mm-hmm. the vessel? Hmm. Um, she says, "Stand up, saber. Even if the gods punish you, I will forgive you." In like a sexy voice. And uh, saber stalks over to Shiro and kills him. Yep, walking like a puppet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Swings her sword down with eyes like she's having a nightmare. Great. Great. Uh huh. Um. Oh, and. Caster specifically made Saber do it to get back at Saber for insulting her over killing her master. She was like, "Well, now we're even, aren't we?" Uh huh. Um, that's a good. This is a fun one. This is yeah, a fun one. Yeah. Um. Oh. Right. Caster has mind control powers, though. It seems like that's Something interesting. Like that. Tiger Dojo Ten. Tiger and Ilya have come out. We're in hiding. Apparently, uh-huh. I love when the Tiger Dojos are like. Ha- happening while stuff is happening. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh, Ilya got bit by a skeleton. Uh-huh. <laughs> she said. This time, Saber's lo- Saber doesn't feel like it's entirely her fault, so uh-huh. she's not here uh, being sorry. Mm-hmm. Ilya says that this is the last tricky choice, so we should be able to get through the rest of the game without ending up in any more dojos. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more tiger dojos. There are how many? Three? Four? There are really four more? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's only one more enemy being introduced, according mm-hmm. to Ilya, and then, yeah, the Tiger Dojo ends. Little menu meat. Oh, the, the like, Tiger Dojo feeder thing that happens if you click on the meat in uh, the enemy oh, list. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We'll, t- I, we'll talk about that at some point. We don't need to talk about it now. Okay. So, Saber is walking into a trap, despite the fact that she has a skill called Battle Intuition that lets her predict the future in order not to make mistakes like this. Because mm-hmm. uh, the mistake is that a bunch of skeletons pop out of the ground and grab her ankles, which is a very Scooby-Doo way for this to go, I feel uh-huh. like. Well, it is, It is uh, as I think Ilya said, um, it is in a Tiger Dojo. It is Saber, like, trying to show off. Yeah, she's being she's like, oh, I don't need to care because I'm cool and I'm going to show you how cool I yeah. am. Um, Let's see. Caster runs in to do her thing. Shiro jumps in the way and gets stabbed in the back instead. Mm-hmm. Um, He feels like a cell phone is being shoved into his wound is the Oof. wording. That's really weird. What does that mean? Is it as big as a cell phone or is it like Wi-Fi? What do you, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, Caster is annoyed that it didn't work. Um, and she's like, well, I'll kill Shiro if you don't do what I say, Saber. So Saber agrees to hear her out. Caster wants to team up to fight Lancer. Assassin's gone. It seemed like her and Assassin were working together. She's like, well, he's dead or something. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. 
Um, but yeah, Castor wants to use Saber's Noble Phantasm. And Saber's like, I'm the only one who can use this Noble Phantasm. And Castor's like, great, so I'm going to keep you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Castor's very flirty, I would yeah. say, to Saber. Uh-huh. Ba- bad flirty. Because <laughs> Saber's not interested. She's like, she's like a bad guy, like someone trying to pick you up at a bar who's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, what happens as this like intractable problem is occurring? Uh, How does the situation change? A rain of arrows kills all the skeletons. What? And hey, Ben, there's a golden man here. There's a golden guy here. He's arrived to kill Caster. <laughs> I guess this is pretty funny to me. Caster, we just got Caster finally. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, she is killed almost immediately by a guy who calls her a mongrel. This feels like uh, Caster's Caster's introduction here feels like, and we will see more of her in the future. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird tease. Uh, yeah, she gets machine gunned to death by a bunch of swords, uh-huh. basically, and like there's like a wistful moment of her cape floating away, but it turns out she turned into a bat. Uh huh. <laughs> and like she gets gunned out of the sky too. <laughs> um yeah she's a she's also got a high regeneration ability but she just gets torn to pieces Mm -hmm. uh shiro notes that every single sword is a noble phantasm that's that's a weird weird. thing to say um what does that mean this is the thing again of like noble phantasm meaning two different things it's both a finishing move and an object Mm mm-hmm We'll get more insight onto what exactly. Yeah. Who's this guy? I know who this guy is. I know who this guy is. We don't know who this guy is. No. Uh, he's like, I'm the, like, super king of everything, pretty much, so I'm gonna keep Saber. I consider Saber to be a possession of mine, mm-hmm. is pretty much what he says. Just kind of... Again, he's doing this fun thing where uh, he's here to make everyone else look less sexist and awful by comparison by being the worst guy trying to pick you up at a bar. Uh-huh. Like, he makes Castor not look so bad. <laughs> yep. He makes Shiro not look so bad. Uh, Saber knows him, and he knows Saber. He's from the last Holy Grail War ten years ago, and apparently he proposed to Saber. How is he still here? How is he still here? I'd be willing to bet it has something to do with eating souls. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Ilya and Ren come out. Ilya's like, what the fuck is that guy? She's very mad. She knows about all of the servants, apparently. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. But she's very upset to, to see one she doesn't know. I think we'll find out this route why she knows. Ilya shoots a magic bolt at him, and he, like, deflects it. He, he parries her magic bolt, and she almost gets killed by it. Uh-huh. Um... Rin protects uh, her from it. Uh, this I guy... Rin and Ilya getting along. Yeah, yeah, it's good. The guy calls Ilya it and a strange hybrid and something about it being different than last time. Mm. He calls her the fifth one and then uh, Ilya faints. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the last time we'll see Ilya aw- awake for a while. Yeah. Saber calls this guy Archer. And asks I mean, why he's he still here. He did fire a bunch of arrows. They were swords, though. But, like, they... He fired them. He didn't, like, hold We're gonna them. get into the, like, fun ways that people are the class that they are later. Uh-huh. 
new archer is like, I'm here to pick up my grail, chump. Is that N-U? Yes, <laughs> it should be. Uh, let's see. Uh, Shiro's house is kind of a wreck. He leaves saying that he wants to have a, a better showdown somewhere else. Uh, we get some wise up facts. Caster. Really interesting. Yeah. Caster apparently as like Caster the class, um, has an ability that allows them to make a fake immortality serum well see they have an alchemy skill built in i guess and hers is high enough because she is actually good at that that she can make an immortality serum but it's a fake one which is very (laughs) funny how hard is it to make a fake immortality serum i think it's pretty easy i think you just put mercury in a jar (laughs) oh and also yeah we get the thing about there is an extinct language that you can speak extra fast, which lets you do incantations faster than modern humans can. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. here's the interesting thing there is that modern humans could not learn this language because they cannot speak it fast enough to say huh. it. Yeah. Which is fun. Uh, also, New Archer is chaotic good alignment. Huh. Oh, and the huh. weapons menu is full of random new swords. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, like this. Not you, Caster's dagger. Yeah, not even Caster's dagger as unidentified dagger. Oh yeah, uh huh. She's barely around enough for it to register. So we have all this information about random swords that the that new archer used, but um, not all of them. He used a lot more swords than like the three or four that show up. Yeah, it's a very funny like. Oh, I get the bit uh, you're going for. Shiro recognizes every sword. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> Later on, the team is licking their wounds. Um, Rin is again freaked out about Shiro's healing power. He his spinal cord was severed by that dagger and has come back together. Did we say he that that he jumped in front of Saber yes, to did. protect her? Okay. He got stabbed. In the I back. zoned out for a sec. Uh, Rin's like, "Are you a vampire?" Are you from some place where people can only be killed by decapitation? <laughs> and Shiro's like, the the worst part is, Tosaka is seriously considering that. She might come after my neck one day with an axe <laughs> in hand. <laughs> Saber's like, wait, 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 wait. I thought Shiro just healed. I thought that was just how Shiro's were. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not, I don't, I can't heal as fast as Shiro. It's not me doing this. Mm-hmm. It's something innate to him. She's kind of freaked out by this. Uh, she also, she's like, I, I'm not sending him any energy, so I don't know where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. But uh, whatever she's thinking, she keeps it quiet. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the golden boy. Oh, um, I refuse. <laughs> Saber had a fight with him in a sea of fire, uh, which I can guess which sea of fire that was. Shoutouts to Sniper Serpent's boyfriend finally showing up, by the way. <laughs> Friend of the show. Um, Saber couldn't beat him last time, even mm-hmm. when she was fully powered and was not a botched summon. Uh, which <laughs> makes Shiro real nervous. Yeah. Rin assumes that he must have won the last Grail War. New Archer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and... I mean, it does make sense because he's still around. Yeah. Rin is like, well, this is good, actually, because we all want Saber to stay, and the fact that a servant is still here means that Saber can stay. Mm-hmm. 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 That's exciting. Uh, but they never figured out who he is. Mm-hmm. She, Saber never figured it out. And she says that uh, he has too many noble phantasms to make sense of. Shiro identifies all of them. 
Um, but they're from all over the world. It makes no sense. Yeah. There's even, he was using gay bulk, Lancer's spear. Yeah, but Lancer has gay bulk. Yeah. Uh, Rin's like, oh, so he's making a bunch of counterfeits. And Shiro's like, no, I could tell the difference between the real thing and the fake thing. Those were all real. There's, yeah, there's, there's a fun little bit here about, um, the difference between real and fake. Um, and the difference is that real things kind of hold their conception in them or uh-huh. all things hold in them, uh, the conception or the way it's said is, uh, conception dwells in superior weapons, uh, which is interesting because it makes it sound like, or right. Okay. And then missing from things that just imitate them in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes it sound like it would be possible to project a real noble phantasm mm-hmm. as long as that was a noble phantasm that didn't exist, hmm. <laughs> which is like a little bit of a contradiction, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's an interesting like, oh, the way something is created really matters yeah. or, or the concept of it really yeah. matters and uh, real quote-unquote real things yeah. hold hold their creation in them yes which is fun like uh carrying their death with them <laughs> yeah so um yeah he says that both lancer and new archers gable were the real deal and he says in fact everything else kind of feels fake compared to new archers version. that's an interesting way to phrase that uh-huh that's weird um saber one uh was proposed to by, by new archer mm-hmm. rin teases her about it mm-hmm. and rin has also picked up on the fact that they, the two of them are like having their fall in love stuff go on so rin is mercilessly tearing into them for it it's very good rin does not get much screen time no but... i miss rin yeah my problem with nasu uh-huh. is that he's like so I heard you wanted a route for this girl. What if instead it was someone else's route? Uh huh. What if Shiro Rip got two routes? Uh, Shiro's like, "Hey, Saber, so would you want to move in on a permanent basis? Like, stay here instead of uh scrubbing your name from history and vanishing forever?" And Saber's like, "No, no, 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 no. The Grail was destroyed in the last war. I destroyed it, and that can't be why." new archer has a body and also i don't want to stay anywhere mm-hmm. what why did why why did you destroy the grail wasn't that her whole thing uh emiya kuritsugu ordered her with his last commands her previous master shiro's dear old dad made oh. her destroy the grail before she could get it i can't remember if we've mentioned this before we definitely have off mic. No, I don't think we um, have. Because Saber okay. didn't mention it either, because she thought it would, since servants are not supposed to have memories, she thought it would be unfair to share that much <laughs> of her previous memories. Uh-huh. And she didn't want to spoil Shiro's image of his father, because the Kiritsugo she knew was an asshole. Yeah. He was a real, like, mage-ass mage. Only interested in his own, like, goals. Yep. Killed anyone who got in his way. Yep. He talked to Saber three times through, throughout the war, and she's like, you want to guess what, what those three <laughs> times were? Each time he used a command spell to order her to do something. Yep. She says that he lacked human emotions and treated both himself and her as tools. No self-awareness on this girl. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's very fun that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of this route 
um in particular it does a lot of like setting up parallels yeah and i love i love saber being like yeah damn he did everything that i did except it's bad when he did it yeah, uh-huh so Shira's like, is that why I summoned you? Because my connection to him. And she's like, no, it has nothing to do with him. He had a relic that mm-hmm. of mine that was exca- excavated from Cornwall. And that's how he summoned me. He was hired to win the war for a powerful mage family. So she's like, I don't really know what's up. But there's a grail here. I can smell it. I've got grail sense. Uh, and Shira's like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to Kotamine. He does not say that out loud because he's going to do it alone. Yep. Kotomine Totomine. <laughs> <laughs> or Toto, yeah, Tototime. <laughs> That's a mouthful. It is, isn't it? Kotomine is fun to say. I like Kotomine's name. Kotomine. Kotomine. So. Kotomine has great mouthfeel. Hmm. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Shiro sneaks out of bed while Saber is sleeping so that he can go to the church alone. He's like, wow, the town's more fucked up and evil than it used to be. <laughs> uh, we get an interesting fact. Did you know that if he had not been adopted by Kiritsugu, he would have gone to the church to be fostered? That seems fine. I would love to have Kotamine as my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Kotamine has great mouthfeel. <laughs> Cut to one minute later. I would love to have Kotamine as my dad. <laughs> oh, this is gold, fan. I don't mean... Shout out to all the priests I called dad once. Um, I have never called a priest dad. Um, I didn't mean either of those statements the way that Ben made them sound. Oh, yes. It's just very funny. I'm Kotamine sorry. is not daddy is what I'm no. saying. He's daddy to someone. Is he? Right in if Kotamine is daddy. <laughs> um, stop listening to us. I don't want to know you. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're This is a Kotamine appreciation zone. Sort of. Yeah. He's a great character. Mm-hmm. He's a stinky bastard, man. Yeah. But he's a great guy. Very fun to be around. Anyway. Shiro wanders into the church. Kotamine is being a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, do you want to come into a spooky back room with me with no witnesses and no windows? Shiro's like, oh, I would love that. Let's go. Uh, there's a pretty courtyard indoor yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. And then we end up in Kotamine's uh, wine stinking uh, back room, which is very funny. Yep. I Kotamine is just getting drunk on communion wine in the back <laughs> room is very funny. Uh-huh. On the sacramental wine. Oh, you love to see it. Jiro's like, God, I must really like wine. Uh, let's see. Shiro is having a real hard time with this. Uh, and it's like, starts giving him all of the juice. He's mm-hmm. like, Shiro, Saber told me about the last war. Kotamina's like, she shouldn't know about that. That's fucked up. He gets this big wide-eyed spray. Um, and we, the, he, they talk about what happens to servants and how servants work and like keeping servants here. Um, Kotamina is like the dead don't get to come back to life, but like here they are. I don't know. They eat food. They're here. Mm-hmm. Um, Saber can't redo fights. She's already done. So if she loses a Holy Grail war. She can't right. go back into it. She can't compete uh-huh. in it twice. She can't be multiple. We should get 
uh, spinoff that is a Holy Grail War with all sabers. Oh, bad. I think that would be really incredible. Um, Kotamina does say that giving Saber a human lifespan again should be easy enough for the Grail. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we do get that the Grail is supplementing magical energy from the servants all the time. Mm-hmm. He says that outright. Mm. So he's like, you're giving like one part energy and the Grail is giving five or something yeah. like that. Because so once the Grail is done, even if Saber wins to the end. Once the Grail is done, it stops providing that extra energy, and you would get sucked dry instantly trying to keep her here. Yeah. It would be impossible. Unless, unless you have them, you know... Soul eat. Yeah. Go to town on some souls. Uh-huh. So, he's like, what Saber needs to do to stay here is drink the water of the Holy Grail. Sip that sweet, sweet I thought grail the Grail juice. received the blood of Christ, so wouldn't it be full of blood? Well, I think it's like you put water in the grail. You don't... It's not still got the blood in it. No. It, it is a cup. Uh-huh. And if you want to uh, make a servant live, you, you put some water in there and it becomes holy water and then the grail drinks it. Or it's, the servant drinks it. And the servant drinks it instead of a wish, he says. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Or maybe or maybe it's just kind of like a, like a grail's... like. Uh, kind of a gold layer over some chocolate and the, the servant just has to kind of yeah. hum. So this... Uh, I, real quick. Yes. I That did put me in mind of uh, every church just kind of having a little bit of Jesus that they can just squeeze over a grail. <laughs> <laughs> Time to make the grail wine. Jeez. Well, they can. It's magic. It's a uh, transubstantiation. Mm. They summon a piece of Jesus and then squeeze it into the water. Mm. Um. So if she drinks the the water from the Grail, she'll become a. She'll gain a regular body. And mm-hmm. She'll be. She will not stop being his familiar. She will become like a stabilized familiar mm. who won't take as much energy to keep in the world, and uh, she'll live as long as he does. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is. This is an interesting question about, uh, hey, real quick, Ben. Yeah. Does Saber already not take as much energy as other servants? Because she's still alive? Yeah. Because she's, she's more physical than other servants. Maybe. It's interesting that she's not getting any energy from the Grail either. It's like the Grail is waiting for you to put up the energy before it gives her any. Yeah. Uh-huh. Stint. Or or it's that the Grail is covering the cost of her existing. No, because he's not able to give very much yeah. at all. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, so Shiro's not satisfied with her being his pet forever. He's like, I want her to have be independent and have a full life. Mm-hmm. 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 And yeah, Shiro's like, wait, I want to know. I need to know more about the Grail. And Kotamina's like, well, you didn't even want the Grail in the first place, so I don't know why I'm answering your questions. And Shiro's like. Come on, dude, I clearly have a thing right now. Uh, let's see. Kotamine says that uh, the grail that was destroyed was just the vessel mm-hmm. for the real grail. And yeah. so he just, they've the preparer prepared another. Yeah. I.e., there was a gold cup uh, mm-hmm. that got destroyed, and so I made another gold cup. Not him. Important. Or the preparer. Oh, We sorry. get that just now. Uh, yeah, he's like... So the Grail isn't actually based on the Grail. It's just a, the word we use for it. It's based on an old pot. Uh huh. A magic pot passed down from ancient times. A jar that exists in Utopia. What this is all really weird. Mean, but... 
Three families came together to recreate said magic pot. <laughs> the Einsburns, the Tosaka, and the Makiri. Who are the Makiri? I don't know the Makiri. I know. I know. But, I know. okay. We we have not heard that name and yeah. won't for a while, I think. 200 years ago, uh, they succeeded in creating a vessel strong enough to summon the real cup from Utopia, mm-hmm. is what it says. Uh, he says the Einsburn family is connected to something called Das Rheingold. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Yo, you didn't look that up? No. Neither did I. I meant to, and then completely it's some, blank. It's something. Some magic gold, probably. I don't know. So they were in charge of manufacturing the vessel for the grail, the cup. Mm-hmm. Tosaka gave them the land to hold the ritual on, because they owned this this region. And the system to model the servants, which is interesting. Uh, and then the Makiri. What did the Makiri provide? It's a Wagner. Or Wagner opera. Oh. Weird. Uh, we'll look into that at some point. I'm sure it'll come up again. Yeah. So, everyone brought something to the party. What did the Makiri bring? Um, what did... Wait, where are we? Sorry, I'm... Ooh. Okay. The Makiri brought a oh, powerful... right! The Makiri brought the command spells. Yes. He describes it as a powerful curse, which is very funny. Uh-huh. But yes, Makiri invented the command spells because they were good at binding familiars. Mm-hmm. So they succeeded. They summoned the Holy Grail, and then all of them killed each other Yep, over it because <laughs> they couldn't agree on actually using it. Mm-hmm. So the next time they were like, okay, let's formalize this killing each other into a Holy Grail war mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to keep it fair. Yeah. Because no one got it the first time. Mm-hmm. Kiritsugu was hired to be the Einsburn's master and then betrayed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why it's Ilya this time. Yes. Yeah, they did not hire someone else. They used Ilya. Uh, he says that Ilya has the grail already. Shiro's like, she didn't have anything with her. She didn't have any possessions. That's mm-hmm. weird. Shiro's really hung up on the grail being a physical object. <laughs> and then Shiro's like, so what about New Archer? We get a and really fun and funky Kotomine surprise sprite. Eyes He did this wide a open. couple times. It's a very good one. So Kotomine's like, well, he must just have been eating souls or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And Kotomine's like, he must have been hiding himself all this time. So either his master or a different mage must have been helping him hide. <laughs> and he says that old makiri has already retired old man makiri down by the quarry has already retired so it couldn't be him mm-hmm. uh famous last words mm-hmm. and he's like okay this seems like interference to me i'll look into it this rogue servant you focus on lancer is lancer the only one left Okay. Archer died Unless to an Assassin is actually still alive, but that seems unlikely. Archer died to Berserker. Assassin probably disappeared. I I think he said that Caster summoned him. No, uh, he did not say outright. Did he not? No, he was very dodgy about it. Okay. Anyway. Assassin's not an issue. Assassin's no Caster's he said, dead. he said he couldn't leave that place, so yeah. like not an issue. Caster just died. Um uh Zerker. rider rider got rider. killed by who saber saber killed saber rider. and then berserker got killed by uh saber mm-hmm. yeah okay not so many left saber and lancer left what, before Sa- shiro goes kodamina's like remember 
Make her drink the water from the grail. Come on. Take a sip. Use your last command spell to force her to do it. Hmm. That seems bad. A little sketchy. Shiro doesn't like this. He leaves. Shiro has some knowledge of consent, uh -huh. actually. Shiro... Don't make your girlfriend drink grail water without... Can you put the grail through consent. of dishwasher first, or will that use all the magic up? I bet you could dishwash a grail. Would all of that water go into the system with grail magic, though? I think it is it is the pro like it is the water residing in the grail that makes it holy. So once it gets out of the grail, it's no longer. It's back to normal water. You can't pour it in a cup. No. So you could dishwash the grail is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you think it fits in the bottom rack or is it too big for that? Ooh. I wonder. I hope it I hope it fits in the bottom rack cuz much more gold than that and it would be like it would be way too heavy to hold. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Shiro walks home feeling very emo. He's like, I'm in love with Saber. Oh, he's like, I like Saber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rin greets him when he gets back. She drags him into his, her room. Um, his day never ended. Uh-huh. She's like, well, you went to the church, right? And they talk about that. Rin has a suspicion that her archer was a knight who knew Saber in life. Mm. And uh, Shiro's like, why wouldn't Saber recognize him then? And she's like, well, Saber had like a million knights. Like, why would she recognize every single one? It could have He could have been someone who looked up to her that she did not know. And Shiro's like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the thing. And Rin's like, what if he was one of the traitor knights? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she just didn't want to acknowledge knowing him because she's mad at him mm. or something like that. She she then asks Shiro what he's planning on doing next, and he's like, I'm going to ask Saber on a date. <laughs> it's really cute. It's very funny. She starts, like, cackling. I love Rin. Rin's voice actor is very good. Uh -huh. She's just, like, giggling and, like, is like, oh, you have my blessing, you fucking loser. <laughs> <sighs> I am glad that we did get a Saber date. I think the date, I was excited for the date. It was a little underwhelming. But I like the idea of there being a date in the middle of this. I feel like Shiro and Rin are not going to work at all. That's my theory. I feel like... Dear listener, stay tuned for exactly how well Shiro and Rin... I feel like they have the kind of relationship where it would be like, oh, we got together in high school, we got married, and we had a really bitter divorce five years later. Yeah. Neither of us Mar ever really got married. Had a kid yeah. to try to solve our issues, and that did not work. Uh huh. And, and Rin left him with the kid and disappeared. Yeah. Uh huh. She went out for milk one day and just never yeah, came pretty back. much is exactly what Rin, Rin would be like. I'm going out for cigarettes. I'll be back. Rin, she went out for gems one day and just that was the last we saw of her. She left all her stuff behind except the gems. <laughs> <laughs> she did come back for the gem. She broke into the house after disappearing and stole all her gems back. That's the end of day 13. It's the end of day 13. February 14th. 14. <laughs> Moonlight 1. We're not going to get a Moonlight 2 on this route. Oh, do we not? No. That's fun. I like that.
still serially uninteresting day titles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last, the day 15 title I like, but it's not very exciting. 15. I don't like it because it's cool. Oh. I like it because the implication is cool. Yeah. It, day 15 title has some fun, like, callbacks in the day. Yeah. Uh, most of the day titles, all of them actually so far, real bummer. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ben? Saber doesn't know what a date is. Yeah, Shiro slept in the shed again. And then uh, Shiro also barely knows what a date is. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Shiro slept in the, sh- in the shed. Or he was in the shed all night and barely slept. Because he was cause... trying to think of date ideas. What would Saber like? Yeah. What would you bring Saber on a date to do? Let's see. What wouldn't I bring Saber on a date to do? I think a food tour. Of yeah, some yeah. Like I think aquarium, mm. prototypical Yuri date aquarium. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be very funny to go to a British history museum. Oh my god! <laughs> um, <laughs> or like, Do, or like, does Japan have medieval those, like... times? <laughs> <laughs> does Japan have those like weird like British style pubs that British people look at and are like, "What the fuck is this?" I don't know. Um. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's like, important to me to note that like it's very funny to me that Saber likes English tea that comes up today mm-hmm. when she would never have had English tea. Yeah, that comes a lot later. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I guess in, like British people are predisposed to liking English <laughs> tea, like racially speaking, <laughs> is the only explanation for that, or it's coincidence. I. It could be either. Nasu may not have really thought through the fact that there is no tea in Britain natively. Uh-huh. Uh, especially not, like, 5th century Britain. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I, looked it, I looked it up. I have dates when, uh, in, like, that tea was introduced uh, later in this file. Okay, so. cool. Um, I think start off with, like, a nice cafe for breakfast. Yeah. Uh, walking through a park. Um, just kind of, you know, like having a nice stroll. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like a nice Saturday morning. I'm imagining. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, where's lunch? I think a steakhouse is probably dinner. Mm. So something, something like light for lunch, mm-hmm. maybe like, like, a um, not like fair food, but like, like, oh yeah, we grabbed like pupusas, um, from like a stall. Let me. Oh, you stop at like a food truck for lunch. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Saber would like love a... food truck food. Yeah, I feel like Saber would really go to town on a chili dog. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then afternoon is an aquarium, mm-hmm. and we see the like the fun penguin show. Ooh, yeah. Um, and then go to a steakhouse for dinner. This is a very expensive day. Yeah. Uh, but it's for Saber. But it's all food. Is <laughs> food is food is ninety percent of the money that we spent this day. Uh-huh. Um, nice steakhouse, and then like head home and just like relax, mm-hmm. have a nice relaxing evening, watch a movie, something. Yeah, uh-huh. curl up on the couch together. Shiro doesn't have so many ideas, so he's a little worried about that. So he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna win her." What? Actually, add add into the morning before lunch a build a bear workshop. Oh yeah, Saber would build a bear. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Do they do lions? I know that I'm they sure do they things do aside now, from yeah. bears, but like 
probably depends on the time of day you get there. Mm. Or more like the time of whether or not they've got lions now, mm-hmm. you know. So Shiro's plan is like, I'll bring her to a bunch of cute stores, I guess, and win her over with the power of capitalism. Modern capitalism. It does not work. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Ilya is still out. Mm. She is still unconscious. Uh, Rin is still laughing at them about this date that they're going to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saver, yeah, does not understand what the word date is. She tells him not to use technical vocabulary and just to say what he it's means. so funny. Uh-huh. Say, Rin is being peanut gallery this whole time that he's trying to explain it, and then she <laughs> finally gets fed up and is like, it's like a dating, it's like a romance thing, uh-huh. Saber. And Saber's like, what, what, no, I don't want a romance. Rin does also say it's a rendezvous. Uh-huh. Uh, which, Shiro's like, no, 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 it's not that sexual. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Saber agrees to go because he's like, well, I'm going out no matter what you say. Mm-hmm. I'll go on a date with myself, which sounds horrible. Uh, Rin's like, bring me a souvenir. <laughs> I would say that Saber is a bad date, <laughs> is the problem. That's definitely part of it. Um, she's also in a bad mood, but I think Saber is by nature a bad date. I think she could get better at it, but I don't, I think that she is, she just isn't looking to have fun. She's a bad date in the same way I'm a bad date, which is to say... What do you do? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not, I'm not hard to please, but also... She just doesn't get why it's fun to do these things. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I am very much like a homebody. It's like, okay, well, okay, I I have told Ben repeatedly over and over again, I do want to go on a date to an aquarium. Yes. But... You're calling me out on this podcast to make me do it. For the most part, it's like, well... Okay, or we could be at home, yeah. like, curled up together. That uh-huh. sounds nice. Yeah. It's like, this. the obvious comparison point for me is the Arcweed date. And Arcweed mm-hmm. wants to go on a date because she's curious about these things. Saber is human and mm-hmm. is like, I'm really not interested in this. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the sprite of her looking somberly out the window mm. of of the bus that they're on. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. good close-up Sorry, Saber sprites. Not sprite. CG. CG. That's true. It change. I always get confused because when they change, I think sprite, but they're not. That's just yeah. CGs. the The difference between the two is um, not as much as you would think. I guess mm-hmm. it's really pretty. Uh huh. I love close up saber. saber. Uh oh. Part of the reason the saber is grumpy is that everyone's staring at her because mm-hmm. she's very distinctive. Uh, she's also, uh, mad at him for not planning anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Shiro, I said Saber's a bad date. Shiro is a bad date. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shiro's a worse date. The thing is, Saber and I are a bad date in the same way. Shiro is a bad date in that he, like, he brings you out and then is like, uh, so are you having fun yet? Yeah. Are you enjoying yourself? Shiro is a bad date in that he takes out a butch and brings her to a bunch of girly places and says, like, you feeling femme yet? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he does this, like, oh, it's all my fault that you're not having fun. Now you have to make me feel better because all of a sudden it's all about me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they go to some stores. They did a round of bowling, which I would really like to see Saber Bowl. Mm -hmm. Is she good at bowling? No. No, I don't think she's good at bowling either. She um, wants to, like, mount a horse and charge at the pins. Yes. Um, she keeps going over the line. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Because uh, she's a close-range fighter. Yeah. 
my bowling story sorry to completely derail this already very long episode uh-huh um my bowling story is uh i think so there was a candlepin bowling alley mm-hmm. in the, the i don't know what that means i'm about to explain okay that was nearest us i have gone real bowling like once or twice really but um i've been bowling an upsetting number of times i don't particularly like it i would do bowling i bowl i was going to say that and you're like i don't particularly like it i was like i guess not well no 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 no. it's not something i'd seek out but it's like a fun thing to do it's like mini golf do i like Mm. mini golf uh but would i do it every now and then for fun yeah Yeah. totally yeah maybe next time alexis visit yeah maybe um but so candle pin is smaller it's nine pins is normal bowling town probably it's the other one it's one more or one less than normal bowling and the balls are small enough that you can like fit them in your hand oh weird. you just kind of grab them you don't like put your fingers in them you just grab them and and you still roll them the same way they still go and hit pins mm-hmm. um but uh i once accidentally did not release it early enough and hit uh, the ceiling about three inches away from a sprinkler. Jesus Christ. And everyone was like, thank God you didn't hit that sprinkler and drown us all. Did I ever tell you about the time that I got uh, my all the kids banned uh, at my like uh, un- un- uncle's house from playing pool because I smashed a light with the little rake thing that you're supposed to use to like help aim your pool cue? That's very funny. Mm-hmm. Very bone core. I like was trying to use the rake as the pool cue, <laughs> which doesn't work very well. I figured that it had more surface area, so somehow it would be better. <laughs> I was having a hard time hitting. I didn't have good aim. So I was like, I need more surface area. And it like skidded and went woof. That's very funny. And the light exploded. And the best part is, no one ever caught me. Because the lights went out and the kids scattered. <laughs> No one knew who did it. <laughs> That's very funny. Shiro didn't want to go to the movie theater with Saber, I guess, because he was worried that like a train would come at the screen and she would start screaming or something like that. I think it would be nice to hold Saber's hand and watch a movie. Um, the <laughs> movies does is Saber like a real action flick kind of girl? Hmm. I feel like if you brought Saber to a thing where the stunts weren't like really high quality like fighting you oh, know what i mean she'd be insufferable she'd be is, like no that's not how it works is saber the person who just argues with random people that pro wrestling isn't real wrestling and gets really mad about it yeah saber would get so mad about that yeah i think she would like like real martial arts film where people are like really actually like doing good fighting i think she would appreciate it, but she would not like do you like, show her like one jackie chan film uh-huh and she's like I need all of these. Uh-huh. Just, like a Bruce Lee film, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but if you showed her, like, I don't know, whatever, I'm sure Marvel has a, like, Fist Fighter, like, movie or something like that, she would be miserable. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, now I just want to spend a bunch of time, like, watching Arthurian Legend uh, stuff with Saber. Mm-hmm. And she can point out, like, Oh, I knew that guy. Oh, wait, who's he supposed to be? Uh-huh. That never happened. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know if she would have fun with that. That's She'd be like, this King Arthur is better than me and would have been a better king. <laughs> oh, no! 
she would do, she would be really hard on herself because uh, of the like happy endings that those stories get. Yeah, I guess you could never watch anything with like a king who ends up with a happy whole kingdom. Because <laughs> you just like look over and it's like tears streaming down her face as the credits roll. She would un- she would like relate a little too much to an evil king who like destroys his kingdom in an attempt to like save it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? The vi- she would identify with a villain a little more than you want her to. Mm-hmm. He'd be like burning down a village to to save ten villages, and everyone would be like, "That's impossible." And she's like, "I get it." <laughs> anyway, 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 they don't go to an aquarium. Shiro wanted to, but he couldn't find one that's a very funny thing to say is like yeah i would would have gone to an aquarium if i could find one Mm -hmm. didn't realize that there wasn't one in this dingy town yeah uh uh-huh i have been led to believe i guess probably the actual thing is is that a lot of um manga takes place in tokyo that Mm. takes place in real japan but uh, an aquarium that everyone can go i have i have been led to believe that every town has an aquarium that is easily accessible the chicago aquarium the shed aquarium is really nice i like the shed Mm. Mm -hmm. i got uh kicked out of the shed once for having too many knives on me (laughs) i've heard mixed things about the new england aquarium in boston Mm -hmm. saber is miserable and she's like can we just go home and then it turns out she's mostly just hungry. She's yeah. a little miserable, but she's also hungry. I I totally understand the, like, being dragged around and not doing things that you're particularly interested in and being hungry just makes everything worse. Yeah. Uh, Shiro, uh, oh, they go to have lunch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rin suggested a place. It's, like, unnervingly fancy, and so mm-hmm. they can barely eat anything there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, the 18th century. The tea that is called English tea was introduced to Britain in the 18th century. So 1,200 years after, after Saver's Saver. death. Or, th- wait, 1,300? But 1300 not only years. does she like English tea, she likes English tea enough to be able to distinguish that t- Shiro's English tea tea bags that he had on hand are bad, and she would rather have good English tea. Uh-huh. It must be genetic for Nasu. Um... Yeah. Just like boys live in, in, wait, boys live in Japanese, uh, yes. mansions and girls live in Western style mansions. Yes, yes, yes. Uh huh. It is equally true that British people are genetically predisposed <laughs> to being super tasters for English uh-huh. tea. And poor cooks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just, that's just true, man. Oh, wow. Line in the sand. Uh, Shiro. Every time you think he's sh- shut the fuck up, he opens his mouth again and says that Saber, she's just not suited to hold a sword. Because mm-hmm. she is a woman, after all. Mm-hmm. No matter how good she is as a swordsman, she should just be a woman first. You know what I mean? Very annoying every time he does it. He w- he does not... He kind of stops by the end of this route, but it's less that he... It's less that he has any sort of reckoning with that impulse and more that it just ends. Mm-hmm. Tomino nodding and taking notes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Or really, Nasu watching Gundam nodding and taking notes. <laughs> Does Nasu know Gundam? Do we I don't know. know. It, um, those two creators are not alone in being sexist. Sexist. Although I think, yeah, Nasu's better than he could be, but he definitely is a bit of a traditionalist with gender lines sometimes. Which yeah, is, I think it is. 
it is i said earlier like hey there's you could take rin's comments as just her opinion this is based on nesu's other work this is definitely like shiro is this character I think it's partly that and partly that Nasu is a little conservative with this stuff sometimes. Because Shiki did this too, to a much lower extent. There's yeah. just, Nasu does interesting stuff with gender, but sometimes he just falls back into this mode of like, well, you know, it's like boys and girls. Everyone knows how boys and girls work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh-huh. it, it will be interesting he is to a, talk a lo- about Rin. Because mm. I don't think that Shiro does much of this at all no. with I I think it's more of like a a thing that slips in sometimes and like he's usually doing a pretty good job of just treating women like humans Mm -hmm. Uh, so when it does come up I'm like ooh ooh. but it's Mm. yeah Shiro's been particularly bad about it Shiro finally scores a point by bringing Saber into a stuffed animal shop yes yes Um, the whole shop is filled of women exclusively no men all glaring at Shiro (laughs) This is fascinating. I, has Shiro somehow stumbled into, like, a lesbians-only stuffed animal shop? Because, like, men go into stores like this, too, to, even in the most traditional sense, to, like, get gifts for girlfriends or yeah, on dates. Gets, or, yes, exactly, on dates. This is definitely, like... This is, like, Butch's only, like, <laughs> this is a safe space with no men allowed. Uh-huh. It's a really weird... Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a weird... And it comes out in this that Shiro's like, well, I've been bringing you to girly places, and I don't like any of this. I'm just trying to force you to have fun by making you, like, fit my mold of what I expect girls to enjoy. I don't... To be fair to Shiro, and he doesn't deserve it, uh, but I don't think that he's he's saying this is how you should have fun. I think that this is his... Uh, conception of what girls are is so limited Mm -hmm. that he's like, well, obviously these are the places that you'd have fun. I don't know what else you would like to do. Yeah, it's... The thing is that Saber has told him so many times that I'm not not a girl and I don't particularly care for girly things. Yeah. And, of course, he's pigeonholing her again. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, I don't really belong any of these places, but you do, Mm. is what he's implicitly saying Mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah, and she's, she's like, again, please don't treat me differently because I'm a girl. And he's like, no, I'll continue to treat you differently because you're a girl. He's like, do you, has, this is the part that bothers me. He's like, I haven't changed the way I'm acting at all because I've always treated you like a girl when you didn't want it. This isn't because I like you now because I feel like our relationship has changed. I've just always pigeonholed you as a woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she takes this as... Wow, he's really genuine, which is infuriating to me. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, a good thing that he never treated her the way she wanted to be treated. I don't know. The date ends, and I was, at this point, I was like, damn, I'm glad that date ended. (laughs) It's unfortunate. It was really, it's kind of very funny that the date was that painful. Uh huh. But damn, Shiro really could have used a good date. Yep. <laughs> raises my opinion of him. They end up walking across the bridge to get home. Shiro Saber wanted to walk instead of take the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some rubble in the river that's been there for 10 years because Saber destroyed a boat in the <laughs> river. 
I think she destroyed another servant and used the boat to protect. Kiritsugu uh, drove the boat in the way of, uh, or behind the whatever she, whatever guy she was killing, so the boat would take the shot instead of yeah. the shore. Which apparently. is and yeah, it's a very funny bit that like Kiritsugu's like, eh, it's no big deal. Uh, the boat I had insurance. <laughs> also notable, she she destroyed a guy, presumably the boat. And drained the entire river temporarily with her noble phantasm. She has a very powerful noble phantasm. Uh, let's see. She was like, did you have fun, Saber? And she's like, I did have fun, I guess. Uh, she's like, and that's it. That's the only day like that I'll ever have. And, uh, yeah, Shiro's upset about that. He's like, we'll just do it again sometimes. And then she gets sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, there's no time for fucking around. We have, like, enemies to kill. This was literally your, our last only chance to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. He does this whole thing where he's like, admit that you have feelings. Admit that you're a girl. Admit you hate fighting and don't want to do it because actually you're a woman. Uh-huh. I hate this. He's just negging her death. It sucks. Uh-huh. And he, she's like, stop insulting me. And he's like, no, I'm going to continue insulting you. This is the worst. Mm-hmm. Damn, I. You know what? I was pretty high on the this route at the end of this route, but then I remember what the whole route is like doing this, and I'm like, this is miserable. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and Saver's response after he he's like, "You're being vain, trying to rewrite history," which is maybe the most mm-hmm. true thing that he said. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is a weird thing to do that she's trying to do, and she's like. Is that all you wanted to say after wasting this meaningless day? Great Ooh. line. Ooh. And she's like, you don't get to talk shit to me about sacrificing yourself for other people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she's like, get out of here. Break our contract and go. I'll just do it myself. And he yells at her and stomps away. And he looks over his shoulder for a second and we get the most heartbreakingly sad <laughs> saver face I've ever seen. She's just standing. In the sunset. She's standing on the bridge, being the saddest girl in existence. She's not actively crying, but her the tears are like welling up in her eyes. Yeah. Really painful to look at. Poor Saber. Sure runs all the way home. He's furious uh, at her. He's furious at uh, himself. He says, "If the Holy Grail is so important to her, she can go marry it." <laughs> What's up? That's a very funny thing to say. Uh, we, this is a very funny bit of these games is whenever a sex scene CG just flashes on screen, suddenly you're, you jump, it's like all of a sudden Saber's pussies in your face. <laughs> For those of you who haven't played it, those are censored. And I think this one is just, they just don't use the, they don't flash any CGs probably. Right. If you, no. if you're out to new version, it's because it, it oh, flashes... are you talking about the, the mosaic over yeah. Saber's yeah. <laughs> titular putty, pussy, putty? <laughs> it's just very funny that in the original version they flash these like naked cgs it's very it's better than what they did in the kohaku with kohaku it's so much better than that sure is fun that was during hisui's route right that was a nightmare holy shit but it's still weird every time sure sure like i guess i'll just keep bothering saber until she does what i say Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm he takes a nap. Rin gets him up at 10 and tells him to cook dinner. Ilya's throwing a fit, she says. Mm-hmm. But 
we don't see Ilya. And next time we hear about her, she's still unconscious, I think. Hmm. Uh, Shiro decides to go, oh, Shiro asks where Saber is, and Rin's like, she never came back. I thought she was with you. Mm-hmm. So he goes running to the bridge. She's still there. She was just looking in the direction of the sunset that set long, long ago. Yeah. Uh, she was trying to come up with what to do next, but, uh, couldn't commit to anything. Uh-huh. So he decides to take her hand and drag her home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happens on their way home? Uh, oh, Ben. On the way home, uh, Sniper Servant's boyfriend shows up. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for calling you out like it's this. It's a bad route for saying that. You know what I mean? Because New Archer does not really put his best foot forward here. No, he really... So you're being very cruel to Sniper <laughs> Servant right now. Uh, New Archer shows up. Uh-huh um he's got a big like, white coat he looks like he's uh, he's about to drop his mixtape he's got like a big like a pure white coat with a fluffy collar on and his hair slicked up he looks ben like a douchebag he looks like a douchebag he looks like a white rapper yes who doesn't see the problem with saying the n-word Ooh, oh that's bad it's also, I have to cut this, but it's very funny because he should not in any way be white. No. <laughs> if he's anything, it's not white. No. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, he shows up and he's like, hey, mongrel, don't take my property. Yeah, he's like, Saber belongs to me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they're, uh... Saber's like, I can block maybe one attack, so you make a break for it. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. Uh, Shiro tries to attack him for some reason, because he thinks, like, he has this weird thought where he's like, this guy's unbeatable, but double unbeatable for heroic spirits specifically, so I'd have a better chance some- mm-hmm. somehow. Hmm. And a new archer summons a big <laughs> cartoon mallet and boots him out of the way and, like, breaks all his bones. We have to... If you've heard, like, 17 yas in the past three minutes... I'm not yawing all of those. Unless you uh, want to put yas in, I'm just going to delete them. Okay. That's fine. It would be funny, but it's a lot of work to put yas in on all of Okay. This. Then, dear listener, Ben has consistently been saying the servant's name. Not even his full name. His, like, nickname. Yeah. Uh... He okay. He is not Archer to me. Are you kidding me? No. He is a servant who is so much his name that I can barely call stomach to call him Archer. Yeah. It's it is an interesting thing of like most of the Stay Night servants I think of as their class. Uh-huh. Uh this new archer is the one exception and it's like, oh yeah, that that's his name. Uh-huh. Uh yeah. New Archer's not trying to kill Shiro because it's more it's convenient to him if Shiro stays alive, so Saber can stay alive mm-hmm. until he says he could make it work if he killed Shiro, but he wants to keep Saber. Yeah. Uh, he says something about uh, raping Shiro, uh, Saber, mm-hmm. which is fun. Uh, he says that she should like it. Mm-hmm. Really a bad route for this guy. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is the bit where I'm like, ah, Shiro is supposed to look good in comparison. Look, uh-huh. his opinions about women are supposed to look good in comparison to. <laughs> Fuck. It look good in comparison <laughs> to this fucking loser whose name I'll be able to say in five seconds. Um, <laughs> okay. 
uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. He says, like, oh, I'm going to dump the whole grail on you. We're going to have a wet t-shirt contest with <laughs> with grail water. He says something about how he's not interested in immortality and gave it away to a snake once. Hmm. This is from his legend. We'll get there. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, fun. he didn't give it. It was taken. Okay. But in the, he, he has too big a head to admit that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saber takes a swing at him. He summons his big boy armor and blocks it. Uh, fight music starts. I don't really like the fight music in this game very much. I'll talk about this more next episode, but who fights are the one place that most stands out as like my relationship to this game is very different because I'm doing it for podcasts. Uh huh. Just Cause clicking because it's, like, cause it's like okay, come on, let like I. I do legitimately enjoy the way that Nasu writes fights. Yeah. But it's like, when I'm on a schedule, it's like, come on, let's get back to stuff that we can chat about. Yeah. And that isn't just, like, the battle rage. Yeah. I liked Tsukihime fights better. They're they're shorter, they're meaner. Mm-hmm. And the music, the, like, chanting music is much, like, is scarier and more fun. I think I would like... I'll say this more, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Well, I'll say it now. Um... I think I would like fights more if it was more a battle of attrition mm. and not like, oh, it is a series of impeccable parries and no uh-huh. one is even getting touched. I feel like that's how it it feels like it works in Tsukime, yeah. Because yeah. uh, Shiki's just getting, like, torn to pieces yeah. <laughs> while someone, like, uh, beats the shit out of him. Uh-huh. He His thing is, oh, and then he finishes it in one big swing, mm-hmm. which is the downside, but... It's way more... Shiro's healing is even more convenient than the ways in which Shiki healed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So none of it feels very impactful at all. Mm-hmm. It's very floaty fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Saber is trying to get new archer who is sucks at sword fighting. Yeah. Um, but she can't break his armor. Mm. He draws a keyblade. <laughs> um, an evil keyblade apparently and uh he says gate of babylon and uses it to open up some kind of portal mm. i guess or lots of portals he starts whipping swords out of midair this cg that they do for this is very cool it's because like really good. there's like these golden ripples in the air around him and like the hit like swords start coming out of them uh-huh. that's very cool looking um saber gets wounded uh <laughs> Real quick, Ben, there is a really cool weapon that he pulls out that is a sickle that ignores flesh and just, like, cuts magical energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it goes straight through her armor and just, like, fucks her up pretty bad. Uh-huh. But, like, doesn't hurt her physically. Yeah. Just, like, yeah, there are some fun weapons in here. <laughs> Shiro's like, oh, he has an infinite number of weapons from all across time and space. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, everyone's like, how is this possible? And new archer is like it's very simple noble phantasms are things that you had when you were alive so i just collected every single one of these while i was alive Uh uh-huh so this is a very this is like very cool and also very like weird and silly to me Mm -hmm. new archer has every single noble phantasm before it was famous yeah this implies that in Babylon, there was some guy who made every single cool sword in existence mm-hmm. from all cultures, and 
new archer picked them all up. I think it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, like he has Chinese like uh, halberds and shit like that. He yeah. has like Indian weapons. You know. Uh-huh. He has uh, he, he has South American like artifacts and shit like that. And he says that he owned it all, and then it got spread out and became the things. So, it the weird thing is it the the like unwritten implication of this is like. So I guess all of the South America themed weapons ended up in South America, and that's why they have those that type of artifact there. Yeah, it's really weird. It's also mixed up with like maybe the thing is that these weapons are legendary. You know what I mean? So they're less real and more. So that's what I was going to yeah. say was I I had forgotten for a second that in in Stay Nights canon all of these people were real all heroic spirits were real yes. people who had to exist. Yes. And it's like, oh, it would make more sense if it was like, hey, a story about this sword traveled the world and became mm-hmm. really famous in this region. Yeah. Uh as opposed to oh no, the actual physical object that new archer can summon he had he is, owns the real thing. Yeah, he owned a physical object, and then it made it to that part of the world. Yeah. And it's a little stupid, there. but it's also cool. Like it is. Yeah, the idea that like <laughs> there was a Babylonian guy who made it, like famous Chinese weapons that ended up in China, very stupid. Yes, <laughs> but the idea that this guy has access to all noble phantasms, bad, bad for us, mm-hmm. but very cool. Yeah, and the way he uses them as like a like huge uh area of effect machine gun that he's shooting at them is also very cool i think it makes sense it makes sense from a like oh the fertile crescent was like the birthplace of humanity as a whole Mm -hmm. kind of thing but is like makes way less sense when you think about it for more than 30 seconds does he have excalibur yeah no well we know that he is he has garm he has the sword that caliburn is based on I think he has the sword that both of those are based uh-huh. on. But Excalibur, Which I don't even, it, it, I, is, I don't even know that uh, Caliburn is based on Garm mm-hmm. so much as it's like, oh yeah, two kind of. Mm-hmm. They're both. There are noble phantasms he does not have, but they tend to not be weapons. Yeah. Um, the thing about Garm, which we'll talk. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll cut this. Who could say? Ah, uh, hello, dear listener. If you're listening to this, I hope you're enjoying this little tangent. Um, I looked it up, and the thing about Garm is that it's like, oh, uh, someone shoved it in a tree, uh-huh. uh, and then the hero took it out. Yeah, and it wasn't a like, oh, a series of heroes are gonna come by and like try yeah. to get this out of the tree. It's like, oh, or. Maybe the hero was the only one who's strong enough, but it, it's not a like, oh, and now you're king. It's not it's a just clean. Oh, uh, and now you got a cool sword. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but Gil claims that the legend of Excalibur is based on that. But like that conflicts with the fact that Excalibur is a real ass sword that Saber actually used. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, and and there are different swords. Wait, yeah. yeah. Gil's whole thing is that they're all literally real swords that he owned in his lifetime before all of these swords were made. Yeah. Uh-huh. But his whole thing is like, oh, and then those swords, like, the swords that I used then became legends. Uh-huh. And got embellished on. But also... And got the names way... eventually. But they still have their power now. Well, and... But the way that fate works is all of these people had to be real-ass people. Yes. With those real-ass swords. Yes. 
none of this makes sense. Uh-huh. It would be it would make more sense if his noble phantasm was since I was said to own everything in the world, I can summon anything because technically I should have owned that thing because yeah. I own everything in the world. But what he's saying is no. He's saying the fact that he can use them means he literally owned those objects. Or it would it would it would and totally... and importantly, Gate of Babylon the reason that it doesn't cost a lot of energy to use is because he's teleporting, not yes. creating things. Yes. Um, it would it would equally make way more sense if heroic spirits were just stories. Yes. Because that is a totally like, oh yeah, of course. There was a there was a like a Babylonian story that uh made its way to Britain about a cool sword um that was like pulled out of a stone. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Because it doesn't require the physical object that Gil owns to make it to Britain. Uh-huh. And then also get a bunch more, like, adornments uh-huh. when it gets there. Uh-huh. It's such a... Yeah. I always thought Excalibur was made by the Fae or something like that. Right. Excalibur's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the Lady in the Lake is ever... Or Ladies in the Lake. Mm-hmm. There are multiple of them. One of them traps uh, Merlin under a stone. Shout outs to her. Uh-huh. I do. There. It's really funny that, so uh, Merlin gets trapped under a stone. Yes. And then the book moves on and then comes back a while later and is like, oh, and they heard Merlin calling out to them and he was like, hey, can you, can you please get this stone off of me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they try and it doesn't work. It's <laughs> very funny. Okay. So. New Archer is the king who collected every treasure in the world. And then the weapons were sealed away and et cetera, et cetera. Um, who is he? He's Gilgamesh. He is the very oldest story. Gilgamesh? Bilgamesh. <laughs> I was going to read the Epic of Gilgamesh for this. We have an, too, way too much to talk about, and I had way too much to read for the next, for this episode and, uh, some other stuff. Um, but yeah, this is as old as you can get and still say it, like, be a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, Yeah, that's cool. Wow, that's a long time ago. It does make sense then that he, as the oldest story, again, it breaks the, the minute that it's like, oh, all of these were real people. Yeah. But it, it does make sense that it's like, oh, he is the oldest story. All other stories branch off of him. Uh-huh. And therefore, like, of course he had all the weapons because every other story flows from him. Yes. Uh-huh. He's like literally as like the beginning of history. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um. Well, it's like, yeah, it is interesting. There's... Yeah, you can kind of trace legends from India to China to Japan, uh-huh. which feels like kind of Nasu generalizing that to like, oh, yeah, and that was true of the whole world. Yes. That is like, uh-huh. oh, you can trace how these legends move through these three like regions mm-hmm. and transform Gilgamesh, and change. And... The epic of Gilgamesh involves the flood. Yeah. The biblical flood mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, so that's cool. That's cool. And like. It is also posited that the further back in history you are, the stronger you are, because the magic just used to be stronger. Yeah. So it is hard to fight this guy. Referred to as the Age of Gods. Yes. That is kind of generally very far back in history when gods gods were still like kind of present. Yeah. Um, This is the time period where like Zeus could come by and like fuck you. (laughs) 
Oh, you really hate to you see really it. You really hate to see it. One of Zeus's first Onas knocking on your door. <laughs> Saber pulls out Excalibur, and even Gil, like, hesitates at this one. Uh, Shiro's like, she'll die if she uses Excalibur, though, I thought. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Gil's like, okay, I'm gonna get serious then. He pulls out a very kind of goofy-looking sword. Yeah. It's like a dull, short lance with, like, mm-hmm. a little scoop at the end. It's, like, red and gold. Very gaudy. Uh, like, instead of a blade, it has, like, cylinders that rotate that have, like, mm-hmm. a red pattern on them, red and black. Um, and Shiro's like, I don't know what sword that is. Mm-hmm. I know every other sword he pulls out, but not that one. Uh, no one else has ever used this sword, so it never got more legends, I guess. He calls it Aya. He says it's not famous enough to have its own name. Oh, Gil says that he wants Excalibur. Mm. He wants to take Excalibur. So I guess Excalibur is not part of his collection. Mm-hmm. 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 Which is interesting. Mm. Saber uses her NP. Gil uses Enuma Eilish, his his noble phantasm, or this pr- particular one. Uh, it explodes, and Saber is defeated. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Her armor think- is wrecked. She's in a pool of blood. I believe... I. If I remember correctly, I looked this up and forgot to write it down, I guess. Uh, Ia is the deity, mm-hmm. and Numa Eilish is the weapon. Ah, okay, okay. It, sa- uh, it says later that it's the sword that uh, divided and created the world. Yeah. So, I believe that's- notably, uh, it's listed as an anti-world noble phantasm. Uh-huh. Which so, is extremely funny because it says that its max tar- number of targets is a thousand people. It's very funny. The world was smaller then. Yeah, if, you, I guess. if you're going by Mesopotamian legend, you know what I mean. So, really, it shouldn't be that strong compared to other things because it it shouldn't be able to destroy a whole world then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the mix of narrative and like TTRPG game system in the descriptions of Noble Phantasm. Read this. So. Enuma Eilish, star of creation that split heaven and earth, cutting of space by the sword of separation, Ia, a layer of wind compressed and accelerated becomes a fake layer of time and space that smashes all who oppose it. Uh-huh. Sick. It's, it, its attack power is so strong that an elimination rank, AC, or a counterattack with equivalent damage AC? level is needed to defend against this noble phantasm. Damages strength X20, though ma- Madge may be added to strength at random. What? It rules. This, um, is, this is the kind of like goofy stuff that uh-huh. I that I uh, love because it's like, oh, the first two paragraphs of that are like extremely flavorful text, and then the second two are like, and here's what that means for here's your, here's your when you're rolling dice. Yeah. Um, Gil is gloating about winning. Saber can't see because she's so wounded. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, hey, Shiro, run away. Uh, I was wrong. Uh-huh. The, there's, um, it's a different god and weapon are oh, okay. the ones that I was thinking of. But hang on, Fen. If we remember, Saber is just a girl. Mm. It's time to let the men handle this. Mm. It's so funny because Gil is like mocking Saber for being weak because she's a woman. And mm-hmm. Shiro's like, that's right. She is weak because she's a woman, but you shouldn't be so mean about it. You should uh-huh. be more polite when calling her weak and womanly. <laughs> sure, really is just like a woke feminist. Yeah. I, 
He's like, no, 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 that's sexism. He's like, women should be allowed to be in the kitchen if they want to. You know what I mean? I don't think that Saber should be allowed to be in the no, kitchen. No, she's not. <laughs> unless, um, unless she is being supervised actively. The cool part of this is Saber is like, or Shiro is like forcing his healing power to, to activate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we get like these horrible descriptions of like metal grinding in under his skin mm-hmm. as like the swords that we got from uh when Ryder killed him that mm-hmm. one time, like form around his like injuries, I guess. And he's just like scraping on the inside. That's horrible. Terrible. Really great body horror stuff. He tries to summon Caliburn. Mm-hmm. Uh I really like this line of this is like setting my body on fire to make it run towards water. The way he's, like, forcing magical energy through his body, which is destroying it, so that he can fight Uh better. He successfully creates Caliburn. Gil's like, okay, I'm gonna kill you now. Caliburn Mm -hmm. auto-parries. Gil pulls out the sword that Caliburn is based on, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's lacking all the gaudy jewels, but otherwise looks identical. Uh, Yeah. He's, okay. And he says the thing about Garm, Siegfried's sword, Sigmund's sword. Which is like, yeah. Uh, is is a very good, like, Gil saying this is very funny. I don't think that it's actually, like, yeah. it's, it sounds like Caliburn, maybe there's just another layer in direction, but it sounds like Caliburn is based on uh, a legend about a bishop in the 7th century pulling a staff out of a stone. And so, like, the the um the actual like how stories get told uh-huh. is like very different but yeah yeah anyway. he also calls it marduk the original sin at one okay. point so this is the marduk is the god marduk is the uh imhulu mm-hmm. was his weapon here's the thing that i do like of the scene garm which he is using to oppose uh shiro is a sword legendary for slaying a dragon, and she, Saber is a dragon, uh-huh. so she is particularly vulnerable to it. Uh-huh. Um, Gil smashes fake Caliburn easily and cuts Shiro in half, just about. Uh huh. And Gil's like, "Whoa, you're still alive? Damn, it kind of sucks for you because you're in half." Uh huh. He goes to claim his prize, and we get a choice: stand up or don't. This is a very funny choice. Because it it seems like you're just determining, like, you are choosing whether or not, like, physically Shiro can stand up. Uh-huh. It's one of those, yeah. Um, Let's do don't first. Yeah, yeah, we gotta do the Tiger Dojo. Yeah. Obviously not trying, like, giving up here is obviously not the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Shiro... I think that there's a reading of don't stand up, which is, like, play dead. Yeah. Uh, but it's not. That isn't. It is. It is very literally like, oh, I can't heal on my own. Yeah, his healing power gives out on him, and he dies instantly. Mm-hmm. Very short, boring, bad end. Can't all be good. Uh, Tiger Dojo Ten Shiro doll. Uh, the Shiro doll Ilya had is being roasted over a fire, <laughs> uh, and then Ilya punches him into space with a two hundred and three hit combo. Is this where she yells, "Fucking chicken dinner"? <laughs> yep. What? What's happening here? Everyone's mad at us for mm-hmm. picking this option. Uh, and they're like, just try try to be cool, please. And it's like, it's really hard when Shiro's dressed like that to ever be cool. 
Shiro manages to pull his body together, kind of like physically like stick it together, mm-hmm. which is ooh, gross. Um, and pulls himself up. Uh, his body's all scraping as like swords form in his guts to knit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saber's like, hey, please don't get yourself killed. You're, you're somehow still alive. Don't waste that. He's like, I love you, Saber. I'm not going to give you to Gil. And Gil's like, whoa, damn, I'll kill you then. <laughs> um, something happens. There's like a flash of like a blue and gold. It kind of looks like a sword, but kind of doesn't because the blade appears to be blue and gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden there's a hole in Gil's pauldron. And he's mad and then he leaves. Mm. Not really sure what happened. No. Not very clear at all. He doesn't say anything either. He's just like stomps off. He takes the ball and goes, goes home. Well, he doesn't take the ball because he leaves Saber. Mm-hmm. Shiro falls over and Saber like rushes up. Somehow restored enough to rush up and grab him, even though it looks like she was dying a second ago. Uh, she's fully healed, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Saber notices the like fang-like blade points sticking out of his guts. And uh, Shiro's like, am I made out of swords? I appear to be made out of swords. Seems like. And then somehow he's healed very quickly, or partly healed very quickly. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a great CG of her hugging him. Yeah. She's like covered in blood, but she she looks good. He looks awful, as mm-hmm. usual. Also, his uh, clothes are surprisingly intact for him having been cut in half. Yep. Maybe maybe his uh, shirt fluttered up from the, <laughs> the wind that the blade uh-huh, caused. Uh-huh. And yeah. Uh, she says, uh, that he is her sheath. <laughs> she says that Shiro is, has, is her sheath, uh, which I think is, it's a real mockery of the term since she never pegs him even once. Then, oh, right, no. I, w- I was about to say, you don't know what's happened off screen, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, actually, uh. Saber has not pegged him, no. No. Maybe someday. Holodaraxia. Holodaraxia, please give us one. I have hope. Saber pegging Shiro scene, I guess. There's certainly fan art for this. Is there? Right. Never mind. It's fate fucking stay night. There's fan art for literally everything you can imagine. Yeah. There's ship art of of Saber and Gil. There's ship art of Sakura and uh, Shinji. Is there? I'm positive there is. Oh. There's a ship art of Ilya and her maids. Yeah. (laughs) That one you're not surprised at. (laughs) People love maids. I don't like Ilya's maids. I like them fine as people. I think they're they're fine. But I don't like her I don't like her They look too much like weird nuns to me. Yeah. The hats are silly. Yeah. I wish they got casual clothes. Because it's always, when someone has to wear a uniform, it's always the best when you get their casual clothes. Uh-huh. I don't think either of them get casual clothes. This is true of a lot of Yuri. Yeah. It's very, Yuri is my job is a very funny one. Because it's like, oh, they have two different uniforms that you uh-huh. see them in most of the time. And then, like, 30, 40 chapters in, you finally see them in something that isn't one of those two uniforms. And the problem with a lot of Yuri to me is that when you do get the casual clothes, it's always the same kinds of casual clothes. No one dresses, very rarely do people dress that out there. It's like, oh, yeah, cute, casual, preppy outfit. Yeah. I want to see one of them who, out of school, is a fucking goth. That's what I want to say. Oh. There's not a lot of goths in 
you Aww. you want someone to like go on a date outside of school and then the other person be like i didn't know you were a gothic uh-huh. lily kind of girl i don't know that this is gonna work out uh-huh there's a uh little uh yuri that i'm reading called the guy i'm interested in is not a guy mm. or was not a guy uh it's it's very pretty because it's like three tones white black and uh green Ooh. it looks good it's very short chapters though okay and there's a girl who's like like a, the shy nerd kid with glasses at school and she, her hair but when she she works at a record shop and she pins her hair up and wears like a, a mask and like takes her glasses off and looks like a hot like butch dude you know what i mean and so the girl who sits next to her in class has a thing for the guy at the record shop and doesn't that's realize that funny. it's the same person uh-huh that that's the kind of she like puts on black nail polish and then takes it off every night for school uh-huh. that's the kind of thing that i like dedication mm-hmm. to the bit mm-hmm. shiro uh is carried by saber and he has a dream about her past we get our first mention of mordred yeah yeah oh i can't wait to get more mordred <laughs> it's it's ben and i on the couch like <laughs> yeah, uh, with her hands up yeah 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 um the the first one is uh the like everyone kind of just like looking blankly is at gill's name being dropped and then mordred's name being dropped and all of us like yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah mordred was the young knight who while saber was busy took over her kingdom mordred is saber's son uh the child of saber and saber's sister which raises a lot of interesting questions this is yeah, this is also just true of yeah half sister, but half yeah. sister. But uh, does in Mort Arthur does uh say, does King Arthur fuck his sister? Yeah, okay. I think say, fate Saber does not have sex with her sister at any point, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Morgan Lefay was the older sibling and was mad that she didn't get to be king. Mm-hmm. Shira was also like, I'm not really sure how the baby making works here. <laughs> if I'm <being laughs> totally honest. Uh, we will get to Mordred someday and uh, Mordred will be a fantastic character. Okay, so Saber 1 killed Mordred. Uh, oh, Saber ha- had been out of the country fighting some foreign hordes, I guess. We'll talk more about the foreign yeah, hordes uh-huh. next episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Saber 1 killed Mordred, but Mordred's body was cursed. He swung his sword after uh, Saber had already killed him and fatally wounded her. <laughs> well, his sword was cursed. His sword was cursed. It, this does not say his sword specifically, but I think that's you're, okay. you're right about that. Go, do you want to read that next line? Yeah. Is Saber a MILF or a deadbeat dad? The greatest argument in the history of Fake Moon Archive locked after... 1,400, or, wow, 143,251 posts. So, is Saber a MILF or a deadbeat dad? Why not both? Mm. But JPEG. Saber DILF theory? I don't think that deadbeat dads are particularly sexy. Saber did a DILF theory. DILF. This day is still not over, though. We're not done yet, folks. Shiro wakes up in his room after having that dream about Mordred. He's mostly healed, I guess. Uh, he's, like, worried about Saber. She's like, hey, um, I'm more worried about you. You were cut in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice is cut out very suddenly. <laughs> but here's an interesting thing. For the, the sex scene that's happening here, the voice is kind of cut in and out for a while. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. It's because, uh, yeah. Saber says a lot of, I think it's Saber, says a lot of the same lines, mm-hmm. and Shiro's responses are just slightly different. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's weird. The voice is cutting in and out is weird. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He grabs Saber and hugs her. She wiggles around. Uh, oh, wiggly Saber. Wiggles, <laughs> wiggly Saber. Uh, he asks her to live for herself and starts crying and he calls her Artoria or Arturia mm-hmm. in this. And she's like, hey, can you cut it the, this the fuck out? And he's like, tell me that you don't love me. And she's like, uh, can't say that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They argue for a little while. Uh, she's like, I'm a king first. My feelings don't matter. And then they start kissing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really impressive. This, this <laughs> is up there with some of the wildest, like, cheeky sex scenes for, like, ah, you, you were and or are currently dying. It's sex time, motherfucker. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, Shiro's like, hey, I'm gonna have sex with you, whether, no matter what you say, unless you explicitly, and like, you have to say, no, Shiro, I would not like to have sex with you. Just screaming no, 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 no is not enough. Uh, and he also does say that he's not planning on bringing Rannon on at this time, which is funny. <laughs> uh, uh, real quick, Ben. Yes. Um, Saber, wait, is this where, at some point, no, yeah, it's, it's around here. Saber says, like, I can't answer your feelings. Yes. Um, and then is like, but I am down to bone. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's she's a like, very funny. She's like, I used my noble phantasm on Gil, so I am running a little low on cum. Magical energy, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get banned from iTunes. Too hot for iTunes. Um, we get some new CGs of Saber's little tummy. She is trained as a knight, but no muscle on her is hard. Boo! Uh, Give her muscles. Um, we've, we've gotten descriptions of her in the past that she is very muscular. Uh-huh. Mm, slightly muscular. Muscular. Her body that has yet to mature is sweet and dignified. Ew, no! <laughs> oh, this sucks! Oh. Um, <sighs> Saber starts to give she... <laughs> Which thing? Oh, I see. It is a little weird to see Saber fucking. Uh-huh. Like, it didn't really stand out to me so much in the last sex scene, but Saber giving, like, an enthusiastic blowjob here is very, like, whoa, what are you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> You're, like, a Kingdom Hearts character. This is weird. <laughs> this is, like, a fan game. Feels like. Um, Saber starts to give him a blowjob. Where did Saber learn to give good blowjobs? Real quick, Ben. Yes. Uh there is a there is a decent amount, yes. a surprising even amount of Lamort Arthur that can very easily be read as this... uh oh yeah, and the, and then those two just had a bunch of gay sex together. Oh, incredible. I was wondering this. Do, did did the Knights of the Round Table and Fate all just suck each other's dicks sometimes as like a team building exercise? I would not be surprised. I mean, I would a little bit because like or by the time it's the Mortartha it does become a very like Christian uh-huh. kind of parable tale. Uh, and very like focused on Christianity, but like there are definitely there were definitely some scenes that is like 
I I assume that it is merely because I don't know uh-huh. exactly the terms or the context of uh the way that you would use these in the language in the like version of English that those mm. were, this was written in. But who it really does read as like oh they went to bed together huh okay yeah, they just fucked yeah yeah um. Yeah, maybe maybe it was gayer originally. They tried to clean it up a little, but the gay is still there. Mm-hmm. I know this is a blowjob, but Saber is doing such a thing? <laughs> Very funny sense. Uh, let's see. The funniest part of the scene, though, is the high-speed motion blur blowjob <laughs> CG, where Saber just, like, suddenly is like an F1 car in motion. Really quick, before Ben goes all the way off the rails, uh, I think that I do... I do really like... It's a sex scene. I'm talking about it. That's not off the rails. The rails lead to sex. <laughs> um, I think, in general, I really like this scene. Mm-hmm. Because it is like, oh, yeah, Saber, you said that you couldn't answer Shiro's feelings, but the two of you are clearly just, like, in mm-hmm. love. And mm-hmm. I don't like the framing as much <laughs> as the Arcade sex scene. I'm never going to get that. No. But it's better. But it's, it's... It is... I think it, it is separate... It mixes the two, right? Mm-hmm. It is like, yes, technically, this is a thing that we need to do because I need magical energy. But it, this is also just the two of us love each other yeah. and want to do this. Yeah, it has the the sex scene and the the replacement scene both have issues that uh, I think the Arcade sex scene didn't have but could have fallen into. I like the replacement scene way less. Yes, exactly. I don't like that. Um, uh Every time, though, that Nasu writes a blowjob, I am immediately transported back to the time CL gave a blowjob so bad <laughs> that she was politely asked to stop. <laughs> he comes in Saber's mouth. There's a lot of time de- devoted to this blowjob. This is really where I get to, like, if you have not played, er- like, Japanese Oroge games, mm-hmm. this is just a bog-standard sex scene yeah. for one of those. I do. It is very funny to me that he usually like, Nasu refers to Saber's dick as his meat or Shiro's dick as his meat. Uh-huh. Uh, but in this, we start getting girl meat. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I will say it is it is funnier because it is Saber, and as Ben said, Saber is akin to Mickey Mouse. Yes, in terms a little of bit. Being the the like mascot character, but it is like the writing here is like is mm-hmm. funny if you have not played these types of games, and mm-hmm. is like, yep. That that's how you write a sex yeah. scene, I guess. Uh-huh. You have. Uh yeah, the reason that it's funny, I, I feel like some of these lines are particularly bad in the yeah. way that like poor translation and also Nasu's insistence on using the word uh, a word that can easily be translated to grotesque to describe <laughs> uh the dicks of every single protagonist of his uh-huh. visual novels. So it's funny in that way. But mostly I'm having fun with it because I, I insist on covering these sex scenes because it's part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we just talked about it beat for beat without joking about it, people would be uh, miserable. <laughs> uh, Shiro eats some pussy. Mm-hmm. And then it's time for the the main entree, missionary sex. Yep. <laughs> Dakayuchi has improved at boob squish. Yeah, a little bit. He's still not very good at it, but like you he's, know. he's improved in general. He's improved like, in general. I'm just saying. Yeah, I noted that in one of the CGs. I was like, oh yeah, there's some like tactility to her boobs. They're not just like sitting the same way. Mm-hmm. 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 I wonder if Takeuchi still does draw smut ever. Mm. 
Like, hmm. he didn't just on his own time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's very busy drawing Fate stuff, because he still draws a lot of stuff for Fate. Yeah. But none of it's porn anymore. How much... Ben? Yeah? I'm really curious, like, how much... How much does an artist get for, like, a servant? For, like, Fate Go? I can't imagine it's that that much money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like, probably a decent contract. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just, this is the kind of thing that is like, I have no idea how much time goes into one of those. Yeah. This is the most meandering episode yeah. that I've ever done. <laughs> no, that's a lie. I will forever think about that mid-Akiha uh, route Where we just, episode that was like... We're still moving. Inexplicably forward. four hours long and nothing happened. Okay, but Fen, have you considered our meats make a soppy sound? <laughs> I hadn't, and I'd like to go back to not considering it, please. My dick begins its last expansion. Mm. We got through that, though. That was it. That was it. They both come sexy nans. Important that they both come or the magical energy doesn't transfer properly. Did you not continue this scene until the next day? Oh, um... Maybe not. Oh. Is there more? Yeah. Oh, do they have more sex? No. Oh, okay. Um, but they do sit and talk about some of the stuff that comes up in the not sex scene, mm. but it's, it is a significantly different That's vibe. interesting. Yeah. So what's different? Okay. Let's see. The thing that I remember is, um, uh, Saber just kind of like curling up in Shiro's bed. Uh-huh. It's really cute that they sleep together. Um. Kitty cat, Saber theory. Yes. Yes. Lion. But yeah. I honestly can't remember what else. Shout out to that person who sent us uh, fat tail dragon saber uh, fan art. Who uh-huh. was that? That wasn't really a question. Um, I don't, I don't know that they signed the. Well, you know who you are. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I honestly don't remember much else of what happens. But... Oh, okay. Well, let's cover the not sexy. Yeah. It's a lot of the same stuff, I guess, just less horny. Mm-hmm. Um, the kiss. Well, it's the same. It's basic a lot of the vibe. same stuff, except that it takes because Nasu has to write about something here, and I think it is like pretty well written slash translated. Um, but it takes uh Saber saying I can't answer your feelings, but I do want a bone, and turns the I can't answer your feelings into like fifteen pages of Saber and Shiro going back and forth and. Shiro being like, no, don't be king. Just uh-huh. be my wife. Right, yeah. I do like the idea that Saber charges faster the closer she is to Shiro, so petting your girlfriend does keep her alive. Uh-huh. That's, That's kind of fun. Um, yeah, she wants to sleep cuddling. She comes, She's wearing Nominee Kingdom Hearts' dress uh, as her sleepwear. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that uh, on the hem... Um, her PJs have little silver swords. Oh, do they? That's very yeah. cute. Uh, Shiro comments on how beautiful her small toes are. Oh. Nasu's slipping some horny even in the non-sex scene. Uh, they cuddle. It's This is exactly the thing I, I my complaint about, specifically the Arcweed sex scene from the end of uh, the first route of Tsukihime is, is that the fact that they have sex that night is important. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because... There is a physical craving and desperation that cannot be conveyed in the same way with a night of cuddling. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. This is to say nothing of like nothing against people who don't like sex or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. They're it's just such a different vibe. So the two of them being like, well, Arkweed and Cheeky, their whole thing is, is this ending? We know it's ending. We we are lying to both. Each of us is lying to the other and to ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can only do this once and we can only do this now. So we're going to do this. Right. right? So I think that is that is part of the the bit that you skipped of mm-hmm. the the sex scene is well so one the thing that i the thing that i le- like least about this scene the, is the cuddling that, scene the cuddling scene is that um it's so the sex scene is is so much is like show don't tell it's mm-hmm. saber saying i can't answer your feelings and then through action very clearly being deeply in love with yes. shiro mm-hmm. and this is like oh no uh, we are going to have these two talk a lot about how actually Saber loves Shiki mm-hmm. or Shiro. Um, because like just cuddling with him isn't enough to make it very clear that like she's deeply yeah. in love. The cuddling like, is so toothless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's so like annoyingly chaste to me as yeah. a replacement scene. Um, one of the things that, uh, they say in, uh, the, the, um, in the sex scene is like kind of taking the arcoid uh unspoken this is the last time we're going to be together uh-huh. and like making it very explicit uh saber's like hey tomorrow's it uh-huh. tomorrow's the last time mm-hmm. like this is the final battle uh and yeah like before they fall asleep being very much like yeah and this is the last night we're going to spend together yeah. mm-hmm. um which is like yeah as i think the the I agree that kind of the two of them being forced together because Saber needs magical energy is not great. Yeah. But it's, it is so downplayed in, in comparison with the first sex scene. Yeah. Um, that this feels, I like this a lot more than the first. This feels more like, Oh, the two of us are in love and this is literally our last chance. Yeah. The first sex scene just feels the replacement scene feels more sensible and I liked it more than the sex scene. Yeah. Because, like, the idea of her eating his magical circuits makes way more sense for the way that she uses magical energy going forward mm-hmm. than he gave her a one-time boost from fucking. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. So this scene works way better for me, and I think the replacement scene is just worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost skipped this scene because I was like, all I remembered was the cuddling. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of glad that I played it. Uh, I yeah. played it by accident. Um, uh, Because I was like, oh, actually, this is this doesn't work nearly as well yeah and like take or leave nasu's actual writing of sex scenes but um the the sex scene itself is like is so much warmer Mm -hmm. um than like oh yeah and then they cuddled and went to sleep Mm -hmm. yeah and i am very much in the camp of like this is drawing the curtain doesn't always work for me for this kind of thing like this this, these sex scenes aren't always good Mm -hmm. but drawing a curtain isn't always the right answer for sex stuff for me you know what i mean and this scene in particular is again it's the like oh seeing saber enamored with shiki or shiro he for some reason i keep saying shiki i've said his name a few times now and Um, i'm gonna get confused too many s names too many k names is like is meaningful in a way that saying ah and then they like you know had sex just doesn't convey yes yeah that's that's why I always go back to the arc read sex scene is because mm-hmm. 
if you say, oh, if you like lead up to a sex scene and then close the door, you don't get that like craving for each other. Yeah. You don't get to see that. Mm-hmm. And then you can't convey that with like the make out right beforehand in the same way. Yeah. You can elude to it yeah. and leave it into your imagination, but sometimes it's nice. It's good. It, sometimes it works better to go through the whole motion. Mm-hmm. Even if again, this, the writing here is terrible. <laughs> it's not that bad. I, th- I, I take uh, a personal offense to a lot of the grotesque dick veins uh, that get mentioned. It's just very unsexy at times, but it's definitely better than the Tsukihime scenes were. Although I wonder how much of it and this translation versus. Yeah, it is very funny that is like universally everyone hates these sex scenes. Yeah, I don't think they're as bad. Um, Like I love making fun of them, but I love making fun of a lot of things in Fate stuff. Yeah. Anyway. February 15th. 15 Utopia. At some point I realized that I think I've lost track of what day it is, day of the week it is. Mm. Because we we lost a day at some point and I think I didn't I didn't move forward the the day of the week counter. Mm. So this is probably not Tuesday. (laughs) It's probably Wednesday, but I don't know for certain. So let's he did not go to school anymore, so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Utopia, you said the title? Yep. They slept in till 1 p.m., so they've lost most of the day. Saber's still asleep. Shiro's waking, woken up. He's worried that Gil's coming back and will just kill them all. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to talk to my good friend, Kotamine. Father Kotamine. He heads to the church and notices that the vibes are particularly so bad what you're at the saying, church. Is Kotamine his daddy? <laughs> he's daddy to someone. Yeah, that someone is Shiro. It could have been. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, um, Shiro can't find him in the chapel, goes searching in the back rooms, and he finds a really creepy entryway to the basement that's not mm-hmm. locked or blocked in any way. Uh, we get a lot of red text of him, like, telling himself to get the fuck out of there because he's got the bad vibes out, like, as high as they can go. Uh-huh. And do we go the fuck home or do we go down the stairs? Uh, we should go home, I guess. Oh my god, how many bad ends do we have left? Three bad ends left. Please free me from this prison. Uh, yeah, this is how I felt last night playing this. Is like, I was having fun, but also I was like, can, can this just be over? Come on, I got shit to do. Uh, y- dear listener, in case a bunch of this has been cut, we are at 4.37 <laughs> recording time right now, which is... I'd forgot. I have I have lost all stamina, both because I got sick and like uh-huh. wasn't very active for two weeks, but also because we we started doing the same thing of like having like three hour recordings, yeah. and so four and a half at this point is like, oh my god, please, I need to I need to not be here. We're in a horror game all of a sudden. Shiro's freaking out. It's spooky. I like this shit. This is really where the roots started to... I've said this a few times where I'm like, okay, I'm a little higher on the root all of a sudden, you know? But as soon as, like, it gets real fucking scary, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm eating. This, I... So, not having played Skihime first, and getting to this part of the route the first time I played was like, 
holy what uh-huh. what is this game <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it gets scary all of a sudden yeah i love my favorite parts of tsukihime are when it is a horror game so uh-huh. Uh, he runs away. Saber yells at him for wandering off. He said he was trying to consult Kotamine. Um, Ben is spelled consult with a K, so it's consult Kotamine. It it looks funny. (laughs) Uh, Shiro's like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't go down those stairs. Usually when you're in a a dead end, Shiro's like, man, I feel like I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And in this one, he's like, I feel like I did a good thing. (laughs) So I picked run away because I was like... I don't remember which one of these is a bad end. I uh-huh. think it's going down the stairs. Or uh, rather, I picked go down the stairs because I was like, this is a bad end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And then did the other one and I was like, oh, wait. One yeah. sec. Uh-huh. Saber discusses teaming up with Lancer to fight Gil. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one knows where he is. Uh, Rin uh, went out on a trip to get a weapon and a plan or is going out to get a weapon and a plan to... Uh, get Lancer. Mm-hmm. Lure out Lancer. Oh, and she needs some meds for Ilya. Ilya is still unconscious. Huh. Weird. Huh. Did she wake up, want food, and then fall back asleep? Probably. Uh, Rin says that she's, like, out of energy. So you should feed her if you, she wakes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The She leaves. The doorbell rings. Can't be Sakura. Can't be Taiga. Taiga's in the hospital. Sakura's still on uh, break. Mm-hmm. It's Kotamine, who's come with the results of his investigation into Gil. Mm. Shiro lets him in, even though he's kind of nervous. It's we... very funny seeing Kotamine sprite in Shiro's entryway. Uh-huh. He's huge. He's, he's very so... large. He is my very large adult son. <laughs> um... No, Kotamine is not my son. I'm no. not at all related to him. I will not I've be disowned him for his crimes. Uh, Kotamine is like, hey, uh, your pet girlfriend looks like she's gonna kill me. Can you calm her down? And then we get like, uh, it's, it, it is like a, like, shot reverse shot of like, shot on Kotamine. Cut to Saber looking the most feral that she's ever looked. I love that they have a sprite for the entryway and for the hallway right behind the entryway. So you Uh can change the background for that and increase the shot reverse shot effect. Uh Kodamine died last Holy Grail War. That's weird. She says. Uh, He was shot to death by Kiritsugu, which raises some interesting questions about what kind of mage Kiritsugu was. I will say that that is one of the sickest fight scenes in Zero uh-huh. is, uh, yeah, Kuritsugu shooting Kotomine. Kotomine's like, I surrendered and got shot in the back by that asshole. Thank you very much. I'm sure that that is exactly what happened. And Kotomine's like, also, that was 10 years ago for me. It's no big deal. Calm down, girl. I know it was only a couple days ago for you. Um, Kotomine is really playing up, like, being the injured party here. He's uh-huh. like... She's going to hurt me. You need to get her away from me. Let's go to the courtyard so we can talk so that mm-hmm. she can stand far away from me. And I can run if she goes feral. It is a very funny Kotomine being like, well, uh, we should stand far enough away from the house so that if sh- if Saber comes for me, you can use a command spell to stop her. Yeah, I can make a break for it and then you can stop her. Sure, Saber seems kind of humiliated by this, but she can't calm down. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. I go, I also go feral every time I see Kotomine. <laughs> I love him. He's so fun. 
<laughs> oh god. Favorite Fate Stay Night character. Kotamine Kire. I don't think it's gonna end up that way, but he really is a highlight of this route for me. I might like Kotamine more than I like Rin. Wow. Ooh, no. No. It might be Rin Kotamine Sakura though. Oh, interesting. I save her at the top, obviously. Uh-huh. I certainly won't have that same mm-hmm. order. Ilya at the top, probably. Uh, Kotamine in the courtyard is like, well, I know you stopped by earlier. Uh, you forgot something and throws a corpse at him. Huh? Like a mummified child with no arms or legs. And then the Batman field goes off, Ben. Uh-huh. Which... She was like, what the fuck Shiro is going on? calls out as being explicitly triggered by people entering with hostile intent. Yes. Which means that Kotamine entered without hostile intent. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, he wasn't doing anything. Uh, Lancer stabs Shiro in the chest. Are you sure it's Lancer? Uh, uh, well, you're right. I don't know. A red spear comes goes through his heart. Uh-huh. I wonder who it could be. I thought Saber was fighting Lancer. That's what he said, but... I think it's he, Gil. He was... Oh, you think Gil did it? Yeah. A spear. Well, I guess there's two gay bulgs. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Oh, also, we get that the rotting, limbless uh, corpse is actually still alive. Hmm. That's hmm. scary. What? Uh, Kotamine does some gloating. Shiro recognizes the corpse also. Hmm. And then he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh... I kind of figured we couldn't trust Kotamine, but this is a very fun, like, playing of the hand of who Kotamine is. Yeah. Tiger Dojo 12. Uh, there's battle noises. <laughs> the, like, sword clashing noises are playing. Mm-hmm. Ilya and, or uh, Taiga is hiding out in the dojo while the fight is still going on. Uh-huh. Saber's still fighting Lancer. Ilya was captured, though, so she's not here. Mm. Uh,. Taiga tells us to go into the evil church kill hole. So, back in time. Shiro goes into the the hole in the basement. The round hole in the basement. Shiro finds himself in a creepy, like, altar room. Like, not a... It doesn't look very Christian down here, I guess is what it is. It doesn't look very Catholic. No. Uh, the f- floor is slimy and the room stinks of disinfectants and formaldehyde. Hmm. Uh, he goes into a darker part of the, like, the room past that room. It's even darker and finds, uh, a bunch of, uh, living corpses in coffins with, like, liquid being dripped into their mouth from something. Hmm. That sucks. Yeah. Uh-huh. They all have been dismembered. They're all, like, yeah, they're, it just describes how, like, the liquid is kind of, like, splashing on their face and so it's rotting around their face <laughs> where the water has <laughs> been. It's really gross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, like, Shiro tells an anecdote about a guy who was eaten by a whale and, like, slowly digested alive over the course of, like, a month or something like that before he was cut out by, uh, fishermen who, fishermen who killed the whale. Uh-huh. I don't know if he lived, but they found, like, a slick, hairless, like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And he's like, oh, it's like that. So, these people are being eaten alive by the coffins in slow motion, I guess. The coffins are absorbing something from them. Hey, Ben. Yeah? It's a little on the nose to have a priest literally harvesting energy from rotting corpses uh-huh. below his uh-huh. his chapel, but go off Nasu, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's very funny. He's like, the church has never been good. No. Tsukihime, the church is not very good. Like, they, they, 
they are known for taking advantage of nat- nature spirits and torturing, um, killing children to take advantage of nature spirits and torturing people until they become assassins. Mm-hmm. But this is especially, this is, this is like, ah, uh, yes, you know what the church does is extract, uh, nutrients from children. Well, yeah, but like generally like kind of extract from a population yes. for its own gain. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, one of the like kids turns their head and their eyeball falls out and they ask Shiro where they are. I'm sorry for all the body horror. I, I, I was not affected this much. Uh, reading, reading it, it until it, I started saying it out loud. Then saying stuff out loud is just like getting to me. I have a way of uh, making things worse as I tell them. See basically every sex scene we've covered so far. <laughs> um, you have fun with the sex scene. No, that, that's a joke. Um, I the t- eye popping out is bad. <laughs> yeah, Shiro's like, oh, none of these people know what happened to them. It's like they went to sleep and woke up here. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Oh, and they're all kids around his age. That's weird. That's also weird. It's it's weird for several reasons. Kotamine taps Shiro on the so- shoulder and is like, hey, bud. This is trespassing, you know? It's, I'm going to get mad at you. Uh, he also says, Kotomine says that this is Shiro's family. Hmm. Who are these kids? They're survivors of the fire. We've seen a, a ceiling in flashbacks of Shiro's. That was at a the orphanage. Yeah. Or, or was it the hospital? It was at the hospital. They were all, all the kids right. were in the children's ward together or something okay. like that. Um, uh, and all of the, he got adopted. He was the only kid that got adopted. The rest yeah. were given over to the church orphanage which is this church and this is the orphanage i guess yeah yeah it seems like a bad like they're not going to get a high rating on like uh, the better business bureau for orphanages or anything like that uh shiro realizes that or thinks about never coming to see any of them because he's like i'll run into them in town yeah he was like he felt guilty over being adopted so he never came went to check on those kids Mm -hmm. Uh, and he realizes, like, he could have been one of them if Kiritsugu hadn't adopted him or if he had said no. He would have been, not could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's rough. Yeah, he never saw him, even though it's a small town. And uh, Kotamine says something about how Shiro always survives and the people around him always suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, and Kotamine's like, I was going to close this place up tonight. I'm so glad you made it in time. <laughs> Kojimine is having the time of his life. He's having so much fun. He's really great. This is awful, but also I'm like, haha, yeah, (laughs) love you, man. (laughs) He's such a more entertaining villain than anything we've seen so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh uh-huh. He's he's incredibly, uh, I don't want to say charismatic. He's got a charisma. His voice actor is fun. Yeah. Um, He's, like, so big. He, like, fills the screen and, like, smiles and is a big asshole. And but just in, like, says, a fun way. Yeah. It, it's, he it's doesn't not, degrade It's not a women. charisma that is, like, ah, oh, I would follow you anywhere. It's a charisma that is, like, I'm having a, a joy yeah. just hearing you explain your evil plan. Yeah. Yeah, it's the charisma of an asshole who you wouldn't, you would never do anything they say because they're obviously an asshole, but it's still fun to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um... So, Kotamani has been drain- draining their souls for energy. Hmm. Uh, and there's no way, they're, they're too weak, they're dead, basically. Mm-hmm. There's no way to save them. Uh, Shiro spins around to yell at Kotamine and is stabbed from behind by Lancer, who's been here this whole time. Lancer is Kotamine's servant. 
I knew this mm-hmm. for a long time, but mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense. Shiro's like, uh-oh, this one might kill me for real, despite my uh, healing power. Lancer did not finish him off, but he's like, hey, this kid's going to die if you don't treat him. And Kodamina's like, I'm not treating him. I'm just luring out Saber. Mm-hmm. He can die when he dies. Interlude 15-1. Fate. It's because it's a fate route interlude. Yes, I know. I'm going to say it every time. We're going to have this conversation every time, apparently. We are in third person now. This is not Shiro dreaming or anything like that. We're really third person in watching Saber. Mm -hmm. Omniscient narrator's town. Mm -hmm. You want to go over what happens here? Sure. Saber's awake. Shiro's missing. Uh, She's mad at him for wandering off, but not too worried uh let's see oh right yeah it it's cloudy um but tonight should be clear and she wants to read the stars to see what chiro's future has in yeah. store for him yeah, it's cute. really cute merlin taught her how to like read fortunes from the sky from the sky and she like only ever asked am i doing the right thing mm-hmm. but now she's like well i want to see before I go, I want to give Shiro good advice. Yeah. Basically, is what she's saying. She's a little surprised that she's acting like a girl in love. Uh-huh. Uh, I love Rin. Rin comes up and starts taunting her about her feelings for <laughs> Shiro. Shiro. Rin thinks that they're a cute couple, but yeah. is merciless in bullying them. The narrator makes it, is like, Rin knows what happened last night, uh-huh. which is a very funny thing to say. She's like, she would be able to tell no matter what, but also she caught them in bed together this morning when she came to wake up Shiro. Uh-huh. Um, Illy's getting worse. She kind of lied in front of Shiro to make it sound less bad than it is, but she's like, yeah, she's gonna die if something doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Illy's not human. That's, I'm sure... We don't know what fine. she is. But yeah, um, apparently, as the Holy Grail War continues, Ilya degrades, mm-hmm. and like non-essential functions of her self start shutting down uh, until the Holy Grail War ends. Yeah, whether this will kill her is un- is not totally clear, yeah. but she will eventually lose her ability to be a human mm-hmm. if the Grail War continues. Yep. What? Oh. It's probably fine, then. It's probably not fine. It's fine. No worries. Uh, Rin found and infiltrated the secret base of Lancer's master, or, well, uh, Lancer's original master. Uh-huh. Um, all she found there was some blood. Um, or an arm? A left arm, arm cut off with no command spells. Yeah. Um, and she's like, hey, or, right, okay, Saber says... Well, that's funny, because you can't just become a master by stealing command spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you held on to your command spells and your servant after the last war, then you might still, you, you'd still be a master. Yeah. You could, you could like wrap around cheat is basically what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no, not DRM, like cheat protection for carrying command spells from one fight to the other. Yeah. Like, 50 years is a long time. They're supposed to be, like, 50 years apart. Yeah. You know? So that's less likely. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, we will see some stuff about this master, about this foreign woman, someday. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's from the Mages Association. Oh. Did you say that? That's I, important. I yeah. Um, so, we know. Shout-outs to all the people who love this girl. <laughs> 
And uh, hopefully we'll be able to provide you with a handful of crumbs to feed off of. Most of the people who love this girl. What do you mean? No shout outs to Shiro Shippers. Ah, yes, there's people out there. I saw a list of upsetting pairings. Damn, yeah. Okay. Okay. We know that this is Gil that they're talking about. Rin and Saber do not. I mean, not Gil. Kotamine. Kotamine. Yeah, yeah. Kotamine must have stolen Lancers. Yep. <sighs> or, um, you know, convinced Lancer to go along with him after killing his master, probably. Saber's worried. Rin's like, mm, you know where Shiro's gonna be. Rin has not put together that the this is necessarily the person who's the master of Gil and Lancer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But she is like, he, this guy, this master must have two servants. He's been sending Lancer out to scout to get into skirmishes with everyone to mm-hmm. like gauge their power and then he uses his real servant to hit the like finish them off without um because the, the no one knows who he is yeah because they're expecting lancer mhm saber's like oh okay well that's probably kotamine uh and she's worried about the church uh and then she says something interesting about like the church having so hospitals places where people go to die mhm churches also apparently were places where people go to die that is not i don't think people typically die in a church uh but she gets real real bad vibes Uh from the church especially yeah uh and then she gets a vision of the church basement which is like hey she has a connection to shiro Uh uh-huh uh and uh, and then saber's like hey rin uh watch my child Ilya," and then jumps over the wall (laughs) i love when she jumps over the wall um, um i do love this bit here where she's like uh it, i think it's awkwardly wor- worded but she basically is like she has to sh- she knows she doesn't have enough time so she has to go faster than god uh-huh <laughs> and fortunately this is god's house and her enemy is god's messenger it's very cool. yeah uh-huh save her attack and dethrone god <laughs> yes uh let's see um yeah uh so she enters the like kind of cool and and antechamber antechamber of the underground temple lancer gets in the way uh yeah lancer shows up it's Um, very lancer is very funny here because he's like can i just get like a regular fight can i just have like a vanilla fight where i'm just fighting and then one of us dies that's all i want that's uh all i'm here for literally and i keep getting fucking fight blocked saber is way too focused on lance or on shiro um she just like kind of bats him away like a fly kind Mm. of um and lancer's like ha 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 funny that you should rush past me because you should know that this spear is cursed yeah and as as long as it exists um like uh wounds that he inflicts with it will not heal yes which uh, i don't understand how that works because saber was stabbed in the chest by him and yeah. healed. He says something about luck playing into it, but she doesn't have particularly high luck either. Um, there. Okay, and this is so on day thirteen, I think. Rin said, "All heroic spirits get summoned, and what they want, their wish, is always to keep living." She does. I do the. She does the thing that I do, where she's like, "This is a fact about the world," uh-huh. or "This is a fact about this thing," and she's not maybe not wrong completely but she's not right that it's always like that yeah uh lancer no no desire for holy grail 
He just wants a cool fight. He just wants cool fights, yeah. He's like, cool. Now that I've got your attention, let's fight. Mm-hmm. Let's do a cool fight. Let's just, you know, punch each other with weapons mm-hmm. until one of us kills over dead. Back to Shiro. He's in a lot of pain. Uh, he hears the screaming, the the silent screams of all the people around him begging him mm-hmm. to save them and all that stuff. And he's like, damn, you know what? It's true that a superhero can only clean up a mess after the fact. They can't prevent things. Mm. Kotomine drags Shiro to the room that Saber's fighting in to show him off. Uh, Shiro's like, Kotomine is filled with vile corruption, <laughs> keeping him alive. It's Yeah, it's a fun bit that like Shiro knows that he was, or Shiro's pretty sure that he was um like, or... He was very wounded by whatever happened 10 years ago. Yes. And he has something filling that void now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kotomine has a similar, like, injury, very different thing filling that yes. void. Shiro uh, is full of swords. Kotomine is filled with vile corruption. Black ooze. Yes. Or mud. Love. Say mud. So, Kotomine holds up Shiro and is like, hey, listen, I don't... My my plan here doesn't make any sense, but here's here's the whole deal. I kind of want to summon the Holy Grail now and grant everyone's wishes. Hmm. It's not going to be as strong, but hey, we can we can do it right now. Who cares? Um, yeah, this is this doesn't really make sense. But Kotamine's plan, Kotamine doesn't have a plan. He is the being the Joker. <laughs> yeah, is basically the thing. He's trying to fuck with everyone. Mm-hmm. So, he can't summon the actual grail, but he could use the vessel's power to grant some limited wishes. Yeah. For for everyone here. I guess. Uh Uh-huh. Kotamine forces Shiro to remember some stuff about the fire that he didn't want to remember. Mostly the fact that Shiro always portrayed it as him walking through a wasteland where everyone was dead. But what Shiro was actually walking through was a bunch of people begging him for help because he was the only one who could move. Uh Uh-huh. And he was a kid and he couldn't do anything. But he really hates himself for not trying to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then he was saved by Kiritsugu then. He was saved by Kiritsugu from the, the church. And everyone else died. Mm-hmm. 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 Kodimina is like, hey, you want to redo that? You can probably do it better this time. We can redo the fire and you can stop it from happening with the power of the grail. Mm-hmm. And so none of those kids would die. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a, I like this bit where Shiro's like thinking about all the times he's gone back to the place where his house was in that park and like, m- like mimed opening the door and like walking to his room. Yeah. That's like a weirdly like depressing thing that I'm not really sure. I don't know if people would actually do that, but like, there's a, there's a good like line about like opening the door to a mother who wasn't there uh-huh. and then like walking into a room a bedroom that wasn't there uh-huh. like yeah it's a it's a great uh it's a great image at the very least kotamina is like so we can do this you can save all those people and shiro is like no you should not change the past or try to resurrect the dead it's impossible and kotamina is like well it's not impossible like we have the holy grail we can totally do it mm-hmm. and shiro is like shiro's Got this interesting thing where he's like, if you erase the events, where does all of that human suffering go? It can't just go away. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? 
this is interesting because I guess how does time travel and changing the past work? Did those do those kids who suffered still exist? Does Shiro jump to a different timeline? Because mm-hmm. he seems to think more like, no, that suffering still happened and no one can mourn it now. Yeah. Right. So we get we get the answer in like 30 seconds or something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but I think uncharitably, Shiro has a real pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, for some reason, going back and alleviating suffering is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't take the grail. Um, I think this was the moment where I like clicked with Shiro's mm-hmm. view a lot better. Yeah. In terms of it being no, it's that Shiro doesn't believe that the grail could do this. Yes. Um, and it's a, it's much more about like, Hey, suffering is part of life. Yes. There will be suffering no matter what. Mm-hmm. It is not worth it to pretend that you can fix it all. Yes. Like, you have to learn how to live with suffering because that's part of being alive. Yes. As long as you are alive, there will be suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you believe that you can go back and fix things, then where does that end? Yeah. Like, where how do you, can you Where do fix- you stop trying to alleviate all suffering in the universe? This is one fire in a small town that killed a lot of people. But it's like a minuscule accident in this grand scale of the world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Do you try and fix everything? Yeah. Can you? No, you can't. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting. Like on its face is like, oh, it's, it's good to let these people stay dead because they're already dead and it's not right to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of true. That's true. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you can't save everyone, especially when they're already dead. Yeah. Conveniently, the Grail cannot do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's interesting that like the Grail not being like the Grail not being what people think it is starts coming up now, mm-hmm. and it's very convenient. It's convenient, but it's also but it's like, also like yeah, of course it can't. Shiro's yeah. If it could do these things, I think that like if if it could truly, if it was like really go back in time and rescue all of those people and no really truly that suffering never happened it's not displaced onto anyone else mm-hmm. then i think like maybe shiro has to think a little harder but it it really is this this reads more as like yeah. shiro accepting that life is is a thing that you must live that you can't kind of lock yourself away and pretend that mm-hmm. oh you can make everything perfect yes yeah i agree i like that um, Kotamine's part of Kotamine's point here is like, you should be a different person. You never should have met Kiritsugu. You should be, be the person that you were before you met him. Mm-hmm. You should have grown up different. And Shiro's not really interested in that. Um, when Shiro rejects this, uh, all of the children around him die in the same, in a single moment. And he says, he says, maybe projecting without a single grudge. Oh. <laughs> it's a good moment. We flash immediately to Saber's perspective, and she's like, whoa, I thought we were the same person. I thought we were the same. I thought he would say yes. Mm, mm Because she was going to say yes. Uh Uh-huh. And Saber's like, maybe I'm wrong to try and change history. Hmm. Kodamine drops Shiro. He's been holding him by his head this whole time. And it's like, okay, Saber, you want to do it then? Uh, If you kill Shiro, then... uh, you can have the your gra- your wish. You can have the Holy Grail. Well, then, speaking of killing Shiro, 
this is a complicated to get too bad end. Yeah. Because you have to really fuck up making Saber like you. You're pretty bad. You have to try to get this. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, it It is interesting. It is a, like, I think you could maybe get here by accident, but, like... If you really just didn't understand the root-based structure of these games. Yeah. If this was, like, your first visual novel, you could totally get here. Yeah. If sure. it was your first visual novel and you didn't know you or you didn't know you couldn't get Rin on the first try mm-hmm. and you wanted Rin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you can only get to this bad end by uh, just not giving Saber anything she wants. And uh, yeah, triggering the, the scenes where you ask her for like a super move and she gets mad at you and all that uh-huh. stuff. Um, yeah. And so uh, Kotamine is like, hey, kill Shiro. I'll give you the grail. And Saber's like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I wish that this, this bad end is very short. Mm-hmm. I wish it lingered on this a little more because mm. she just like sticks the sword in Shiro and then is like, uh, basically handed the, the like trophy for winning a, the soapbox race. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? While she's in a state of like being stunned. Mm-hmm. And it's really, she's like shocked that she did this. She like grabs Shiro's body and is like talking to him. Briefly, I wish it lingered a little. It is it is fun that she she uh like cuts off his head and then the screen breaks. Yeah, as uh-huh. she's like, oh, what did I just do? Oh, okay, I guess I have the Grail now. Well, this improve this strengthens the Shiro as a vampire who can only be killed by beheadings theory. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Rin; she might come after. Tiger Dojo thirteen. Uh, Taiga and Ilya lament that every single Tiger Dojo is just them telling you to go back to the previous choice because it's very obvious. Uh, but and then they realize it's actually kind of hard to get here. Yeah. The heart pounding system everybody hates. Bad end from affection score checks. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> There's a good bit where Ilya is like, doesn't this suck actually though? Because like it's good for us because we feel useful. Reminder, bad? reminder for the listener. This is on day 15. You uh, need to go back to like day 7, they say. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you can't get any, um, you can't get any, uh, like affection. support, affection from Saber from day 12 on. Mm-hmm. And Ilya's like, so why didn't you just put this on day 12? Yeah, uh-huh. So yeah, I- Ilya's very like, isn't this a pain in the ass though? Because like, it's so hard to get here. Oh no, first she's like, well, doesn't that mean no one will get here? Uh-huh. Because it's really hard to get this. Or kind of hard well, to get this. So they, yeah, they get really, the, their arc is, <gasps> we're finally useful. Wait a sec. If we're finally useful, then it's really hard to get here. Uh-huh. Which means that no one will see us. And Tyga's like, but that's what tiger stamps are for. Yeah, you have wait, to do it. Completionists will get here. And then Ilya's like, wait a sec. One sec. That means that we're just a pain in the ass for completionists. Uh-huh. They have an existential crisis. And then, uh-huh. uh... They, their sprites keep flickering between, uh, full color and black and white. Yeah, uh-huh. That's pretty fun. Um... And then, uh, Tyga explodes. And Ilya says she hates explosion endings. Me staring at the camera. Goodbye, Aries. Not very good. <laughs> it was like very, it was fun. very funny. Uh, like having just read Goodbye, Ari, and then, um, and then reading this Tiger Dojo and being like, yeah, you know what? Explosion endings do suck. Back in time, Saber considers killing Shiro. Still, 
Uh-huh. And then she's like, nope, you know what? I'm giving up on my wish. Mm-hmm. She is like, you know, I do still want the grail. I, I haven't completely given up on my wish, but not like this. Yeah. Kotamina is like, oh, you're so, you're being so uncool right now. Come on. Uh, cut back to Shiro's perspective. Shiro's wound is closing. It seems that when he's close to Saber, his healing power out, it's outstripping Gabolg's curse. Which is an interesting, like, oh, I wonder if that's where Nasu figured, figured out slash decided that, uh, Shiro being close to Saber also, like, increases yeah, uh-huh. his magical transfer of energy. I do think that, like, when he dies from Ryder kicking him out a window, Saber is not there. And he yeah. survives that same injury when she's there. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. No. Uh, it, yeah. It is an interesting, like, yeah, I just wonder if that's, if for Rialta Nua, Nasu was like, well, if they're closer together, his healing power works better. Uh-huh. So it also makes sense that... Yeah, Kotamina is, like, me being very um annoyed mm-hmm. and so kotamina's like you know what oh, it's fine it's fine it's fine i'll use the grail then if no one wants it uh but his wish requires the grail to be completely filled for so it's time to kill shiro and save her what's kotamina's wish does he say here he's just looking to have a good time man this is where he says it's entertainment is his yes wish. he does say that once he, he expounds on that later though okay um, Kotamine says something about how he, uh, killed Lancer's real master because he didn't want the Mages Association finding out the true nature of the Grail. Hmm. And he kept Lancer to speed up the fighting because he wanted to get to the good part, the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and Saber's like, where is the vessel for the Holy Grail? And he's like, you had Ilya the whole time and didn't know she was the vessel for the Holy Grail? That's fun. You were hiding her and you didn't even know? Kotamina is staring at Saber. You are hiding the vessel for a holy grail. You were wiping crumbs off the face of the vessel for the holy <laughs> grail. You were and... hiding a child. <laughs> um, Kotamine plays another card, uh, being that he still has his servant from the last grail war, Gilgamesh. <laughs> Gil- <laughs> That joke may not play. Bilgames is an earlier translation, uh, uh, what Gilgamesh is called in older uh, mm. versions of mm. the Epic of Gilgamesh. Bilgames. Bilgames. There's a few names for him. Gil is such a better, like, Bill. Oh, Bill. yeah, that's Bill. Oh, yeah, Bill's here. <laughs> Golden boy Bill. Uh, Gilgamesh does My just baby, sound baby cool. Boy Bill. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe if Bilgames is the one that stuck, Bilgames would be the one that sounded cooler to us. I don't think so. I don't think so. Gil is like, hey man, you're put, you were trying to like put on a play here, but it's kind of gone south, huh? And Kotamina is like, oh fuck off, I'm doing my best. Lancer is pissed. He didn't know about Gil either. Mm-hmm. Um, Kotamine is like, yeah, me and Gil, we met up again after the Grail War. I brought him home. I've been feeding him. <laughs> we we kept hanging out because we we're still into each other, you know. Um, when Kotamine was surprised to hear about Gil, it's because he told Gil not to attack them, and Gil did anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So he was legitimately surprised. It was just for a very different reason than uh-huh. Gil existing. He does that annoying anime villain thing where he's like, I never lied to you. Uh-huh. I just said things in such a way that you would have no choice but to but think the thing that I'm saying. Yes. Uh, Kotamine go on Homestuck challenge. <laughs> um, Let's see. So, this is where Kotamine admits to being the cause of the fire. Mm-hmm. Or, sort of. He got a hand on the grail and uh, used a little bit of power to wish for a diversion to split up Saber and uh, Kiritsugu because he was worried that Gil was going to lose. Mm-hmm. And the grail processed that as, set the whole city on fire, burn it down, burn it down. Mm. This is a thing... This is a thing that we're going to be increasingly uh, confronted with about the grail, is that the grail is a monkey's paw. Yeah. The grail... Well, the, the grail, grail is a genie. The grail is the rainy devil. <laughs> grail is filled with curses and blood, Ben. The grail is filled with all of the world's evils. We don't know. Why? That. Fine. It's filled with many evils. <laughs> we don't know it's all the world's. Curses and blood aren't necessarily... I was about to say necessarily evil. Blood isn't necessarily evil. Curses kind of are. Curses are pretty evil. By their nature or... So, yeah, he's like, listen, it would have happened a fire like that. Maybe it wouldn't have been a fire, but something fucked up would have happened no matter who touched the grail. It didn't have to just be me because being an evil shithead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gil got soaked, splashed with grail mud, and that's why he's here, I guess. Mm-hmm. I thought it was because he was getting fed souls, but I guess he is getting Whoa. fed souls in addition to yeah. the grail mud, making him mm-hmm. more stable. Uh. There's a great bit where Co- where Shaber's like, but it, it's supposed to grant wishes. And he's like, do you ever consider how it might grant your wish? Yeah. This is always the thing with wish granters. Which is, yeah, it's an interesting like, oh, the grail is just power. Uh-huh. That's all it knows. It is going to take the easiest solution to mm-hmm. granting your wish. Uh-huh. Which is like, it it is... I would believe that if you wished for world peace, the Grail would probably just kill everyone. Because mm-hmm. that's the easiest way to achieve world peace, is this, humans no longer exist. This and the contract with the world to become a heroic, like for power in exchange for becoming a heroic spirit makes me, is very Madoka to me. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Like, I, I will never regret this <laughs> kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh, I know that uh, Nasu and Udoboshi are friends, uh, so. This, I'm sure that some parts of Fate Stay Night had influence on Uroboshi while he was writing Madoka. I'm sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's interesting. It's not a one-to-one, but there's, like, interesting... I was reading the scene like, oh, this is, like, Kyubei talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and we get, like, oh, yeah, Shiro's right that um, if he tried to go back and save all of those people, mm-hmm. maybe that would happen. But also, a lot of other that would just mean other people died and suffered uh-huh. instead. Yeah, it's it's the bit spoilers for uh, midpoint Madoka. It's the bit where Kyubei is like, it was the most convenient thing to take you out of your body to like separate your soul from your body. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. That's how the Grail works. Yeah, is that it's like it doesn't care about your personal fear feelings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care about the method through which you would prefer things to get done. Mm-hmm. It's going to do it like a brutal, painful way. Mm-hmm. Although it does, Kotamine does imply that it's like, Oh, it's not, it's not, it's just doing it efficiently. But what it's actually doing is purposefully fucking with you. Cause it's full of curses. Yes. That's why I say it's an evil genie. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ben has two very funny notes here. This is not the grail that Saber's been looking for or hoping for. And then Kotomine is horny for the evil grail. <laughs> yeah, this bit here is where Kotomine was like, there is an e like, the world is built on equivalent exchange. Wishing for something good for some one person means not getting something good for someone else. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, saving someone means not saving someone else. This is all very mad. This is a lot of the, like, stuff where I was like, oh, yeah, this is Madoka. This mm -hmm. is, like, the, the, a lot of the energy that happens in Madoka. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that, like, equivalent exchange. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, like, it has, it's not the equivalent exchange. It's a lot of the wording of, Saving someone means not saving someone else reminded me of Madoka. Mm. Again, I'm not saying that it's, just, it, no, it directly yeah, yeah. what caused Madoka. I'm not saying that you are, it's just, uh -huh. like, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. It's just this whole bit, like, got me thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kotimine tells Lancer to kill Shiro and Archer to kill Saber. Uh, Shiro's still really fucked up, so he's not exactly in fighting shape. Uh, he, Kotimine walks off to go do something. And, uh, Saber tries to make a break for it with Shiro. What happens? We get one of my favorite moments from the, the part that we read for this. Uh-huh. Uh, right. So Kotomini leaves and, uh, and then Ku attacks Gil. Uh-huh. Gil blocks. He's got a great, like, rolling his eyes sprite Ku does. Uh-huh. Um, and Ku then says, Sorry, I missed. Oh. It's kind of a smirk, and it, it is it is the most Hachikuchi from uh, uh, Monogatari vibes uh -huh. I've ever seen from a fate servant. Because <laughs> um, it's like, oh yeah, her bit is every time she shows up, she messes up Araragi's 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 name. And then says, oops, I bit my tongue. And uh -huh. this is the, it, it is like exactly the same, uh, cadence of joke. Uh huh. Of like, Ku trying to stab Gilgamesh and then saying, oops, I missed. Uh huh. Um, Saber, Ku is like, hey, I don't really care about the Grail. I just wanted a cool fight. I'm going to do, I've decided to do this because Kotamine did not order me with a command spell. So I'm just going to fight Gil. Mm hmm. And Saber warns Lancer about Gil's powers and identity, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that he's that guy, given how fucking conceited he is. Mm -hmm. uh, Gil is also like, yeah, I was going to do the exact same thing. Yeah, the reason that Gil was able to block is because Gil was about to attack. <laughs> Here's the bad news, though. The Grail doesn't need all servants but one to be dead. It needs six, not all of them. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if Lancer or Saber dies. Oh, yes. The Grail is going to trigger uh, when one more servant dies. Gil, Lancer, or Saber. Mm -hmm. And Kotamine wants the the Grail to trigger. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Lancer fights Gil. That's cheating. The Saber and Shiro take a breather in um the graveyard for a little while. Saber uh, sticks her fingers in Shiro's uh, chest hole. Hmm. Uh, she fed magical energy to the sheath, and so he's going to heal faster. What is the sheath she keeps talking about? Okay. Uh, she means Excalibur's sheath. Yeah, the one that Rin very conveniently talked about recently. Uh-huh. Um, like, literally the thing that made her immortal. Uh-huh. 
She lost it before Camlan, they say here. Okay. She did, she did. She does not have that sheath. Um. Then why was she still alive? What do you mean? The sheath is what made her immortal. She couldn't die until Excalibur went back. Why? Then, like, didn't she only need the she, sword? Excalibur also keep, kept her a lot. Because Excalibur, not the sheath, is what kept her eternally young. So it still has healing powers. The sheath is is the stronger of the two, though. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, she realized it yesterday and then was kicking herself for not realizing it sooner. Uh-huh. Uh, if only was... anyone told her that Shiro had a mysterious healing power before yeah. then, she would have put it together really quickly. Uh-huh. Um, so this is this is why Shiro summoned her is because the sheath it's the catalyst yeah the catalyst it, it is the artifact that kiritsugu was given that uh-huh. was dug up um it, yeah there's a really fun uh it's really fun realizing what the catalysts are for all of the servants uh yeah anyway uh after after i'd read the entire game i was like wait that servant doesn't have a oh kiritsugu didn't give her the sheath because Saber already was good at recovery, so mm-hmm. he wanted to split the power. We don't know what he was actually doing with it. Mm-hmm. Well, she assumes we he was know what he was actually. We do, doing but we can't but, talk about it. Yeah. Um. Um. At, so after the war, uh, Kiritsugu found Shiro dying, mm-hmm. and I think Saber kind of says, "Like you must have known that you were on death's door." Uh, Kiritsugu, not a healer. Yeah. Did have a magical sheath, uh-huh. though, and so put it inside of yeah, Shiro. Yeah, magically, like, blended it into Shiro's mm-hmm. body. I love it when people who don't have healing powers try to heal and it comes out fucked up. Uh-huh. Nasu loves to do this. Uh, the sheath is, like, cool in that it ca- the way it heals is, like, violent sword flesh. Uh-huh. Uh, I love Rin, like, blowing her entire pendant for a healing spell someone probably could, with knowledge, could probably have done a lot easier. Well, um, okay. We'll we'll talk about this in a sec, but I think that Ren Rin might actually be a very talented healer. Yeah, she says she had no knowledge at the time, but and she, she also but she also power. says like if I can heal this, I should get uh, uh-huh. I, like I should get accepted into university immediately. But she didn't and, have any knowledge beforehand. Is my point? Yeah, I just mean like she gets injured in a little bit and is like, don't worry, I can heal myself. Yeah, that's interesting. I was wondering about that. But also, um, the other example is, uh, the way that Ikiha saved Shiki, uh, by cursing him so, like, uh-huh. badly that she was, he was tied to her as something to feed her forever. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's good. I love, Nasu does this a lot. It's very fun every time. Um, Shiro remembers the first time he got killed by Lancer, and yeah. he's like, the, I, the sheath didn't save me then. Right? Or did it? He remembers oh. finding a strange rock on him that he took home with him, and now he doesn't know where it is. Uh-huh. Um, spend it. Two things. <laughs> uh, one, the sheath doesn't function if it doesn't have magical energy. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And um, uh, it's stronger when Saber's around, because it be- it really belongs to Saber. Yeah. Yeah. Or, she says that it it barely functions with her around, or without her around. Yeah. Um, so Kiritsugu must have put a lot of magical energy into yeah. it to save Shiro. Yeah. And so it couldn't save him. But once she was summoned, it activated <laughs> for real. And so this is, this is, the sheath is what is filling, um, Shiro's hole. 
the same way that Kotomine has a hole in his heart that is being filled with mm-hmm. black goop, mm-hmm. Shiro has a hole in his heart that is being filled by the magical sheath of the sword Excalibur. I guess the difference is that I don't think Kotomine could survive without the mud. Shiro can survive without the sheet yeah. now. Shiro does not have the shiki problem of if you, s- where he has not, he has recovered. Yeah. He can live without it. Yeah. yeah. It is not a thing where if you take it out, he'll die instantly. Mm-hmm. I don't, is there a way to get the mud out of Kotomine? Hmm. Like, squeeze him real hard, <laughs> ring him like a towel. Oh, is that how you get the blood into the grail? Is just like, <laughs> squeeze a priest. Squeeze a priest. <laughs> um, I think Shiro, Boost, boots some gra- mud out of his body at some point, but I think it's not good for you. I think I it's meant destroyed. again, like Kotomine would never get rid of the mud. No, he wouldn't want. Kotomine loves the mud. Yeah, Kotomine loves mud. How I learned to love the mud <laughs> was it didn't take much for Kotomine. So, um, Kotomine is sickos for mud. He is Kotomine at the window. Mud. Shiro's like, oh, I'm sorry for using your sacred artifact, and Sh- Saber's like, I guess I feel like. At least I was the cause of someone being saved from that fire mm-hmm. when I failed to save anyone else. Mm-hmm. So she gets a she gets a hand on the ball of Kiritsuko saving him, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and Saber has a moment of being like, "Oh, Kiritsuko did not betray me like an asshole. Yeah, he did a good thing by ordering me to destroy the Grail. He just didn't have time to tell me what was going on." We get an image that I think, I think is from like the a a dream that saber has of what her life looks like if she'd gotten a grail and it did what she wanted yeah she's she's wearing like a little home on the prairie dress again Uh uh-huh it's fine i like her normal battle dress better much better um and she was like hey so we're gonna destroy the or right saber I love Saber. The Holy Grail and I are just dreams that must not exist. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she was like, yeah, so we're destroying the Grail? And like, yeah, we're like, destroying yeah. the Grail. Yeah. They make it home. They make it home. Uh, we're in the entryway. Oh, Fen, is that blood on the oh, handle of the door? Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Kotamine, I don't know how long they were at that graveyard, but Kotamine probably must have been going real fast also is the thing to get all this done in time. Well, Shiro's still injured, so like, uh-huh. he couldn't. It's the, not like, how many bicycles does Kotamine have on hand? I think Kotamine has a moped. <laughs> Kotamine on the, uh, the, F- the Furikuri Vespa. Yeah. <laughs> with a guitar strapped to his back. Oh, I was thinking of like, uh, Rin Yuru camp. Uh-huh. Uh, but Kotomine. Uh-huh. This is the difference between you and I. These are the two genders. Kotomine. Do you think of Yuru camp when you think of a little scooter, or do you think of uh Raharu from Furikuri? Kotomine makes sure to put on the helmet before. Uh-huh. We get an incredible background slash CG of Rin. Oh. <laughs> this is such a good like She's really fucked up here. Yeah. She's like, her eyes are like hollow. She's cut, she's been like gored, it looks like. There's blood everywhere. Uh huh. Oh. There's a big streak of blood. Uh, Rin, one It's like eye she was closed. stabbed into the wall and then yeah. slid down. Uh huh. Oh, you're home at last. Jeez. I was about to go to sleep, you idiot. Rin's dying. Rin is dead. Rin is dying, Ben. Um, 
we immediately get that she's not actually dying, that she's fine. She's man- magically treated is, her own wounds. Yeah, this is what I mean by, like, I think that Rin is a better healer than she gives herself credit for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but, the, yeah, this scene is so weird because it's very cool. Like, the, the, the like, cert- like, it really hits home uh-huh. that their house was invaded while they weren't there. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. But it's so weird to me that Rin is fine. And there's no question that Rin will be fine from this. Yeah, it, uh-huh. I think we have not read the epilogue. I haven't reread the epilogue. As far as I remember, Rin is fine. Yeah. Um, this reads as her death scene, a death scene. And she, like, yeah, the, the, I, as soon as I saw her say, Oh, I was about to go to sleep, I was like, Oh, she's dying. Uh huh. Like they came in moments before her death and she's clinging on a little longer to talk to them. And, and she's being, uh, confident in a way that is like, don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. It's you don't do not care about me. You have other things that you need to do. I'll be a real sicko's face if she is dead in the epilogue. Uh-huh. She's not going to be, but no, I don't think so. Um, Rin let Kotamine in because she didn't realize that he was their enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she should have been able to put it together, but she really didn't believe that he had it in him. Yeah, because he was her like second father figure. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, she got her ass kicked. He had no problems with killing her. And he nabbed Ilya. We get that Ilya is a human made from a magic circuit. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, she may not, they might not be able to save her if all servants, all the servants needed are killed. If six servants are killed. Yeah. Which is what Rin meant by, like, is filling up. Mm-hmm. Um, or as, as, she fills up her not quote unquote non essential functions yeah. shut down. Yeah, and she's absorbed. She is holding the souls of every servant that is killed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that overrides her human side. Yeah, I don't know how she could have won the Grail War if she was basically unconscious for the last fight. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe berserker. Maybe having a servant mitigates the yeah like effect. Yeah, I wonder because she started getting worse as soon as Berserker was dead. Mm-hmm. Ryudo Temple is probably the best place to summon the Grail. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, uh, Rin's like, Kotamine's gonna kick your ass. And we get a choice. Even so, we have to do it. Or, do you think there's any way we can win? <laughs> I, neither lead to a bad end. I just did the even so, we still have to do it line. I don't know if there's much of a difference. I don't think so. Uh, she hands over a dagger, a kind of goofy-looking dagger with a zoth carved into the pommel. So this is um, Periclesius. Who dagger. was it? Lauren in abnormal mapping. Who? Yes. Shout outs to Lauren. you. I was gonna look this up, but I didn't get around Shout to, to it. Future guest Lauren, probably, uh, maybe. Yeah, this is Periclesius Hohen- Hohenheim. Mm-hmm. Is depicted carrying a sword that looks like this. And this is in Fate Grand Order, where Periclesius is, is also. This yeah, is has the this. dagger that he uses as a SNP. Uh, I this thought this one. was like literally a special sword, but it's a replica, basically. Yeah, mages give these to their kids, or you like school. <laughs> Harry Potter gives them to uh, people who get accepted into Hogwarts, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. It does. It did sound like it's a like oh it's a magical hey, thing but it's not like the... like parents parents would be like hey congrats on getting into school here's your as off dagger yeah, it's like a coming of age present yeah, basically yeah. uh and it's less of a sword more of a magic wand yeah <laughs> for channeling magic energy which is she's been loading it with magical energy it's not as strong as one of her gems but it's still pretty pretty yeah, good yeah 
Mm-hmm. She knew she couldn't beat Kotamine in that circumstance, so she mm-hmm. hit, she prioritized hiding it over using it. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells Shira to win and that she'll be very mad if he's dead when she wakes up, and then she uh, de- dies. Mm-hmm. Not dead, but it's the most dead I've ever seen a person who's not dead be. Yeah, it. Yeah. Shiro is it, like, yep, she's fine. Anyway. Yeah, which is a weird... And like, if they ran away then, I would be like, okay, maybe she is dead. But Shiro, like, Saber comes in and dresses her wounds and shit. Oh, they, right, they spend right, time yeah. with her. Yeah. I, yeah. I For a minute, I thought there might be like a good and true end split, depending on uh, if Rin and like Rin survives in the good end or something like mm-hmm. that. But there is no split here. We only have one ending. Real quick, I just realized we forgot to say, um, Ku explicitly before uh, Saber and and Shiro escape mm-hmm. is like, uh, no hero would ever choose a second life. Hmm. Um, he did say that, yeah. Which is which is a very interesting, like, oh no, Rin, you're you're just entirely wrong. Uh huh. Like, according to Ku, no one would ever choose a second life. I think and- Ku is also wrong. Ku, well, Ku calls out specifically, like, hey, Gilgamesh, you're one of the few people who's uh-huh. self-centered enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to get the grail and have another life. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it seems like most people's wishes are more introspective than that. Yeah. Well, and I think what Ku, what Ku says is their servants are not attached to the world or this world. They're attached to the oaths that they couldn't fulfill, which is a fun, like, oh, more, most heroic spirits are like saber uh-huh. in that they have like un like they have, a chip they, they have shoulder they have uh business left undone that they want to resolve um mm-hmm. and they can't do that because they're dead now mm-hmm. but like they want a second chance at resolving that business not uh i just want to live and like go around uh-huh. and and yeah. yeah i think this might partly be like something a failing of rin to always understand that heroic spirits are people you know yeah. what I mean? she she understands now that they are more than just familiars right but mm-hmm. her training tells her like oh of course they're not real people so their wishes to be real people yeah uh-huh. you know what i mean yeah uh they have dinner <laughs> yep it's midnight they have dinner and we get a choice of what to do hang out with saber report to kiritsugu or have a strategy meeting report to kiritsugu is kind of like cute it's, um, it's so short. It's um, very short. It's bad end unless you have a strategy meeting. Yeah. Um, I wish that it was longer because I was very excited at the prospect of Shiro like recapping the story for Kiritsugu. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But it is very much like, hey Kiritsugu, like does does he go to a shrine? Like a like a family shrine? Or it doesn't even say. Okay. He just like right. we get a like, shot of the lines. of the like ceiling that we saw when Kiritsugu was dying. Yeah. Um, I really wish it was expanded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hanging out with Saber is really cute. Yeah, that's a cute scene. Um, still die. Yes. Um, so, let's hang out with they Saber. They, like, spar. Um, uh, there's a line that I do hate in the hanging out with, Shiro, the, with Saber thing where she's like, you've gotten so good with a sword, you could probably beat me. And I'm like, yeah, are you fucking what? kidding me? I think she says take a take a match off of me but that's still, too much that's yeah. like what are you talking about what's we won't let's not cover any of this do you no. want to just talk about the tiger yeah. dojo yeah uh we'll talk we'll say, mention where the death happens but yeah it's a little while. and aside from uh aside from like 
one difference in that death. Like, there's a lot. It's interesting because there's a lot more animation and like effort put in, and like some more flowery language in the real version than yeah. the bad end version. So like weirdly this is down. This is effectively yeah a fast forward of stuff that you would see anyway. Yeah. Um, Tiger fifteen. This is the last one for the route. Yeah, Ilya is back. I was worried that Ilya wouldn't be back for this one, but I'm or, glad she's here. Is this fourteen? No, it's fifteen. Okay. Oh no, fourteen. No, it oh. is fourteen. Weird. Tiger Dojo fourteen. Um, Taiga says that Saber has three noble phantasms. Hmm. Uh, and that we should keep that in mind. That would be. We know at this point it's the it's got to be the sheath caliber and an Excalibur. It's the wind. It's invisible air. Uh, Excalibur and the sheath. I always thought invisible air was like a fake noble phantasm. It's a real pretending. noble phantasm. Um, it's like an A rank attack or something. Tiger's like give back what you've borrowed. Very uh-huh. obvious. And, uh, yeah, she says that Tiger Dojo is officially over. Look out for Tiger Dojo Part 2, Taiga, <laughs> Taiga 100 million yen debt edition. Oh, Ilya says that. Yeah. Uh, Ilya's like, hey, next route, production value's going way up. We're gonna do it in my castle. We're gonna shoot it all in my castle, and uh, they're gonna have to pay me a lot of money in rent, basically. Uh-huh. Well, and also, like, more sprites. We're gonna have a uh-huh. set, more sprites. Like, it's gonna be incredible. Taiga's very excited about this because she has not processed that she's paying for it. Uh-huh. And Taiga also takes this opportunity to tell us that day three is going to be the key to switching over to the next route mm-hmm. once we get a real ending. Yeah. If you do go and do day three, um, yeah, there's another choice there. Use whatever you can, including your command spell, to stop the raging lion. Hmm. Uh, so Ar- Archer doesn't get got, I guess. Yeah, That's that makes sense. And we're done with Tiger Dojos. We're almost done. We're almost done. I don't want to know how long it's been. I'm still alive. You're doing pretty good. We're at 549. Imagine if we had to do the epilogue and wrap-up talk. Then that would have become another episode. I know. Um, if we weren't already planning on it. Um, yeah. So we have to we have to have a strategy meeting. Yeah. And then you get another choice. Look, Look for a weapon. Strengthen One saber. Sec, ben. What? What? Uh, Shiro drags Saber to the shed. Uh-huh. Like, we can't have this strategy meeting anywhere else. That's very <laughs> Gotta funny. Gotta be in the shed. This is, this is where he strategized about his date. Uh-huh. I don't know that this is the best place for Shiro to be strategizing. Look for a weapon, strengthen Saber, or give her the sheath back. Strengthen Saber is so I funny. I didn't do any of them. What is, what are the rest of them? Um, so strengthen Saber... Uh, Saber's like, okay, I've, I've lowered my, uh, my magical resist. And he just, like, holds her hand and pours magic <laughs> into her like he's strengthening anything else. Do you get a bad end for this? It's the same. Okay. Uh, if you don't, if you don't choose, give her her sheath. You charge her batteries for a little while. Um, uh, I don't... Do they find a weapon? I... Or does Shira just do... pick up a... Or does Shira just pick up a lead pipe, you think? I didn't do look up for a weapon, um, so I anyway. don't remember exactly what happens. You have to but give her the sheath. Strength obviously. and Saber is really funny. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's... Well... The the ending of that is uh Shira going, so feel any different? And Saber's like, uh no, did it work? And Shira's like, I can't tell until I use stuff that I strengthen. <laughs> um and the both of them are like, Well, I guess we're gonna go fight Can Pilgrimies. you Strengthen a person? No. 
or not well enough apparently what if it it just makes them more human <laughs> it, it increases the qualities of the object so it would make you more human i guess yeah that seems bad honestly uh-huh Shiro offers the, the sheath back. Um, Saber's worried that he'll die if he gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a like line people make fun of from this. People die when they're killed, then. Uh huh. It's Shiro being like, I don't think this line is funny in context. No, it's it's funny if you take it out of context yeah. because like the of course people die when they are killed, but in context is perfectly fine. Yeah, it's Shiro being like. I've been taking it for granted that I can overwork my body. Mm-hmm. And it is natural for people to, like, if you do a fatal injury on a person, they will die. Yeah. You know what it I mean? It again comes back to Shiro kind of accepting that Death parts of life are parts of, like, you can't be alive mm-hmm. and ignore all of the bad parts of life. Yes. Like, yeah, if you're alive, people people die when they, they're killed. People suffer when they're hurt. Mm-hmm. Like these are things that are just true and uh it's okay to go back to being normal um the sheath is not literally lodged in shiro's guts it's like melted into his magic circuit the same way like that, that like if you cut him open you wouldn't just find a bunch of swords laying yeah. there uh yeah yeah the sheath kind of so shiro she basically pulls and he does projection magic to like recreate it basically uh-huh. but like it's not it's not quite the same as normal projection magic because he's recreating he's creating he's like changing it from one shape to another not making a fake yeah yeah mm-hmm. what would happen if he died with the sheath still in him would it would it re-manifest in his body or would it be Ooh, gone forever that's an excellent question uh-huh. well i think the thing is is or would his bones become the the thing carrying that that spell now I wonder if he could die with it in him. Like he does. Yes, there's dead I ends. I know there are dead ends, but that would kind of be a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I yeah. I'm curious. Uh huh. It's interesting because like it does the healing power does give out in some bad ends. Yeah. And it's like I I assumed that immortality was only right available oh, to yeah Saber. yeah it probably is so. I guess it never shows up. Yeah, I bet you you could probably extract it from him. It bursts out of his chest like the alien from Aliens. But I don't think that it... Like, you'd have to gather all of the pieces of him and, mm-hmm. like, extract it from those pieces. But it, when, what, what happens if, if he rots? Is it gone? Hmm. Or is his bones become the rue relic? That's a good question. Interesting. Let's kill Shiro and find out. Uh, Saber's impressed that he managed to get it all, all of the finish and the stickers in the right place. Um, he says goodbye to the sheath and we move on to the showdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the Rio Doji temple. A lot of this is abridged in the bad end, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the plan, Ben. Yeah. Saber is going to fight with Gilgamesh. Yes. Cause Gilgamesh is, uh, laser focused on Saber. Uh huh. And also, uh, as we learned at the very beginning, uh, only servants can fight servants, and so masters should fight masters. Mm-hmm. So uh, Shiro's going to run off and beat up Kotamine. Yes. Uh, this has the nice property of if either one of them wins, they get what they want. Yes. Which is uh, Kotamine not getting the grail. Yes. Uh, because if Saber wins, then Kotamine can't touch the grail. 
Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have a servant to do. He doesn't have a servant. And if Shiro wins, then Kotamine disappears. Mm-hmm. And soon after, so does Gil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, a servant needs to guide the grail into the vessel, right? Yeah. Right. Or, yeah, like, I don't. I don't remember exactly what how it's phrased, but it's like it's basically the the master can't touch the grail mm-hmm. even if it's in a vessel. I, I think remember. that I think that the thing is that the the servant puts it into the vessel and then the ser- the person can. Okay, I'm pretty okay. sure that's what it yeah. is. That makes sense. Um, let's see. Uh, Shiro kind of wants to run away together, but is like, ah, we we got to do this. Mm-hmm um shiro talks about grail mud he sees it in the background there's like mud in the distance Mm -hmm. like a big hole in the sky or something like that there's a fun note of like oh there's a um there's a lake in the back of the temple or on Uh like top of the mountain where like a sleeping dragon might live yeah it's like it's like a sacred place is what he's trying to get at yeah oh but like it's a very specific wording they get disrupted they get stepped Gil shows up first, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, I'm going to, like, outline my corruption fetish fic for what I'm going to do to Saber when we win. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gil lets Shiro go up to fight Kotamine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kotamine, he's like, oh, my God, the grail mud is evil. And Kotamine's like, listen, I didn't wish for mud. The mud just happens. The grail is evil. It's not just me. Yeah. Um, he does. He says something interesting about how the grail should grail be song. pure. Um. But, and no human power could taint it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it must have always been evil then, mm. which is interesting. Uh, let's see. There's okay, a... This is where, this is one of my favorite Kotomine scenes. It's a really fun scene. He's such a uh, fun villain. Sure, I was like, hey, so what's your wish? And Kotomine, arms outstretched. Doing, he's doing a sermon, and like yeah. Shiro describes his face as being like like serene and truly kind. Uh-huh. Uh, Kotomine says, entertainment. Entertainment is what I seek. And you know, you know what is the best entertainment of all? Humans. Humans burning brightest right before they die is pretty uh-huh. much what he he's into. Yeah. It's really, it's... It's he, very fun. He's like all form of all forms of culture are interesting because they're made by humans, but they're like they're a poor substitute for what people really want to see, which is humans struggling right before they die. Uh-huh. Uh he he also has a great line where he's like, "Really, no one loves humans more than me, even if I do if it is in a kind of fucked up way." I admit. Uh, their rules. <laughs> Shiro is mad and attacks him and like the Sure, tries to attack. I do, yeah, again, this is the kind of thing that is like, oh, uh, it is a fight scene. It is hard to talk about yeah. because it it is, like, well-written and fun. It's fun that, like, Shiro kind of goes into attack and then has to jump to the side and realizes, oh, I haven't gotten any closer to him. The grail mud grows tentacles and starts slapping yeah. at him. Which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. While Kotamine is like, haha, I've wanted to get revenge on Kiritsugu for a long time, but this is close enough. Um, and we're, we cut to Saber versus Gil. Less Largely, fun. um, I really like this ending fight because we keep cutting between, um, Kotamine, yeah. Chiro, and Saber Gil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a fun, like, oh, uh, at particularly impactful moments of each fight, we like pause for a little bit and see uh-huh. what's happening on the other side, and like, like 
oh, this, uh, Shiro's losing, uh, he's about to die, cut to Saber, oh no, Saber's dying, cut to Shiro, you uh-huh. know. I also love the background of the Ryodoji temple turning into a sword graveyard. I love yeah. a sword graveyard. Uh, which is like, oh, Gil has been firing swords and they're just laying in the ground. Or like, they're all embedded in the ground as Saber's trying to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Gil's doing a lot of taunting. Saber's trying to beat him before he gets serious and uses, uh, a, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. She's starting to get nailed by swords. Um, he decides to use Aya anyway. She uses Excalibur. <coughs> Cut back to Shiro. Shiro's not even touched. It's such a fun boss fight because Kotamina is just sitting there with his hands crossed. Oh, uh, Ilya is Evangel is like cru- crucified to the sky, Evangelion yeah. style, or like. Uh, honestly, I would not be surprised if, um, Elden Ring spoilers, I guess, the, the final battle in Elden Ring, like, has, has vibes of this. Yeah. Of, like, oh, yeah, they're just, like, chained up there to something deep. Floating in the sky. Yes. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, she's also naked. Um, it's not very, it's not very salacious, but, you know, you can tell because it doesn't change between versions. Yeah. Nothing changes um uh let's see shiro is uh being imprisoned by tentacles wrapped around his wrists and neck mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> <laughs> all uh, i'm saying ben is that kotomine is daddy for some people <laughs> <sighs> another uh fabulous moon archive fan shirt uh-huh. uh is daddy in parentheses for some people <laughs> Um, in which two girls accept that Kotomine is daddy. <laughs> posit that Kotomine is daddy. Okay, yeah. Um, Kotomine, uh, Shiro's like, why do you hate Kiritsugu? And he's like, well, we just are too similar. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just don't get along with someone you're, who's really similar to you. Like you and me. And there's not, you've said that this isn't, there's not really good case for the two of them being no. similar right now. No. Um, this is like, this feels like, it's a setup. I don't, I don't know if Nasu know or like what what Nasu is trying to do. It it does feel like uh, what are you talking about? Knowing the whole game, I guess you can read it as like this will be explored further in uh-huh. the future. But yeah, it's, we're missing the how is Kotamine similar to Kiritsugu because we're missing them interacting. Yeah, you know what I uh-huh. mean. There's a key that Kotamine has that we don't get here. Yeah, and we will get parts of it later. Yeah. Um. But it's it's really unexplored here. Kotomine implies that he killed Kiritsugu? I think I figured this out. I think Kiritsugu got some grail mud on him. Okay. And so was wasting away from the inside, never did anything about it because he thought he deserved it. Mm. And he was killed by the curse of the grail, basically. Okay. Which is like... Which explains Kotomine why he died so soon the after. The curse of the grail, but he's certainly like... He's definitely... Identified with it. Yeah, uh-huh. So, Kotamine says, Angramanyu, in red text, and reaches his hand into the goo and throws it at Shiro. Sick. Everything goes dark. We'll talk about that in a sec. Kalaba! Saber, uh, is woken up by the activation of Angramanyu, whatever that is. Uh, she was unconscious because she lost another clash with, uh, Numa Eilish. Uh-huh. Uh, and she's healing from the sheath, but it's a little too slow. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's a little less powerful than it was when she was alive. Yeah. 
Probably because her magical energy yeah. is limited. Yeah. Uh, Gil's gloating, and she's like, hey, what's up with the, like, what's up with all the world's evils and all that? <laughs> what was that? And Gil's like, oh, that's the big curse, you know? Shiro's dead. Saber's like, no, he's not dead. I can still feel him. Shut up. He uh, talks more about corruption fetishing her, and he's like, uh, let's get married now before you're a feral gibbering mess. Mm-hmm. Um... And she's like, hey, Gil, have you considered that if everything that touches the Grail Mud turns into an insane killer, that you might have been corrupted by the Grail Mud? And he gives her, like, a crazy face and is like, nope, I'm just like this. Uh-huh. This is fun, because, like, we don't ha- know what he was like before, so we don't know how much of this is Grail Mud versus what he always is like. But Saber is like, if there's anyone in the world... Who could go through uh, that curse and be the same guy after? It's this fucking loser. He's so self-centered is the thing. He's uh-huh. Or self-confident. Well, the thing is that we've get, gotten that the Grail holds all the world's evils. Gil owns the world yeah. is his, uh-huh. is his uh, reasoning for this. So he's like, you would need three worlds to be able to <laughs> actually taint my, my glory. Uh-huh. It's, it's fun. He's a... I like the idea that he is no worse than he was before. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh let's see. Uh he says more stuff about sexually assaulting her. Uh he like comments on him having her having sex with Shiro. Uh-huh. This all sucks. Mm-hmm. Um She says is this that- where we've got the incredible CG of, of- him holding her up by the <laughs> little feety. Yeah, uh-huh. Um I love Saber. Um, I just want that known. Yes. Um, I love. The thing is, is that kings are bad. I know mm-hmm. this. Yes. But yet, also, when the when the king picks up the destined sword and uh, fights to save the people. Yeah. Well, and I love, I love the idealized version of a king that Artoria is, where she's like, I belong to my country. Like mm-hmm. I am not a person. I I am my country's will made manifest there's a great like like mirror like mirror moment between the two of them where gil is like countries are possessions that you own Uh uh-huh and you her naivety is what allowed her country to destroy her and she's like you're an arrogant asshole and that's why you destroyed your country Uh uh-huh um and yeah gil says something about owning her and she's like gilgamesh i will not become anyone's i already belong to my country Uh my body is a king before i am a woman and then she kicks him in the head. Yeah, it rules. She kicks him in the head after the line about him destroying his <laughs> destroying Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so mad about this. He picks up a. This is because you don't wear a helmet, Gil. Mm-hmm. Your your head is a big target. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asks if she's gone crazy. She does not answer. He picks up uh, a uh, and starts to use it. And we cut to uh, Shiro getting cursed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of red text, just kind of like stream of consciousness talking about the history of punishment yeah. and suffering. Uh-huh. This is very cool. This is this is the bit of like I think the, the listing crimes that you can be guilty of and the different ways that you can be punished. Uh-huh. Um the end of this route is a kind of a mix of horror and just like cool action. Yeah. Um it works better but, than just pure cute, cool action. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, oh, from Shiro going down into the basement, it's like a really fun mix of like, oh, and now having played Skihime, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. who actually really likes playing with horror. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's great. Cause it's like, oh, this is legitimately like, it, it's kind of creepy in a really fun way of like, oh, this is Shiro just being like exposed. All he can think about mm-hmm. is punishment and crime. Yeah. There's a great line in the middle here in quotes where it says, this world is ruled by something not human, which is a very spooky line. Uh-huh. Uh, it also contradicts, um, I guess, it kind of contradicts the Tsukihime idea that humans are the dominant species on Earth. But I uh-huh. wonder if it's talking about the world itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That is definitely not human. Uh-huh. So, Angramanyu, otherwise sometimes also known as Ariman is the evil deity of the dualist religion Zoroastrianism. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, uh, there's a lot to be said about this. Um, one fun fact that I picked up from Wikipedia is that it, when the name is written out in Middle Persian, it is traditionally written upside down. Hmm. Really like that. Um, yeah, it's... So, we will... There is a good deity quick, and though. an evil deity in Zoroastrianism. Yeah. It's it's very like black and white, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like traditional God versus the devil, but it sees the the devil as being equal mm-hmm. to the the good deity. From what I remember from history class, yeah, I don't this know is too like, much about it. This is a lot of where Christianity gets that, all of this stuff. Uh-huh. Is like, oh, uh, y'all have a have a like God and a devil. What if uh, we did that? Mm-hmm. Huh? That sounds cool. Uh huh. The difference being the main, like lots of differences, but the main like division being that in Christianity, it's like, oh, but the devil always loses. The devil is not as powerful as God. Yeah, and and is a different class of being. Whereas uh, like a dualist religion is like, no, 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 no. They are equal. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're balanced. They're yin and yang and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Not literally, but. Love writing the name of your evil god upside down. That's so That's really cool. cool. It's really cool. <laughs> um, I real quick, we will. Uh, there is going to be ongoing conversations as we get into fate, like, um, around kind of, uh, taking bits and pieces of other cultures and uh-huh. just kind of doing throwing them in there and stuff with yeah. them. Uh, that's a uh, easy critique to level against uh fate is the ways in which it just kind of like throws cultures around yeah like it's funny when it's funny when saber uh likes english tea even though she would never have drunk english tea uh-huh. and it's more complicated when say a south american deity is really into luchador wrestling and speaks spanish yeah. you know what i mean uh-huh. yeah yeah and i think it is like oh it becomes very clear mm-hmm. that like Nasu is right at home with um with Japanese deities uh-huh and like very comfortable exploring their stories mm-hmm. and um and it's yeah, I like when he uh writes about Christianity because Christianity always deserves to be like made the villain uh-huh and there are some fun like oh I don't I don't know that the Roman emperors need to particularly be taken care of super well um but there are yeah there it's a it's a real grab bag yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh that's that's all so um shiro's being devoured by the mud and he's like no 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 i can't let down all the people who believe in me and he pops out of the mud screaming and kodamine's like what the fuck no (laughs) why are you doing that which this this is like Okay, we've gone from horror to like shonen. pure yeah. shonen. Uh, I'm too pure to be corrupted it's... by all the world's evils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like it's like Shiki <laughs> popping out of Chaos's mud or Chaos's like soil of Genesis. You yeah. know what I mean? But Chaos is like not as big as this, which is interesting. Um, Kotamine is like, well, hey, Saber's already dead. Stop fighting. And he's like, I still have my command spell, so I know she's alive, which is not how that works no. at all. But it, I think, yeah, we he. He has a connection to Saber. Yes, it's he, just the, the phrasing is weird. Yes, yeah. Because his command spell shouldn't disappear when she dies. This is what I mean, is like, there's another way to phrase this, and uh-huh. it's not my command spells disappeared. Uh, so he assumes Saber must have won, and he runs at Ko- Kotamine mm-hmm. uh, with the Azoth sword. Mm-hmm. With Saber, uh, Rin's sword. Cut to Saber getting owned again. <laughs> She's getting hit with Inuma Eilish, and uh, how does she get out of this one? Um... Let's see. She uses Excalibur uh-huh. or tries to. Yeah, she um, kind of like makes a dent in it for a second. And then, hey, Ben. She takes a step closer and then we cut again is the thing. Oh, does it? Yeah, it cuts right there. Oh, my God. It cuts back to because it happens. Shiro does it first. Right, right. Is the thing, right. which I, again, I take issue with. Yes. But uh, Shiro is getting melted by goo. And he hears Saber's voice. He goes into superhero mode, his version of uh, feral, horny murderer mode. Um, the thing where he, like, cocks the gun like uh, uh, Eve from Bull- Birdie Wang. Mm-hmm. He and creates a copy of the sheath. Yeah. Using projection magic. The barrier of fairyland that keeps out all the filth from the outside lands, a complete world separate from this one that can never be reached. It's a mixed, this is a mixed, uh, ma- there's a, it, this is a mixed thing too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh huh. We've got, you have talked about to me about the way that Nasu has made the King Arthur myth much simpler in that Saber is usually fighting foreign hordes, yeah. so to speak. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And, and it is like, oh, she was off fighting uh-huh. and then Mordred took over. I just got to the bit in Lamorte Arthur where, like, kind of the downfall of the round table starts. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, Gwen, King Arthur's nephew, pledging to go search for the Holy Grail. And then King Arthur's like, oh, no. Well, so Gwen pledges to go search for the Holy Grail. And then everyone else stands up and is like, I'm also going to go mm-hmm. search for the Holy Grail. And King Arthur's like... Y'all just said you're not coming back here until you found it, which means I have lost all of you. Yes. And that's, like, I had 150 friends, and now none of you are ever going to see me again. Uh-huh. That sucks. So, the sheath's name is Avalon. It's named yeah. after uh, the the, para- the, earth- the paradise that King Arthur sought but never reached until mm-hmm. her death. It's, yeah, it's the land of the Fae. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, this is interesting because... We got a lot of stuff about how Saber, when, when King Arthur was alive, she was very isolated from the world and it was like she was not human. Yeah. And it is because the sheath isolates her from humanity and from all things that could hurt her by putting her bo- her like self in Avalon. Yeah. So she cannot be wounded in any way, but also it seems like it makes her less human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the sheath, yeah, the sheath is named Avalon. All is an, is a distant utopia, which is like, utopia. Oh, the day, yeah, the day name, yeah. But also, that is just a cool as hell way to like describe. Like, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 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 grammatical incorrectness of that works really in a really yeah, cool way. I like that. Yeah. It it's mixed whether or not that works, uh the weird grammar stuff, but I like it here, yeah. Uh-huh. Um this is a very cool moment. She like holds up the sheath and no Anuma Eilish's ability to destroy the world can't touch her because she's no longer part of this world. Uh-huh. And the same with Shiro. He's using a copy, but he can copy it well enough that he is also isolated from the world in the grail mud. All the world's evils cannot affect him because yeah. he is not part of this world anymore. Uh-huh. That's very cool. I it's like that a lot. Cool. Saber just walks up to Gil. All of the armor has been stripped off her dress now, but her dress is fine. Uh-huh. This is silly, but also it's a cool dress. She looks yeah. very cool. Uh-huh. Uh she cuts him in half with Excalibur while using its, like, full power. Uh-huh. There's a very ugly Gil face where he looks like a JoJo villain, briefly. He, he's so... He's so mad. Uh-huh. Like, he... Yeah. Most of the Gil faces that we get are kind of him being haughty and, uh-huh. like, overconfident. Uh, and this is the first time we see him being like, wait a sec, this isn't how it's supposed to go. Uh-huh. Um... Kotamine, cut back to say, uh, Shiro. Kotamine's like, how the fuck are you doing this? Shiro does a very, like, very shonen, like, battle shonen, but cool move where he runs past Kotamine, leaves the dagger in him, turns around and punches it, uh, <laughs> while activating its power. Uh-huh. Um, the key word from Rin was last in German, mm-hmm. uh, L-A with an umlaut S-S-T, uh, I feel like Nasu thought this meant last as in finish, but it means let's as in allow, to allow. Uh-huh. Uh, and Kotamina explodes. It rules. It's a very cool moment. It's a, it's a, there, we get a fun CG of like. Shiro cannot look cool wearing that outfit. No. Okay. He really we, can't. We get a, we get half of a cool CG, which is, uh, the dagger embedded in Kotamine's chest, like exploding. Uh, and then the other half of the CG has Shiro in jeans and a Punching white and, it, yeah. and a white and um white and orange t-shirt. White and blue. It's white and blue. Oh, is it okay? I'm mixing his hair and his shirt. You're mixing um, him up with his with uh, Shiki's sex pajamas. No, I I really did think it had orange sleeves. No. Uh, no, he has orange hair. The shirt has blue yeah. sleeves. It's awful. Um, cut back to Sh- Saber, Gil dying reaches out his hand and touches her face and says that uh some things are beautiful because they cannot be obtained before vanishing uh... it's uh, a more than he deserves it's a good line though uh-huh. uh he does say that he had fun on their date and then vanishes completely uh on shiro's end kotamine ha- is not bleeding but is dying like there's no blood left in him <laughs> he's all full up of goo Kotamine's like, where'd you get that sword from? And he's like, uh, it's a little goodbye present to you from Rin. And he's like, mm-hmm. I really, I, fuck, I gave her that sword. Uh-huh. I which hate is, this. Which is a fun, like, oh, Kotamine and Rin really do kind of have, it's a, it's a weird relationship. I want more but, of their, of their connection. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to um, be happy with how, what gets done with it in Unlimited Blade Works, but, she is kind of like him in, in in interesting ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess, uh, and Ben, you can cut this if you want, minor spoilers for Zero. Mm-hmm. It is a fun, like, Kotomine uh, giving that dagger to Rin as a child is like, you're an adult now. Uh, Kotomine's like, I, I went soft <laughs> taking care of Rin and then melts into the mud. Mm-hmm. But 
It's not over yet. There's a hole in the sky. There's no more mud. Yeah. Mud's calmed down. Oh, Shiro saves Ilya. She's still alive. She's fine. Yeah. That's nice. Inactive, but alive. Something about Gil and or Kotomine being, um, like, incapacitated means that she's no longer stuck up in the sky. Yeah. Kotomine was nailing her to the sky, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and as long as no one uses the grail, she won't die, it seems like. Yeah. Speaking of, Saber shows up to destroy the Holy Grail. Mm Mm-hmm. She asks him to use his very last command spell to reinforce her attack. And it it appears, they both claim, that if she rejects the Grail when when there's no chance of anyone else taking it from her, it annuls her contract with the world. That's interesting. I I guess it does make sense, because she didn't have a normal contract with the world. Yes. She didn't, she, she doesn't have a debt to pay. Yeah. Like, the thing not that, yet. The thing that Rin makes clear is. She's here on low. Oh, <laughs> heroes, heroic spirits, uh, kind of take on debt by, uh, begging the world for mm-hmm. something and then they have to pay it back. But and because like, she hasn't received what she wanted yeah. yet, she can still cancel the contract. Yeah. It seems. Which is interesting, which means Saber will never be able to be summoned again. Yeah. She will be dead. She will go back in time and die for real and never come back. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah, it's sad. But, but it's it, what she wants. It does feel it does feel better than like, oh, and now you're trapped forever to like fight uh-huh. every time someone asks you to. It's interesting because there is no afterlife in Nasu. In Nasu works. Unless well, unless what? There's reincarnation, yeah. right? Not everyone gets to reincarnate. But um, Saber should be able to, right? Yeah. And the thing is that we don't get a lot of, like, past lives stuff. No. You know what I mean? That's that's not the important part of reincarnation. No. I feel like that comes up a lot in, like, Western media that involves reincarnation. Is it's always focused on the past life? Or it's yeah. a lot focused on past lives, whereas it's more of, like, a fact of being for yeah. stuff that's inflected with actual, like, Buddhist thinking? Yeah. You kind of, you keep coming back until you reach nirvana. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but you won't be the same person. No. Right. Shiro's like, I want her to stay, but I can't ask her to. She accepts that she is a king first and a girl second. Mm, finally. And she uses Excalibur <laughs> to, she uses Excalibur to cut the void in half and well, flattens the mountain in the process. I couldn't tell. So she says, Master, you have to use a command spell. Uh huh. And I couldn't tell. Because she also, or the narrator, or Shiro, also says, like, by doing this by her own will, mm-hmm. she's annulled her contract. She was choosing, um, the thing is that she's choosing to do it, and she, the, use the command spell was, she wants to hear him say that he's letting her go. Yeah, I guess that's. So, I think if she resisted or, the. And I, I don't know that she has enough mana left. To do it. To do it. Because the thing is, if she resisted it, like she did with Kiritsugu, it wouldn't count as destroying the grail. Yeah. So she yeah. wants the it can tell the difference. The world yeah. can tell what her intent is here. Yeah, that makes sense. Um <sighs> his command spell vanishes. She says that their contract is over. There's a great CG of her like facing the like very first rays of the sunrise. Uh-huh. Uh her dress is very good. I like her dress. Mm-hmm. She turns around. You want you want to say the last bit? Yeah. She turns around um and says Shiro, I love you. And then the wind blows, uh, making Shiro blink, and the screen kind of goes white, fades white, or like, like, kind of bleeds white from one edge to the other, and then, um, 
as he opens her eye eh, as he opens his eyes she's gone i don't think there's any surprise i kind of saw that coming <laughs> uh oh. was like i'm never gonna forget about this yeah this is great i love that she just goes yeah no no fanfare she's just like i she finally says i love you as she's letting go yeah the, great ending the ending this ending is like one of the most satisfying things mm-hmm. i've ever because it is such a beautiful like oh this is everything i like about fate to me mm-hmm. is the like you have to accept to let you have to let people go yeah actually. that th- that everything is is um temporary mm-hmm. that nothing will stick around forever and that yeah like and servant, if it did it would be bad yeah it is often servants are so fun because it is a temporary thing uh-huh and that is like saber's a special case like she would if somehow there was another holy grail war in 10 years and shira summoned her again like she, she would remember but most servants don't remember between mm-hmm. incarnations yeah um yeah there's just something like really beautiful and and there's something really beautiful about how transient their um transient is the word i was looking for uh-huh. um, their goodbye is it's just yeah. like oh hey the war's over i can finally say i love you but that also means the war is over and i'm going to disappear because mm-hmm. the holy grail doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. yeah 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 this is another thing that will throw this into like an interesting relief is that Saber is going to be a mainstay of every single fate thing ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. She is a, she becomes a mascot character after this even though like the beauty of this ending is that she actually leaves. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like I'm I guess I'm happy that Saber shows up in more stuff. Like uh-huh. I do really like her. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll get some interesting different versions of her who are not that are not this Saber. Yeah. But it is, and right, we're gonna. But it save, is complicated. We're gonna save most of this for our next episode. But I will say, this does something that the Arcweed ending could not give me, which is only have one ending. Yeah, the, I think that I like the Arcweed good ending because I was happy to see her again. Mm-hmm. I like the CL good ending a lot because Arcweed is just a sex pest that follows him around <laughs> forever. But I think that. I, the Arcweed route would have been stronger if it didn't, if it specifically didn't have the ending where she stayed. Yeah. Where she just was magically better. Uh huh. And like not coming up with an excuse for Saber <laughs> to wish fulfillment magically be here makes this better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there multiple endings for other yes. routes? For the other two? Yes. Oh, Rin has two, um, or wow. Unlimited Blade Works has two. Mm-hmm. Heaven's Feel arguably has three. Interesting. <laughs> like a key. Um, I think that if for Tsukihime, if only one got was down to one ending, I'm glad it's Kohaku. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with five routes, I feel like you have more variation there. Like, yeah. It, I wish that Arcweed didn't. It, I wish that they both could have only had one. I wish that... Because uh, if you want the Wish Fulfillment ending cl's good ending is just way better yeah uh-huh and like arcoid's route yeah i guess that i guess that you could read that and be like oh i really wish she stays around but like part of the beauty is again um yeah oh their relationship lasts for this long uh-huh. and then arcoid has to go and it's a tragedy too yeah this isn't this i wouldn't even call this a tragedy 
You know what I mean? It's sad that they're not together. It's but it is bo- what she wants, right? It's melancholy. Yeah, but it's, it's not like it's like oh yeah, and and Shiro Shiro is never gonna forget this. Uh huh. But it's also not that it it is not Shiro is never going to move on. Yes, the thing, the tragedy. Why I call Arcweed's root a tragedy is because Arcweed was. According to the true end, not the good end, which is what part of my problem with it, yeah. is that Arcoid was doomed from the very first moment. From, like, she was doomed hundreds of years before Shiki ever met her. Yeah. And that's why it's a tragedy, is because it, it's like a farce. She was doomed the whole time. There was no saving her. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And that's, of course, where it's going to end. And, like, Shiki will eventually give up, will move on, but he's going to have a much harder time than Shiro will, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Shiro still has people and connections, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Shiki does too, but the fact that he goes to that classroom shows that he's having a harder time with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so this is a, a nicer end, maybe, but it's still melancholy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is like, yeah, it, it particularly fits with kind of the end, the, especially the themes of the last three days, although I think they, they kind of are throughout of like, oh, you have to accept that life contains everything. Yes. You have to accept that life does stuff to you and you just have to keep moving yes. on. This is good. I like this ending. Yeah. I am furious that I couldn't read the epilogue, but now I can. Yeah. Because we recorded this. Yeah. I don't want to hear how long this episode is. Are we seven hours? No. Okay. We're part of the abnormal mapping network. <sighs> um, Love Saber. Every time we get to an outro, I'm like, okay, the thing that I need to say is we're part of the abnormal mapping network. And then my brain shuts down mm-hmm. and is like, what else do you say? Hey, Ben, where can people find you? No, you go first. Fen, where can people find you on the internet? This is always way across. Okay. Uh, you can find me at fennec.moe. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, that'll redirect my Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can find us at moonarchive.art. Mm-hmm. That'll redirect to the abnormal mapping page that uh, contains our... Our Twitter I, is at CryingRules. CryingRules. At CryingRules. Uh, you can send questions, which we did... Uh, dear person who sent us emails, we did get those. We're going to answer them next uh-huh. episode because... Uh, we are at six and a half hours of we gotta yeah we gotta save Uh, those please send us questions though uh you have like a week from the the from this episode coming out to do it yeah probably probably yeah we'll 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 talk about it in the abnormal mapping Uh, discord but please send us questions because it's a wrap-up we're the epilogue's not gonna be very long we're gonna have a guest we'll answer some questions and talk about the route more in detail uh questions are always fun to do yeah Uh, uh you can find me on Twitter at Ben Ends, and you can find me talking about the visual novel I'm working at uh, at Doom Gender. Not slight, still kind of not safe for work. Follow that, by the way. Uh huh. Um, medium not safe for work. Fen, what do you think? Uh, if people wanted to leave a five star rating for us on a podcatcher of their choice, uh, do you think it should be this time five stars? Kotamine is or is not daddy, depending yeah, on their taste. I was gonna say Kotamine is daddy colon y slash n yes 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 <laughs> or if you want to just write out if you want to just give us your rating one on like a star rating for Ooh. kotamine specifically like rate our podcast five stars but 
hot or not for Kotamine, I think is the game. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> um, go listen to other abnormal mapping podcasts. Great Gundam Projects is great. Uh-huh. I'm we're for all the complaints I have about Gundam, uh-huh. it is uh fun listening to Em and Jackson talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh go listen to Abnormal Mapping, the podcast. Uh always great. Mm-hmm. Um Go listen to uh, Scanline Media stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been on a couple of Oops All Animes. Those mm-hmm. are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to talk about Tsukihime a lot, too. So if you are one of the people who came to listen just for Fate Stay Night, go, go listen to our Tsukihime coverage. Play yeah. Tsukihime. Yeah. It's not good in a lot of ways, but I love it. The first route in particular, or Arcoid's route in particular, is like really rough and also really incredible. Yeah. Uh, in ways that hold up... like. Yeah, there is not a linear progression of Nasu getting better about everything. Yeah, no, no, definitely um, not. It's more like, oh, Nasu has gotten better at writing for sure. Uh, but also there are interesting ideas that he was able to to kind of explore when it was just him and Takeuchi like uh, taking time off of their day jobs. Before he had a company. Yeah. And uh-huh. then once they become a company, it's like, oh, there things change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. I think that's it. Fen, do you want to take us out? Oh, next time we're covering just the epilogue. We're not yeah. doing anything for the for uh, the unlimited blade works route. Yet. Right. Yes, we're covering the epilogue and doing a wrap up and questions. Send those questions. Um, one day, let's meet in the digital city.
I was going to say, let's do... I'm recording now, by okay. the way. We're talking about what order we're doing tea time in. Yeah. This is going to be after pod. We'll see about that. It has to be good to be after pod. Oh, hey, there's my phone. What? I should silence that. I didn't know where my phone was. Do foxes sweat or do they pant like a dog? The canines? They're canines. I think right? so, yeah. Cats don't sweat either. I think... Wait, don't dogs sweat from their paws? Do they sweat from their paws? I thought the whole thing was that was like why panting was such a big thing for them. It was their main way well, of... Yeah, it's because their their paws are the other way. Mm. Um, And their paws can't... Is that why cats' paws are always wet? Because they're sweating out of them. Maybe. Daisy's always feels like she has wet paws. Let me look it up. Maybe now. she's just a sweaty little motherfucker. Do dogs sweat through paws? Yeah, okay. Do cats? Yes, dogs do sweat mainly through the glands on their paw pads. What about cats? Uh, okay, do cats sweat through paws? Yes. That explains so much. Jeezy's just a nasty, sweaty little guy. Although the amount is minimal. I can still feel it. Yeah, if if the cat becomes overheated or frightened, they secrete sweat through their paws. Interesting. Paws. Sweaty paws. I didn't ever know that paws sweat so much. It makes sense. They're exposed. Uh-huh. I did not get Miku in Blue Archive. It's unfortunate. I hope everyone's enjoying this post-pod conversation. 